Maybe it was Memphis, but actually maybe it wasn't, because I was not in Memphis. I was in Nashville. I was in Chattanooga. I was in several other places in the South, but not Memphis. And I was also away from Poker Fraud Alert Radio for two and a half weeks, and not just because I was traveling. Welcome to a weird overnight edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Drexel Show. 
Will we have Drexel, the other host of the show tonight? I don't know. He said he'll try to make it. I won't blame him if he can't because the timing is so odd and the timing was actually changed at the last minute as well. The show is supposed to be at 1 p.m. today and it is now 11.42 p.m. Earlier today I made the decision to delay it until the evening because it turned out I could not make it at 1 p.m. as I previously thought I could. But it's either this or no show this week. And I will explain all that. In case you don't know who I am, you probably do, but in case you don't, I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus. I do this radio show weekly if I can, if I can make it, which is most weeks. And if I can't, I try to work around it to where I will have it on at some other time. And since about 90% of our listening audience is not live, people who get it through a podcast, the archives, whatever, it doesn't really matter when I broadcast live for those people. It just matters for the live listeners, who I appreciate as well. And in fact, they often help me out in the chat room. But the important thing is that the show is done at some point. And I didn't want to skip another week after everything that has happened since the last show. And I'll tell you about that right now. So this is what occurred. If you heard the last show, which was all the way back on March 18th, and today is April 3rd, almost April 4th. So what happened in between? Well, I had a cold leading up to the date of the last show. In fact, I delayed the show for two days because I was not... uh, healthy enough on March 16th to do the show. So the show was delayed till March 18th, and it's because I had a sore throat. And I decided a long time ago, if I have a sore throat, I'm not going to do radio because all it does is hinder my recovery. It's very tough on your voice to just talk nonstop, or even with a co-host, almost nonstop, for many hours at a time. I can tell you it's much harder on my voice to do this show than it is to talk on a long phone call. I've talked on phone calls much longer than the longest radio show I've ever done here, and my voice didn't really suffer too much. But uh, on this thing, because there's no other side to the conversation speaking half the time, even when I have a co-host, I I tend to be the main one talking. It just just really burns my voice. So when I have a sore throat, I just decided I'm not going to do it because it just messes everything up further, and my recovery is a lot slower. But I thought I was in the clear pretty much on March 18th because I didn't have a sore throat anymore. I just had mild cold symptoms. So I said, okay, I'm not going to let a mild cold keep me from doing the show. So I I did it on Friday night, March 18th. For the first few hours, it was okay. And if you go listen to that show, I sound normal at the beginning and in the middle. But then you start hearing my voice go downhill. And by the end, I don't sound like myself anymore. And you could tell there's something wrong. And there was something wrong because we did a six-hour show. I shouldn't have done a six-hour show. I should have done a short show. But I did a six-hour show. And by the end, my throat was really hurting. Even though it wasn't at the beginning. I, I brought back on the sore throat. And I went back to sleep. Or I shouldn't say back to sleep. I went to sleep. I woke up after about, I don't know, eight hours of sleep, and I had no voice. It was gone. It was completely gone. I had no voice at all. I don't mean my voice didn't sound the same. I don't mean it hurt to talk. I don't mean that it was raspy. I mean it was gone. I could not speak above a whisper. 
It was not possible. So I said, wow, this isn't good. I obviously did this to myself by doing the radio show for six hours when I had a cold and was just over a sore throat. So, okay, we'll see about radio the upcoming week, which was to be on Wednesday. This was a Saturday at this point, so I thought I had plenty of time. I had never lost my voice for more than like three days in my life. Well, the entire Saturday passed. My voice did not get better, got any better. My uh, Sunday passed. My voice did not improve at all. Monday came, and my voice still was out. Finally, at the end of Monday, it started to improve a little bit. And on Tuesday morning, it was mostly back, but not all there. And I said, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. It's not even all the way back. There's no way I'm doing a show. And I decided not only am I going to not do that week's show, that I'm going to just shut down radio until the beginning of April. And because I was traveling as well, I couldn't even do it this past Wednesday, so I uh, made the next show for Sunday, which is today. It's going to be Monday here on the West Coast in 13 minutes. For many of you listening, it is already Monday, if you're anywhere but the Pacific time zone. So I learned that uh, as much as it pains me to do, and it really does pain me to do it. I don't like missing the show. I feel like I let people down. I miss doing the show. But uh, if I have a sore throat that's anywhere in proximity to the date of the radio show, I'm not going to do it. Or if I do it, I'll do a very short show, and I won't be tempted to talk for six hours like I was last time just because I'm caught up in the moment and enjoying the conversation and the banter and whatever or want to finish the agenda. I just can't do it. So I tried to play hurt last time, so to speak, and I paid for it. And you don't know how inconvenient it is not to have a voice until you lose it. And this is not the first time I've lost my voice, so I've experienced this before. But uh, everything is affected. I went out to eat with my family and I, I couldn't order the meal. I had to whisper to the waiter. Like I'm, I'm, I'm whispering uh, romantic sweet nothings in the dude's ear. Uh, when I have to call over for someone to tell you, excuse me, can you bring me uh, more water to drink? Can you bring me more bread? I can't do it. <laughs> when I call people on the phone, I sound like a weirdo. Like I had to make calls to various companies. I'm like, yeah, hello, my name is Todd Woodellis. I mean, I sound like I'm making perverted phone calls to them. There were so many things that came up, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had my voice back. Four Dragons is typing in chat. I lost my voice a couple times. It hurt like hell. You know, this didn't even really hurt me when my voice was gone. I, my voice, My throat was hurting at the end of the show. But then when I woke up, it didn't hurt anymore. I just couldn't talk. I just could not talk. So it was hurting me psychologically that I couldn't talk. <laughs> so it's also I found it was hard to be the dad of a five-year-old when you have no voice because if he's doing something he's not supposed to, you can't yell at him. You can't tell him to stop. Like you can tell him to stop, but you, you you can't put any voice into it. So it sounds like you're not serious. In fact, he sometimes can't even hear you unless you go right up to him. So. Oh, this was very inconvenient. I'm not going to put myself on the spot again. 
So some people ask me, how are you now? Are you better? Believe it or not, not completely. This actually did a number on me, and uh, the, the cold is not 100% gone. But it, it's not a bad situation now. I just It's not 100% gone, but uh, I, I think I'm safe to do this show. I haven't done any radio show since that happened, but uh, I think I'm safe. So we will move on. Hopefully we will pick up... Uh, Brandon, who, of course, has a very late schedule, so hopefully we will find him. If we don't, then we don't. But, uh, you know, I know we do this show late a lot, but this is going to be a really late show. Probably going to go till about 4 a.m. Pacific time, maybe even 5 a.m. Pacific time. I don't usually do that. Usually by the time we get to about 1.30, 2 a.m., the show's been going on for a long time, and Everyone's kind of tired and worn out. Here I'm just starting. Here I kind of feel like the old days when I used to go to Bellagio at uh, 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, and start my session then at uh, whatever the highest limit hold'em game was running at the time. And I felt that was an advantage for a few reasons, one of which that the good pros over there were usually leaving by then, and, and two, the ones that were staying were worn out and tired, and I was fresh. So... We're not going to have a free roll tonight. Reason is that uh, there's very few listeners live at this time, especially a day when I change the time of the radio. It's a non-standard day, a non-standard time. And even with that, we change that by 10 hours. So when that happens, I don't tend to hold a free roll. I feel it's not a good use of the donor's money. Because there's just too few people that are going to be playing. Now, I'm looking at the ratings right now, and obviously they're not as good as a regular show on Wednesday, but they're better than I thought they would be. I thought they'd be absolutely pathetic, and they're actually better than I thought. I was almost afraid to look. But I I know we'll catch back up in the archives. I try not to get too caught up in the live listener ratings anyway, because that's not really where we have most of our listener volume. So anyway, uh, here is the other intro stuff, and then we'll get to the agenda, and then we'll get going. As always, you can call the show at 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary phone that sits on top of Mount Charleston, which is a mountain near Las Vegas. It forwards to wherever I am. That phone number is 702 430-1808, 702-430-1808. You can text me anytime, before, during, or after the show. I may read read your texts on the air, so be aware of that. Unless you ask me not to, then I won't do it. Or if it's obviously a personal text to me, I won't do it. But other than that, uh, I may read it. So know that when you text me. But you can text me anytime. Don't be afraid to... Text at a funny hour. Just just do it. I'm not going to be mad, I promise, and I will respond to you. And uh, that's the same number as the main phone number for Poker Fraud Alert Radio. 775-372-8355. 775-372-8355. So... 
I also want to let everyone know, in case you're not familiar with it, I know I've been announcing this since November, but we have the Call to Listen line. The Call to Listen line is a special phone number that you can call to listen to this show live whenever it's broadcasting, whether it's a live broadcast or whether it's a rerun broadcast, which we run random reruns all the time, 24-7, when the show's not live. So you can call the call to listen line. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need the internet. You don't need a data plan. You don't need anything except a phone that can dial a regular phone number. If you have an old 70s rotary telephone, you actually can call the call to listen line and listen to this show live. It also won't cost you any data on your cell phone data plan if you call this number. I promise you. The phone number is 712 775-8162. And, of course, as I mentioned, we have streaming reruns. You can go to the radio page on PokerFraudAlert.com at any time to listen to the show when it's not live, and you will hear a rerun Plucked from the archives of our almost 200 shows we've done. Just pick one randomly and run it as if it's live. Now, I just want to, if I seem a little distracted here, I kind of am. For whatever reason, I could not get in to, oh, I think I got it. Okay, good. I was going to say, I can't get into my app that receives the text messages on 775. Fraud 55. Because uh, this is really weird. Oh, I see. So uh, I'll read some text here. Now, I couldn't get into the app at first. It was malfunctioning, and I was alarmed by that. (laughs) So I was trying to talk as I was doing that. But the reason I need to use an app for that is because... That's not my main phone number. That's not my uh, regular cell phone number. A few of you have my regular cell phone number, but I don't make that public. And if you have it, please don't give it to anyone. So it's my secondary phone number is the radio phone number. So I have a separate app for those texts. And those are separate from my regular texts. But it's all my cell phone. Like if you text the radio number, then I will get it on the cell phone I carry around everywhere. So let me read some text to you here before we get to the agenda. From the 586, homepage says Saturday the 3rd, referring to when this broadcast is going to be. Saturday the 2nd. Just wondering, because I work Saturday, and I want to listen live if it's Sunday. Hmm. That's a good question. (laughs) Did Did I really put Saturday the 3rd on the... Well, at least it's changed now. (laughs) If it was up there, I'm sorry. I I guess I got confused. But yeah, it's Sunday the 3rd. Actually, almost Monday the 4th. This is from the 706. This is kind of a delayed text. I mean, it's a text I got two days ago, but it's about a delayed topic. He says, fuck the chat. The interview with Anna Kate was great. So this is someone who enjoyed the interview with Survivor contestant and poker player Anna Kate. Who I want to tell you, she she's a very nice girl. 
I, I, I like her. So the, the interview wasn't salacious or, or scandalous, but uh, I thought it revealed some interesting details. The chat room got a little impatient with it. They were just they were waiting for something exciting and it didn't happen. But I wasn't promising excitement. It was just it was just a person in the poker world that's in a survivor and had, had been on this radio show before any of the survivor stuff uh, with her started. So I thought that was interesting. One of our few guests here actually ended up on Survivor. She was a, a victim of a scam at one point. The 817, hey man, what's going on with you? Are you okay? I really miss your show. Well, okay enough to do this show. For the 410, there's a show in like three hours? Yes, here we are. 512 asking for the Hero Poker commercial, followed by Free Tide 2016. You know, you guys ask sometimes to free Tide, a.k.a. Marty, and then I free him, and every time it ends up as a disaster. Every time I'm sorry I did it. Like, at first it's okay, and it's kind of entertaining, and it's kind of funny, but then it just degenerates, and then people actually complain to me, like, why is he here? Why don't you ban him? And I go, that's what you wanted. You wanted him back. <laughs> so, so then I ban him again. Not because people tell me to. I, I just ban him because I think it's for the good of the site. In this case, he was trolling me constantly. And every single thing I posted on my own site, he was trolling. And I got tired of it. Like, people can criticize me all they want. They can disagree with me all they want. And they do, if you read the forum. But uh, if someone just follows me from thread to thread and just blatantly trolls to try to ruin every thread I post, uh, that's not going to fly with me on my own forum. So that, that's when I remove someone. But not for disagreement, not for arguing, not even for uh, insulting me, as long as it's not like a habitual troll job. I try to be mostly hands-off with the moderation of the forum. Anyway, here is the agenda tonight. By the way, if you want to text Brandon, and you can do it right now, just like text him and say, hey, come on radio. Here's his text number. 203 209-2436. 209-2436. Text Brandon anytime at that number, and he will receive it. Tell him, hey, Brandon, come on radio. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to text him right now. Tell him to come on radio. Say, I'm on radio. There we go. Ball's in his court. I know he was out tonight because I, I was talking to him about the NBA and texts, and he's saying, oh, I'm at, I forgot where he said he is, but he was at some casino tonight. But he knows about the show, so he might show up. Anyway, here's the agenda tonight, and then we'll get going. I already talked about what happened from the last radio show, so cross that topic off. I'll talk about my trip to the south. I went to the south to Georgia, North Carolina, and Tennessee. I did. First time for me in all three of those states. I had never been to any of those in my life, and I am 44 years old. So it took me a while to get there, but I got there. And Benjamin was with me. And I'll talk about everything I experienced there, including Harris, North Carolina. Harris, uh, Cherokee. There's actually two Harris in North Carolina, but this is Harris, Cherokee in Cherokee, North Carolina. Talk about that, and I will talk about a disturbing situation that I came back to when I was at LAX and I went to go get my car from the parking lot, 
I found a disturbing thing had occurred. Two thousand fifteen World Series of Poker main event champion Joe McKeon is not ready for prime time. He's immature. He's making a fool of himself on Twitter again. He's just someone who is not uh, making the most of the fame and notoriety that he has gained over the past year. Because winning the main event, even these days, can translate into a lot of opportunities for you. And I think he's blowing it. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what he's been doing recently. And it all really just boils down to immaturity. I don't even think he's a bad guy. I just think he's really immature. I talked about a scammer named Mark Giorgantis, a Las Vegas scammer who was selling people pieces of himself to play in the casino where he was guaranteeing that he would always win every single session. (laughs) Why anyone would have to sell a piece of themselves if they were a guaranteed winner every time in a Vegas casino. I don't know how he explained that one and got people to cough up money, but they did. So the authorities were seeking him for this scam. And where do you hide? What's the best place that you would hide if Nevada authorities are seeking you for crimes committed in Nevada? How about Las Vegas? (laughs) So yeah, he was uh, arrested in Vegas. I'll tell you a bit about that and remind you about what he did. A lot of David Bezov news regarding Amaya. They are accused of insider trading related to the acquisition of poker stars, and it has come out that David Bezov and Amaya have a shady past, and you'll never guess how that company originated and what it once was. I mean, when I say you'll never guess, you'll never guess unless you already know the origins of Amaya. Speaking of Amaya, the parent company of PokerStars, PokerStars New Jersey is not doing very well, as I predicted. I will tell you the numbers we're seeing and where I think they will go. PokerStars is also going to be raising their rake. Maybe it's already happened. I haven't actually looked at the date, but they're going to be raising their rake. I'll talk a bit about that. Dan Bilzerian and his bike bet, he made a very large bet with several people that he could ride on a bicycle from Los Angeles to Las Vegas in 48 hours. That bet has been completed. I'll tell you what happened and the controversy surrounding it. And genocide. Jennifer Lee, remember her? She has announced her return to the poker world. And those are her words, not mine. These topics and more coming up tonight. General topics include the Republicans steaming toward a likely brokered convention, which is going to be a clusterfuck, let's face it. I don't love the Dodgers' chances in 2016. I was excited about them for the last few years, every time the season started, and indeed the last few years they made the playoffs and won the National League West. So the excitement was warranted, even though they have not... uh, made it to the World Series since 1988. But this year I'm not very excited. This year, uh, well, I look forward to the baseball season starting for several reasons. I just don't think the Dodgers are going to be that good this year, much to my chagrin. 
I'll talk a bit about that and explain why. And speaking of good teams, the Golden State Warriors, who may or may not set the all-time record for wins in a single NBA season, I'm not so concerned about their record. I have a concern that the Golden State Warriors will pull off one of the bigger playoff choke jobs that we've seen in many years, that they may not even make the NBA Finals, and that their pursuit of the record may be the death of them. So those are our topics tonight on the Druff and Drexel Show, which right now is only featuring Dan Druff. Again, if you want to call in, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. Even if you just want to hang out and co-host with me or semi-co-host with me or just sleep on the phone like Trader Risky does, these are all fine. Um, pieces of my World Series are still for sale, except uh, uh, my PayPal account is experiencing some technical difficulties at the moment, so uh, don't send it to me by PayPal. Uh, if you want to buy pieces of me, please contact me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com or PM me Dan Space Druff on the Poker Fraud Alert forums or even text me seven seven five three seven two eight three five five, and I will discuss with you the other payment options, which I can tell you right now are bank transfer, check, uh, just depositing money in one of my bank accounts is fine. Or even cash, if you want to be brave and send me cash in the mail. Or give it to me, if you happen to see me in person. So these are the ways to uh, contact me and to buy pieces of me, of which are still available, but they are going fast. So they will be gone soon. If you go to tastysteaks.com, you will find my package there. And if you wonder where on Tasty Steaks to look... Uh, an easy way to find it is just by going to the Poker Fraud Alert World Series of Poker 2016 forum and go to the Buy a Piece of Dandruff thread and you'll see the Tasty Six thread. You can click on the link and you can just see the, li the list of uh, shares that have already been bought of me and the events I'm playing and all that stuff I've talked about on previous shows. I'm not going to waste more time here talking about it, but I do want to promote that since there are shares still available. But I'm not broke. I don't need to do this. I do it just to control variance and to give you guys a chance to have a piece of my action. Even if no one bought anything of me, I would still play the same schedule of events. When I decide I'm going to play those events, I play them. So I'm not one of these people who's down to their bottom dollar and won't play unless they can raise the money. I'm definitely playing them no matter what, unless I get sick or unless there's a conflict with other events where I make it deep which actually is what I hope happens. If I play every single event I say I'm going to play, then I'm obviously not doing too well. So, I want to talk a bit about my trip and my unfortunate discovery when I got back. I get a trip every year from, uh, from the Caesars Corporation for being a Seven Stars member. And... This isn't just them being generous to their seven stars. It obviously has an ulterior motive. And in this case, the ulterior motive is to get you to one of their other casinos, to basically bring you into a casino. And the way they do this is they say you can take a trip anywhere but your, quote, home 
casino market, which for me is Las Vegas. So I can take a trip anywhere else, and they pay $1,200 towards my airfare for up to two people. So I can either spend $1,200 on myself flying, or I can spend 600 for each me and, and someone else. So they'll pay for that much. If it runs over that amount, then I have to pay the difference. And then I get uh, free nights in the hotel, but I get that anyway as a seven-star. And I also get a $500 folio credit, which, depending on the property, you can use for different things. Always food, but uh, sometimes gift shop, whatever else. But I usually just use it all on food. So what I do with this is I use it as a way to subsidize a trip to an area of the country that I would like to visit. And since Caesars has properties in so many places around the United States, uh, there's a lot of options. And even when you've exhausted those options, you can go back to properties you've gone to before, either for just a second trip to the area or drive a different direction. So I always make this like a a one-way road trip where I, I fly to that area at some point, not always at the beginning, but at some point I, I end up at the casino, obviously, because that's, that's part of it. But uh, uh, and, then, and then I continue driving, and I always fly back from a different spot than where I, sh- I landed. And this is all allowed. I'm not breaking the rules or anything. It's all allowed. And it, it's kind of like a, a way to take a subsidized trip where they pay both $1,200 of my airfare and uh, give me $500 in food. And... Obviously, with this benefit every year, I'm not going to turn it down. We started easy peasy. Whoa, 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 whoa. I hate when the commercials just blast on here. The show has no sponsors. I'm not going to play an ad here. you got to be kidding me. Anyway. This is what I meant to play. So, yeah, obviously, I'm not going to pass up a highly subsidized vacation with $1,200 of free airfare. And $500 in free food. Can you imagine me doing that? Now, this is actually my 2015 trip because uh, the rules in 2015 were that I had uh, up till either March 31st or June 30th to use it. It didn't matter because I used it in late March. So that's of the following year. So I used my 2015 trip at the beginning of 2016. I have not used my 2016 trip, but I only have until January 31st to use that. So believe it or not, I may actually not use that one. Because it it just uh, isn't convenient for me between now and January 31st. And uh, the problem is that runs a lot of it into winter and into summer. And the truth is a lot of the casinos at Caesars Properties are in places you don't really want to be in the summer or winter places you want to go either the fall or spring and now i'm restricted by the fact that my my son's in a regular school so when he's in preschool you can just grab him out and go anytime but now he's in like a real school so it's different i've got to like be a slave to the school schedule so the reason we chose this last uh this last week was because it was spring break for him so he didn't miss any school i guess at some point i can just leave him with my parents and they'd be happy to have him, but I don't know. I, I, we just we've, we haven't done that yet. It, it, the truth is, there's never been a time. Benjamin is is uh, five and a half years old. There's never been a time in his life that he's been 
away from both parents for more than like one night. I think one night's been the maximum he's been away from both parents. Now, there's been times he's been away from me for some time and away from his mom for some time when either of us go on a a vacation or a a trip by ourselves. Like, you know, me to a poker tournament, her for uh, something for work, but uh, we haven't, like, both left him. I guess we could. I just, it just kind of feels weird. It kind of feels weird to do that, even though it'll be fine. Anyway, uh, so I, I chose to go to North Carolina. There's a Harris there, Harris Cherokee. Didn't know that much about it, except I knew it was at an interesting location. Unlike a place like Harris Rincon, which is in the middle of nowhere and really not that close to anything interesting, the, the closest, I mean, I guess it, you can drive a little bit and get to Disneyland, you can drive a little bit and get to San Diego, but it's really placed in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's other properties like uh, you know, ones in uh, Baltimore and where there's really not, not much to see for a tourist. So this one is, is actually a, a nice place to go as a tourist, especially one from the other side of the country, because it's, it's really right at the foot of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And it's about an hour away by car from Asheville, North Carolina, which has some interesting things to see. So it's a nice scenic area and it's it's a it's it's right on a river. There's actually a river that runs through the hotel. I, I at first when I saw it I'm like, "Oh, what? This is kind of hokey. They actually built like a fake river here, but it wasn't a fake river. It was a real river. There were actually guys fly fishing in the river between the hotel tower and the casino tower. And these may not even have been like casino guests. This may just be like a local. So it's pretty cool. There's a river that runs between the hotel and casino towers, the Cherokee River. It's in a nice scenic area. Believe it or not, the view isn't that great. Like, you'd expect the view to be great from a hotel like that. It really isn't. Just the way the hotel faces, you really don't see very much, no matter what room you're in. But you get in your car and just drive a little bit, and you're in some... uh, Nice places to hike or just uh, tour by car and see things and have very nice views of the Smoky Mountains National Park. So I I like that location, and uh, I thought that was the obvious next trip for me to take. I also had never been to that state of North Carolina. I'd never been to Georgia. One time I flew through Atlanta, but I never left the airport, so I don't count that. So I'd never been to Georgia, never been to North Carolina, never been to Tennessee. I thought about going to Kentucky as well, maybe even West Virginia, but it just wasn't a long enough time to do all these things. So I stuck to those three states. The route of my trip was to fly to Atlanta and spend like a day and a half there, then uh, drive on to Harris, North Carolina, which is in Cherokee, North Carolina, which is the very western part of North Carolina. And... uh, Passing through Blue Ridge, Georgia on the way there and stopping there to see a few things. And then after spending three nights over there, moving on to Chattanooga, Tennessee for one night and then finally Nashville, somewhere I always wanted to visit as a country music fan. I I opened this song with a country music song by Pam Tillis. And 
I've always wanted to see Nashville for that reason. So that was the trip. I was gone for a week, and one interesting thing I found at Harris Cherokee is that first of all, you know, it's a it's an Indian-owned. Caesars managed property So it's not a corporate Caesars property Meaning anything you win or lose You're winning from the Indian tribe there Or losing to the Indian tribe Now Caesars gets a a hefty fee I don't know exactly how they work it But they, they get a hefty fee for managing it And for making that a total rewards property Which of course attracts a lot of people there but it's actually owned by the Cherokee Indian tribe. So they do get to make a few of their own rules. Now, sometimes when casinos make their own rules like that, even being a total rewards property, these are bad rules that are lousy for the customer. In this case, they actually had a few good rules. For example, Caesars made a company-wide decision in 2016 to limit the internet and Movie consumption of Seven Stars members Where before you had unlimited internet Unlimited movies in the room Including porn by the way And that was done away with in 2016 Now you can only get one movie per day And I think Two devices on the internet per day And when I'm by myself Two devices is fine but you travel with other people That really sucks because you know you get your phone And computer on and that's two devices so At Harris Cherokee there is no such limit you have unlimited Media still which is cool Something that was really nice is that they will ship unlimited non-alcoholic beverages to your room as much as you want, whenever you want, for free. For free. So you just call up and say, hey, I'd like you to send me... I'd like you to send me six orange juices, 18 bottles of water, pretty small bottles, but you can ask for as many, whatever you want. Ten cans of cherry coke And How about uh, six cans of regular coke And uh, some diet soda For my girlfriend Thank you very much And they send it right up Pretty quickly too Haven't seen another property do that In the Caesars uh, group That was really nice to discover uh, the food options were decent. You got my five hundred dollar folio could be used toward uh, Ruth's Chris, which you know, it's, as far as steakhouses go, there's better ones out there, but it's it's decent. Uh, this is a Ruth Chris on property. There's a an Italian place called Brio, which is again decent, and then uh, a coffee shop, which is actually uh, fairly good. That's on the first floor. So those are the main three places to eat there. There's some fast food options too. I didn't go to those, but I spent my 500. Uh, everything is actually pretty reasonably priced. Nothing was really marked up because you're at a casino, which is kind of regular restaurant prices. So uh, I, I like the place and the video poker there. As long as you're willing to play five dollars a credit, which can introduce a lot of variance. So. If you don't have a very big bankroll, that could be troubling to you. But if you're willing to play at the $5 per credit video poker level, 
which is $25 a hand. You're playing five credits each time. Uh, they have the best video poker in the Caesars group. You can play a 99.73% return machine, which is called the Not-So-Ugly Deuces Wild Machine. It's buried inside of an old Game King. If you want to know how to find the machine, I can tell you. It's not too hard to find. You just go in the high limit room and look for the Game Kings and look for the proper pay table for what they call not-so-ugly deuces. That's not what it's called in the casino. That's the nickname for it. But uh, you, you can you can look at uh, threads I've made about this in the casinos in Las Vegas section of my forum. But uh, basically, uh, so you get you get one, one tier credit for $10 that you wager there. So you can rack up tier credits pretty quickly there. And it's the best way to bring yourself to diamond quickly or seven stars quickly without losing all that much money. I mean, you, if you run bad and variance gets you, then, yeah, you'll lose money. But as far as the average of what you lose, the expected loss is very low. Uh, to show you how low, if you just played that machine and played perfectly, and you can play perfectly or very close to it by following the strategy uh, that's outlined for you on the site uh, wizardofodds.com. That's wizardofodds.com. If you just Google not-so-ugly deuces strategy, you'll see that up there. And uh, so you can just print that out or look at it on your phone as you're playing and use that as your guide. But if you play perfect strategy, on average, you will only lose $27 per $10,000 wagered. $27 per 10000 wagered. And to get to Diamond, if you just wager 50000 in a day, you'll make Diamond in a day. Right there, with zero credits, with zero tier credits starting out, you'll make Diamond in a day. And that's with an average loss of just $135. And then you'll be Diamond all the way through January 31st, 2018. Seven stars... It would be 10 times that, so it would take you 10 different days to do it optimally. But you'd, you'd only have an average loss of $1,350, which you'll easily recoup with all the benefits many times over. And you'll also have that for two years. So I would be renewing my seven stars there if it were close, but it's not. So I didn't need to renew my seven stars right now, so I didn't do it. I played a little bit, but... Uh, I really wish that was closer to me because I, I would definitely be renewing my seven stars there all the time. That's the best option right now. So if you're if you're anywhere near Cherokee, North Carolina, I suggest that's what you do if you want diamond or seven stars. The, o- the only downside, again, is you got to play a $5 machine where there can be some variance. So. Let's see here. What else are I going to say about this trip? Oh, so uh, what's funny about Asheville, we've talked about Asheville before on this show, and that's where Amanda Leatherman works and does that stupid voice chat radio show, which in fact is going to be starting about an hour and a half. But that, where she does that morning radio show where she's not really there in the morning, and they pre-record it beforehand. It's called voice tracking. So I, I kind of have like a stalkerish idea of like, you know what I should do is like when I'm in Asheville, like show up to the studio and see if any, anyone's there. Not look for Amanda. Like she wouldn't even be there because I wouldn't be there in the morning. But just like see if anyone's there. But I, I just thought like how weird would this be if she happened to be there like recording the voice tracking uh, bits for the next few days and I show up at like two in the afternoon and I knock on the door and she answers and there it's me. She's like, wait a minute, this guy's a poker player. I know who he is. 
And she, she probably wouldn't be laughing. Like she'd probably just be freaked out. So I like I just thought I'm kind of curious just to see if my voice tracking theory is correct, which I'm pretty sure it is, and just see if like there really is like nobody in the station when they're supposedly broadcasting live. But it wasn't worth dragging my family over there for that, even though I was right there in Asheville, so I didn't do it. But I thought it was funny after she goes to Asheville and gets on that station that of all things for the first time in my life I visit Asheville like less than a year later. Uh, the biggest thing that uh, is worthy of discussing though, at least on this show, I, I don't want to minimize the, the trip. Like I, I enjoyed the trip, but yeah, you know, I I know none of you feel like hearing like audio vacation slides of my trip, so I'm not going to really talk about it. But the thing that I've been discussing recently on the forum is what happened when I got back. I got back to LAX on Sunday night, or sorry, Friday night, not Sunday night, on Friday night, just two nights ago. And took the shuttle to the parking spot, which is a large off-site parking lot that exists in many cities that have big airports, including L.A. It's been around for a long time. They actually have two locations in L.A. I use the parking spot now because they're the only ones with a good shuttle service. All the other ones have a terrible shuttle service from the airport. It's funny, going to the airport, like all of them have a good shuttle service, but getting from the airport is hell. So the one I used to use, which was called 105 Airport Parking, last time I waited like 90 minutes to get the shuttle. It was brutal. The time before that, I also waited a long time. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. So I switched to the parking spot, which is known to have a good shuttle, and indeed the shuttle is good. That, that, that I have no complaints about. The shuttle got there fairly quickly. And I got back there, and I valet parked my car which is very unlike me. I've talked about before on this show that I hate valet parking. And I hate it because you're giving control of your vehicle to another person who doesn't give a crap about it. And if they damage it or screw with it or invade your privacy by going through your stuff or try to steal your stuff, you have no proof. It's your word against theirs and there's no way you can prove anything happens. They damage your car, they'll say the damage is already there. They steal something out of your car, they'll say it was never there in the first place. And yet you can't prove it and you're stuck. And I, these are not just uh, elements of paranoia. This really happens all the time. Not to me because I don't valet. I will bend over backwards not to valet. And it's not a cheapness thing. Like in Vegas, I can valet just about everywhere for free. And I don't do it. With everything being equal financially, I always self-park. Even if it takes me a little bit more time, I self-park because I like having control of my own vehicle. I don't want others driving my car. I don't want others parking my car. I don't want others having control to use my car when they feel like using it, even though they're not supposed to. I don't want to have to worry about people doing anything to my car that I can't prove. Now, yes, if I park it myself, yeah, another driver could run into my car and just drive off and, and then uh, tough luck on me. I'll, I'll have no way of knowing. And yeah, that's that's a possibility. But at least that's a third party. 
At least that's not someone I'm giving my own car keys to. And the truth is that someone driving their own car is typically going to be careful not to hit your car because when they hit your car, they damage theirs. So you're more likely to get damaged by a valet than you are by someone else in a self-lot. So I just I just don't like the whole valet thing. And Brandon, I know you don't like the whole valet thing either, do you? Well, are we still on the late night fraud show? We are. Hello, Brandon. I'm mobile. No, I never. I hate the valet. They start listening to that rap music. They fuck with your seat. They drive it to parking lots and fornicate with 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 women. <laughs> I never ever valet unless I absolutely have to. Exactly. So that's that's, I don't, that's how I, I came from. Uh, I came from the angriest poker room in America. Just now, I, I wouldn't valet my car. Uh, do you know where the angriest poker room in America is? I, I, All the angry people. I, well, hold on. There. I always thought it was commerce. <laughs> it's not commerce. Well, then you know what? I'll rephrase it. It's definitely where the angriest Las Vegas poker players hang out. Uh, is that the? Uh, is it the Orleans? Yes, it was the Orleans. Huh. I, I know. I, mean, I, I know someone who was pretty angry. They used to hang out there a lot. Yeah, is it the same person I know? Well, actually, it could be one of a few people, but this is this is one who uh, recently got banned from my forum, who used to play there a lot. Oh, no, I don't know that person. Okay. But I will say, I, I, this is my yearly trip. I literally go there about once a year. I went there with a few friends tonight that wanted to play. The, they have a horse tournament mm-hmm. on Sunday. They've had it for about five years. And uh, the only place if you want to play a horse tournament, you can play in Las Vegas on a regular, you know, not like a deep stack at the Venetian or, you know, WSOP event. So I went down there, and I have to give a shout-out. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, I don't do the shout-out thing, but literally in the first hour I was there, six people came up to me to talk about radio tonight. Three people made comments to me about the valet situation with your car. <laughs> like, it's almost like it's a, like, now, another thing I want to tell you is I took a uh, unscientific poll there, and I found out that my favorable ratings are slightly higher than yours. You mean over, over there they are? No, well, I'll just say among users or listeners. I took an unscientific listener poll. And my, you know how like the president, Hillary Clinton, she has like a 35% favorable rating. And you know what I'm talking about, right? The favorable ratings? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yours was right around 50%, and I was at 70. Now, this is unscientific. It was only four people. Wait, so, so um, wait, wait. How do you have, hold on. How do you have 70% out of four people? Well, one person wasn't, one person wasn't quite so sure, so I just rounded down. I see. Yeah. But now, I will tell you, the reason, though, that you had a little 20% unfavorable view than me was because of your politics, specifically your stubbornness of sticking up for George W. Bush. That was brought up by three people. And I kid you not, I'm not doing this for no radio drama. Three different people tonight made comments about how you always defend George W. Bush and that obviously affected their 
favorable rating of you. Um, okay, but well, you know, everyone's a critic. I'm going to state what my opinion is. I, yeah. I don't always defend George W. Bush, but I will uh, uh, state my opinions about him and, and where I feel he uh, he is being uh, criticized fairly, and where he's not, in my opinion. And uh, if that affects my favorability, then so be it. Uh, so. Uh, but I'm surprised someone out of the – what really surprises me that one of the four people actually said that they don't view you favorably to you. Well, I put a bad beat on them. That probably is why. Okay. But <laughs> I want to say that uh, shout-out to Bobby Griffin. He is uh, now the uh, poker room shift boss, I think, for Swing Shift. And he's been a fan of the show for years. He listens to every single episode, Drop. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I know that. I know I mean, he, I, I, yeah, I know who he every is. Every episode. Yeah. yeah, I know who he is. And yeah. he made a state of point for me to tell you that this World Series, now he made this offer last year and, you know, schedules and all this stuff, uh, we weren't able to, to capitalize on it, but he said again he would love nothing more than to take the both of us out to the new steakhouse at the Orleans. His treat. I mean, he's got power. He could probably just cop the whole thing. So he said, he asked me to implore you to try to make time for an evening to have a... Okay, go on, go on. What is that? It sounds like a fucking carnival. No, listen again. Ah, the yeah, it has to do with getting something for free, so of course I'm playing that. Yeah. I believe you're... Are you a... Uh, you're not a prime rib. Oh, I'm sorry, not prime rib. You're not a fillet guy. You like that uh, that ribeye? Isn't that your choice of cut? Well, yeah, but I and I'll have a fillet too. I, I usually get the ribeye, but I, you know what? The reason I actually don't get the fillet as much is just because it's not as big. Yeah, but anyhow, this new steakhouse is, is open to. Uh, I wouldn't say what's a little bit under rave reviews. Uh, very. Like it's, it's not like a rave review, but it's not mediocre. What would be kind of in between? Uh, positive. Okay, it's open to positive reviews. So he uh, would like to take us to dinner. Told me to send his best. I'm giving him a shout out. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I, listen, I'm not. I don't work for nobody, but I'll tell you that room was packed. Bobby was running it. You know, kind of. He's running a tight ship. When I walked in, there was like a dealer meeting. There was like 30 Asian dealers, and he's telling them what to do, how to do this, and they're all just sitting there. You know what kind of reminded me of? What's that, uh, what do you call that video, that, you know, that Hitler video, where they put the words in his mouth, and, you know, everyone remember? Well, I, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what it's called, but, yeah, the same video of uh, uh, some movie about uh, about Hitler where they're always with subtitles with him speaking in German right. and and people always put different subtitles on to apply to different situations that have nothing to do with with uh, with World War Two yeah. or Hitler. I'm not I'm not saying of course Bobby Griffin should be compared to Hitler. I'm just saying that he had their attentiveness and they looked scared just like in that video. So yeah, also a- another PFA listener. I mean, I'm just sitting down. And he screams from across the table. Radio's at eleven tonight. Don't valet your car. Uh, I want to give a shout out. I guess I can say his last name. You kind of know Riley. Riley Matthew. I think that's his last yeah, name. Yeah, I, 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 you know yeah. yeah, I know who he is too. Yeah. He listens every week. He was at the table next to me. Uh, big fan. Give him a shout out. He is actually, believe it or not, going to be on the big screen this summer. He was a stunt double and play the cop. In the new uh, Jason Bourne movie that's coming out this summer that was filmed in Vegas. Yeah, I was going to mention that he that he was like an actor and stuntman. I knew that. So I didn't know he's going to be on. I didn't know he's going to be in a movie this summer, but I knew that he's uh, he does that. 
So uh, anyhow, those are just two people right there, and then some other random person I don't even know. You know, it seems like we really do have a fan base of creepy old men. <laughs> some other man came up to me, he looked like he could have been living out back in a dumpster, and he even says to me, he's like, if you make the final table, you won't be able to do radio with Todd. And I'm looking at him, he looks like he's like in his 60, 65, probably he's fought off some sort of felony charge at some point in his life. Just looks kind of creepy, but he's a fan. That's good. Love the show. Uh, he may not be anymore after you called him creepy, but... Uh... Yeah. I don't know, but you know, so, we, we do you know, look. We don't we don't have the young demographic here. I, I, uh, I I'm not one who covets that demographic. It's it's fine that we don't. I, it's uh, I, I know we have yeah. the, the 35 and up demographic for the most part. There are a few younger people who listen, but that's fine. You know, the important thing is we have the numbers. We have people who listen. And now, what would we have to do to get like a younger demographic? Say, remember that one girl, Amanda Kumlicker? Yeah, maybe we had to bring people like her on. Or how would we get? How would we get like her and all her girlfriends to listen to our fraud show? I, I I think the problem. I think we just have to have like more of a presence of young people to bring like the young perspective here. I think we just sound too old to appeal to that group. See, I thought that that one guy, uh, the Northern California guy, yeah, maybe I, he could have broached that because he was like a hippie. He ate from you know, he ate the land. He grew his own fruit in his backyard. Yeah, but maybe. he's kind of disappeared as of late. Yeah, he has kind of disappeared. You, you never know. You know, it's, it's, it's a revolving door. I understand that. And so, so you know, I haven't told I, will, I haven't told people I, yet I'll, about I'll, my about. The, I haven't told people yet about what happened with the, the valet. I was just beginning to get to the story, and then you called in, and of course, I took your call. So let me. Uh, well, let me say one more thing. Yeah. Just to let you know what my intentions are, I'm about to pull in. Uh-huh. I'm going to have a quick. I'm going to have a quick supper. So you can talk about this and talk about whatever happened with Poker Stars this week. I'll eat my quick supper, and then I'll be back on the air maybe in 30 minutes or so. Okay, but very I want to say, so before I forget, I want to say that I met, a, between the hiatuses of radio, I met a fellow PFA radio fraud show kind of co-host mm-hmm. during this little break we had. Do you know who that is? Yeah, Trader Ruski. I met Trader Ruski. And I'll tell you, he's absolutely uh, 100% normal. Very, very sweetheart. Very nice guy. Uh, gregarious, energetic. Loves that. Uh, play some uh, some video poker where you draw like a bingo card if you hit a four of a kind. I don't know. But we had a very lovely meal at Spago. He actually treated. Now, this is rare because normally I'm the one kind of put out. I'm just being honest. It's not like these PFA people are running around trying to buy me no Spago from Wolfgang Puck. But he treated me. It was a lovely dinner. Uh, he was a very normal guy. And uh, we, we had a very nice evening. Well, that was good. You know, so, I, I met him years ago back uh, from the other uh, website. And uh, yeah, I always thought he was a very nice guy and very generous. And uh, so uh, I, I'm not surprised that uh, you had a good experience with this one. Even, even with it as bad as you run, I had a feeling that even with your luck with meeting people, this was not going to go bad. Yeah, he asked me for nothing. Uh, you know, I will tell you, it kind of, at first, now, I mean, I knew, of course, that it wouldn't turn out to be the case, but it did have some semblance of a Peter D.C. thing early on because we immediately met for the first time outside of Spago. And when we got to Spago, I mean, everybody, the manager, the bussers, they're all coming and they're clapping and shaking his hand and everyone's wanting to 
like touch his shoulders and you know and that was what happened with Peter DC the first time I met oh, him. Oh really? See, I didn't have that when I, when I was yeah, when I was with him there he didn't have that uh fan group. Well, when we went the first time I met him and I was with uh the one guy from the other site that went to jail that was hiding out on the island and uh his wife at the or girlfriend at the time and uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Scotty Nobot. Well, you're, you know, you're talking about Peter DC now, not uh, not Trader Ruski. Oh yeah, no, right. But I'm saying it was a big group of us, and this was the first time we all had met him. And we went to a restaurant in the Forum called the Palm, and we got there. And this is something I thought about for years because it really doesn't make sense. But we got there, everybody knew him. The manager came out right away. The chef came out like after our food was served to ask how we liked it. The server knew him, and I remember the manager making a comment that Peter DC had been coming there for over 10 years, like almost since the place opened. So it seemed just kind of strange that, you know, so that kind of affected my credibility when I was thinking about it, you know, if, if so that, that point was kind of when people were wondering if this guy's real, what's the deal. But it, you know, it seemed like a pattern, like, you know, the guys who've been coming here like you know, every couple months for 10 years. And so, but anyhow, uh, that was how it was at Spago. Like we got there and, you know, everyone knew, uh, Trader Ruski, they were giving him hugs and pats on the back. And I'll tell you real fast before I go, a real feel-good story of the year. The guy that manages Spago now, and this is, you know, for those of you that just think, you know, America is awful and it's not the land of opportunity, the head guy now at Spago was a busboy when Trader Ruski first started going there about 15 years ago. Now he runs the whole show. Wow. A Spanish guy named Carlos. Wow. Uh, probably in his maybe late 50s, early 60s. But, I mean, you know, it really is a feel-good story. Yeah. You come yeah, to this he, country. He, he persisted. You know, from, yes, you come to the country from, uh, uh, let's say, Tijuana, and you get a job, and you're a busboy, and, you know, you're disgruntled. And, you know, but no, don't be disgruntled. You keep working hard, and that Wolfgang Puck, he may make you a GM one day. Yeah. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, you know, if, if you, uh, I mean, it probably takes a little bit of luck, too, but uh, if, if, you, if, if you work yeah. hard and don't screw up and just... Uh, do the job right, and also if you have the natural ability to manage, and then you show some leadership skills, and it might get noticed, and you'll move up. So, now, I know this is the thing I've noticed with these managers. I noticed it there in today's day and age. I don't even think maybe it's behind the scenes that these managers even manage. They're more like casino hosts. They're kind of walking around. They're greeting people. They're shaking hands. It seems like a lot of just PR. Well, well it depends in which place. There's been they have uh, neutered the managers at a lot of these uh, places. Like the Palm is a corporate place. It, it's not the there's several locations of it, and mm-hmm. uh, so sometimes they'll have a district manager or a corporate manager. I mean, there's always someone like that who they report to. But sometimes the general manager is not as empowered as they used to be in the past, and and where anything substantial. Any kind of substantial complaint or substantial thing that mm-hmm. needs to be done, you need to talk to the district manager. I don't know how it is over there, right. but uh, um, but but they, yeah. they do manage in the fact that they they're the ones who are in charge of all the day to day operations there. It's just a matter of what they're empowered to do. Like let's let's say someone's meal has all these kind of fails and all kinds of problems, and the person says at the end, uh, let's let's say it was a, a big party of seven hundred dollars, and they say. You know, this is so awful. Can you can you comp the whole meal because there are so many different fails here? Sometimes the general right. manager won't be empowered to do that, and they'll actually have to say, "Well, we'll have to have you talk to the district manager who can, you know, I can only give you this much. The district manager can do the rest uh, on Monday." So uh, something like that. Now, yeah. Now another interesting note. Just you know, I know this is kind of a tangent, but 
you know, if you come to Vegas nowadays, every fucking chef that's ever been on TV seems like has a fucking restaurant somewhere. Now, this was the first well-known chef. When Spago opened, uh, no one knew who it was unless you're, like, kind of in that Hollywood in-group. It used to be the, the original Spago. Maybe you can tell me. It's either in Hollywood or Beverly Hills. It was Beverly Hills, yeah. Was only, yeah. Okay, and there was only one, and everyone loved it. And their second location ever opened at the Forum probably about 25 years ago. And it was a big deal. But now, as you know, Druff, I mean, you just you get on that Food Network. What was the one old lady, the racist bitch? And she had, like, a deal with Caesars, and then they canceled oh, it. She had some restaurants, like in Tunica, a bunch of yeah, restaurants Paula in the Dean. Midwest. Yeah, Paula Dean. Yeah, and, 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 well, the, the, one, the one who really blazed the trail for uh, all these different celebrity chefs getting restaurants. You know, Spago, as you said, had it for a long time, but then there's kind of not that many others after him. The one who really blazed the trail for a lot of celebrity chefs getting restaurants was uh, Emeril. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, you got that Gordon Ramsay, and I'll tell you, maybe that uh, – Nigel Faversham likes it, but I don't like that fish and chips or any of those. Those British people eat some weird. No offense. I know Belly Buster's coming. He's a listener, and I actually uh, like to meet him. But I went to that Gordon Ramsay once, and it was all British food, and it was just weird. Like, you're serving, like, weird sausage I've never seen before. It, it, not for me, Jeff. Not for me. Hey, you know, um, I, you I don't, know, I don't understand why, you, why you're, you're attacking the British like this. Now, now um you're trying to say our side dishes are something that don't meet your palate. But at the same time, we look at the well, American side dishes and it's just mac and cheese. Now, didn't you eat that when you were five years old? How is this, a, well, how is this on the menu at a, at a gourmet restaurant? And, and you have the nerve to criticize our food. See, now the thing is, Colonel, I'm trying to lose a couple extra pounds and eat healthy because there was a major announcement yesterday. And that announcement was that the lady known as genocide is returning to live poker okay live poker yes you heard me right after a four-year hiatus that involved moving to africa and hospitalizations and all other things she is coming back on the tour and she's playing in a maryland bounty tournament this coming may Jeff. it's true it's true well this is actually going to be a, a, on the agenda for the the end of the show, but okay. thank you for giving it all away now. But uh, now that you've um, handed away the milk for, for free without anyone buying the cow, uh, let, let me tell you uh, about uh, genocide that, um, you know, generally everything old becomes new again. And um, uh, so what happens when um, you, you've gone through all the motions and uh, done everything there is to do and um, you know, been associated with uh, various gentlemen uh, of, of the poker world in various ways? Um, you have to start the whole thing over and maybe get going once again. So um, I don't blame her for um, it reemerging to the felt. And, of course, she's announcing it a month in advance, so people have time to prepare for this momentous event. You don't, it's mm-hmm. not just being dropped on you. Oh, tomorrow genocide's coming back. No, 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 no. Genocide is coming back in the middle of May. So you have time to get used to it before it even happens. Right. It's kind of like what the Eagles did when they had that tour when hell freezes over. And they got back together. They announced it before. It's, it's, like, it's like LeBron James when he's talking about, oh, I'm going to leave Cleveland, but I may not leave Cleveland. I'm going to have a show on ESPN about whether I'm going to leave Cleveland. It's, it's kind of like mm-hmm. that. You know, and, uh, um, and then, of course, he leaves and he comes to Miami. And then, and then he ditches there and goes back to Cleveland. And then, and then he's going to get crushed in the finals again anyway. So, you know, that's the way it goes. All right. So, so let's, um, you can go ahead and um, have mm-hmm. your dinner. Tally-ho, pip-pip, okay. and... Uh, Mm-hmm. Let's get on with we'll it. Yeah. Godspeed. All right. All right. So, thank you, Brandon, for his call. He'll call back. Maybe on Skype so we can hear him better. 
All right, so uh, that tangent behind us, let me tell you what happened with the valet. <laughs> A lot to take in in between. Let's see what the chat room's saying. JSTAT says PFA keeps me young. I guess it does. You know, JSTAT's older than me, and he's older than Brandon, of course, because I'm older than Brandon. So I, I, to some people, we probably are young. We, we are the young guys to some of the listeners. That's that's what's good about having an older listener base is that they, they look and go, oh, I remember when I was that age, so youthful. Instead of like these 25-year-olds listening, going, ah, these stupid old guys, so out of touch. I don't want to be like that ever. Shoot me if I'm that way 20 years from now. Like, I'm, I'm so glad that that's not most of our listeners. So let me tell you about the valet. So I valet my car only at the airport because it's a pain in the ass not to. That's the only reason. Because I've got my family with me. Got a lot of luggage, obviously, for any kind of trip of any kind of length with all these people. So you know, what am I supposed to do? Uh, park like way up on the roof on these self-park spots they give you and then drag all the luggage down to the bus? And what if you're running kind of late, as I always seem to be, towards the airport? I, I hardly ever miss a flight. Like I've barely ever missed a flight in my life, but I've come close a number of times. I never have like a lot of time to spare. So like I, I just – I park valet at the airport, not the airport itself, but the off-site parking wherever I go because it's much more convenient. It's a lot different than going to a casino or a restaurant or anywhere else where I have the time and ability to just park the car elsewhere and walk. When you have a ton of luggage and everything, that's a different story. So I valet it even though I hate valet parking. So I used the parking spot last time in September. No problem. And by the way, the parking spot is one of the more high-end parking places in LA. This is not like a bargain basement place that I'm using to save money. Some have asked me, why even bother with this? Why not just take a limo? Why not just take a cab or take Uber? I'm too far from LAX. I just don't live close to LAX. It would be prohibitively expensive. I could do it, but it would be really, really expensive and throwing away money. And when I say really, really expensive, I don't mean like $30 more. I mean like, like it would be like hundreds of dollars to do this each way. So, I'm not going to. It's just it's just not worth it. So FTP Jesus, by the way, is par- pointing out that there's uh, two the parking spot locations in Phoenix. They're all over. I know they have it in Dallas. They're, they're all over. And they've been around for a long time. So last time, even though nothing happened to my car, the only disturbing thing I saw was that a guy who was moving luggage, because they offered to take your luggage for you if you valet over to the shuttle bus, which I don't bother with. I just take my own luggage. I just grab my own cart and take my own luggage. I like handling my own stuff. But I saw one of their guys who was handling someone else's luggage after they were already gone. Like, he's pushing the luggage cart and bumps into another car with a luggage cart and just keeps walking. He noticed he bumped it. He didn't bother to look if he dented it or anything. He just keeps walking. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and he saw that I saw it, but it wasn't my car. He banged, so he figured that it, you know he could get away with it. And I even went to go look if he damaged the car. I was going to go report it. But uh, it wasn't damaged, so I didn't say anything. 
And I'm like, damn, I hope that doesn't happen to my car. Anyway, the, the good news is that's not what happened to my car. My car did not get damaged, as far as I can tell. But when I got my car back on Friday night, first I noticed the seat was way reclined. I don't mean pushed back. I, I'm a tall guy, and my seat's already pushed back as far as can be, but it's not reclined. Reclined is, you know, you move the seat all the way back, almost like you want to sleep or, or you know, lie way back. You can't drive with the seat way reclined no matter how tall you are. So the seat was very reclined to where I could not see anyone comfortably driving that way. Even if they're taller than me, I can't see why anyone would have done that. But I thought, okay, it was probably someone who was trying to adjust the seat in some way and, and didn't understand how to do it. So I, I didn't find that too alarming by itself. But then I started the car and the radio came on. The radio came on, and I didn't leave the radio on when I left my car there. So that was the first problem. But the second problem was that uh, the type of music that came on and the station that came on wasn't what I thought it would be. You were. No, not the commercial. You've moved your organization. I hate these commercials. This is what I heard. Not exactly that music, but it's hip hop music. Hip hop music came on, and I noticed it was Power 106, 105.9 FM Los Angeles, a station I absolutely never listened to. My radio was tuned to that. My radio, my radio was last on a serious satellite music station. To change from that to 105.9 FM, a station I've never listened to in that car ever, requires some effort. It's not something you can do by just bumping the wrong button. You, it requires several steps that you have to carefully do to get it there. So someone intentionally turned on my radio... Switched it to power 106. Reclined my seat way back. And I noticed, only after I drove away from the property, that my navigation system was messed with also and that someone had changed the settings on my nav system. Now, why should any of this have happened? All they're supposed to do is park my car. What's going on here? They're not supposed to touch the radio and change the station, recline my seat, mess with my nav system. They're supposed to just drive across the street to the valet lot, park it, and walk back. I also noticed that 0.4 miles were clocked on the car since I left it, because I always take a picture of the odometer to prevent the uh, Ferris Bueller situation. Remember where... uh, Ferris Bueller's friend left his uh, dad's uh, things are Ferrari with valets who then took it on a joyride. Ever since I saw that as a 14-year-old in 1986, I, I've, when I leave my car valet, the very few times I do it, I'll take a picture of the odometer, which is very fast on an iPhone these days. And then I can see if they drove it any more than they should have. So 0.4 miles is not a staggering amount of mileage, 
But I asked them, where is the valet lot located? They said directly across the street. So that's you, – you can't clock 0.4 miles going across the street and back. That's 0.4 miles is a lot farther than you think it is. It's uh, There's no way that could be clocked going across the street and back. Now, no one took it on a long joyride, but uh, it probably means they took it down the street a little bit and, and back. So my theory, and it's got to be very close to this, even if this is not exactly what happened, is that – and I have a BMW, so I'm assuming that uh, they wanted to, maybe they, they liked the car, maybe they wanted to hear what the sound system was like, maybe they wanted to see the nav system it had, or who knows what they wanted to do. Maybe they just want to have a little party in there. Someone decided to take my car out for uh, a little fun or relaxation, and they took the car out. Uh, I was told that there's cameras in there. I was told this by the assistant manager I complained to, and they'll be checking them, so... Maybe knowing that there's cameras, the uh, valet who abused my car decided he's going to take it off property a little further. He's going to not go across the street into the valet lot where there's cameras, but maybe go down the street at first. Relax a bit in a neighboring lot. Lean the seat back. Turn on the hip-hop music. Maybe uh, smoke a few blunts. May even, maybe even... Uh, Pick up a crack hoe on the corner and have fun with her in my car. Who knows? Three, two. Check out the nav system. Maybe even copy down some of the addresses in there. Maybe see if the address that's uh, shown as my home address there, if they can figure it out. Maybe copy that down since they know I'll be away for a week. I'm not stupid enough to leave my... House keys attached to them. I only leave the car key itself. I'm not stupid enough to do that. And there's nothing in my car that indicates my home address, including my nav system. I never put that in there. I just have a, a general generic address that's kind of near where I live. When I say generic, like just a street name without uh, the actual address of where I am, and exactly for that reason. But uh, someone was definitely messing with my car. They were definitely doing things they should not be doing. Now, in case you don't know, you probably do, but in case you don't know, this is very, 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 very much against the rules of valet parking. Not my rules. The rules of all valet parking operations. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. And the number one cardinal rule is you do not screw with the cars you're parking. You are supposed to get in the car, park it, Lock it and leave. That's it. Not supposed to play the radio. Not supposed to go through the person's stuff. Not supposed to go through their nav system. Not supposed to change settings. It's okay if you have to move the seat so you can drive it. You know, if the person is, is a different size than you, if the driver is a different size than you are, and you, and you can't reach the pedals properly or whatever, then it's fine to adjust the seat. That makes sense. But that's the only thing you're supposed to adjust as a valet. You're not supposed to adjust anything else. You're not supposed to have fun with a vehicle, not supposed to take it on test drives, not supposed to take it down the street, not supposed to listen to the radio, change the stations, go through the navigation system. You're not supposed to touch any of that. That is a violation of someone else's property because it's not yours to do this with. You're not being given the car to do that. You're not given the car to experiment with. You're not being given the car to mess with. You're not given the car to have fun with. You're given the car to park it and do nothing else. That is your job. If you do anything else, you are violating that person's privacy. You're violating that person's property. doesn't matter if you don't break anything. You are messing with someone else's stuff that has not given you per- permission to do that. 
So that is a very strict rule at all valet parking outfits for all employees that you do not do that. And it was done here. Now, I don't know exactly what was happening or what the motivations were. Like, why was he in my nav system? Was he trying to pick off addresses to, to burglarize while I'm gone? Or was he just seeing how it worked? I don't know. He was in my nav system for sure, though. What was he doing reclining my seat and putting on Power 106? Was he just uh, relaxing and taking a short break? Or, or was, it, was it having sex in there? Or was it uh, smoking pot in there? I don't know. Whatever it was, it shouldn't have been happening. I paid $124 to this damn place to park my car there for eight days. So when I'm paying that kind of money, you don't screw around with my car. They weren't doing me a favor there keeping my car. This is a business transaction. When I leave my car there, it is very much understood that you do not do these things. It is very much understood that this is completely unacceptable, that this is not supposed to happen. So this is Friday night. There was no one there of that much authority to do much about this. He, you know, he took the, the manager at the time took down my info, said the general manager will be informed that he will call me on Monday. And that's where it stands. Monday, well, I guess it's right now, but it'll be later today. But he claims that there's cameras there and they're going to check the cameras and they're going to come back with a conclusion. So hopefully they're going to see who did it. It's not necessarily the guy who parked my car, who, by the way, I didn't see because you you park your car in a line and then whichever valet gets to it next uh, eventually parks it. But the person who parked it could have very well been someone I had no interaction with. So I know nothing about the person. I don't know his race. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know his story. I didn't have any fights with him. I didn't have any fights with anybody there. I, there's no reason for this. And no one damaged anything. This wasn't done out of, out of spite. It's not like someone broke something in my car or stole something. No, this, this was done. Someone just wanted to have fun with it. Someone liked my car and, and chose to have some kind of fun or experimentation with it. And it's not their place to do. So I, I told the story on the forum, and I was a little disappointed with the reaction I got from some people. Uh, first of all, some people, a lot of people were questioning the 0.4 miles and really focusing on the 0.4 miles, and also where I wish I didn't mention the 0.4 miles. Uh, if it was just 0.4 miles I noticed and nothing else, I wouldn't say anything. Because, uh, yes, that's, it's, I think that's too excessive to be driving my car 0.4 miles when it just needs to go across the street and back. I can't see how that's 0.4 miles. But but I'm not going to make a big deal about it because I'm not 100% sure. Like I don't know if they, if they had to circle around a few times to find spots or or uh, if they had to take some indirect route. or you know. So I'm not going to freak out about 0.4 miles when everything else is fine. Now, if I saw two miles, then I would say something. 0.4 miles, I'm not going to say anything about. So if it were just a matter of 0.4 miles on my car when I think there should be 0.1 or 0.2, I, I'm not going to complain. I mean, that's that's petty. But that's not what's bothering me. What's bothering me is that someone clearly had fun in my car. Someone leaned back, way back to where they adjusted the seat in like relaxation mode, not driving mode. Like leaned way back to where there's no way someone would have been comfortable driving that way. Uh, they turned on the radio, changed it to a station they like, and went through my nav system. That's what bothers me. That's what pisses me off. So... 
the people on the forum, some of them were focusing on the 0.4 miles and thinking that I'm being petty about that when I'm trying to explain over and over it's not about the 0.4 miles. And I, I think they understood that. I don't think these are stupid people. I think they're just they're picking on the easiest thing to pick on in the story because it's, it's harder to argue that the other stuff is okay. It's harder to argue that it's cool for the guy to lean back and listen to the radio and, and screw with my nav system. That that's totally like, – like they're – they're going to have a hard time arguing that one, so they just stick to the 0.4 miles. Like, oh, you're complaining about someone because they, they drove your car 0.4 miles? Wow. Wow, what an asshole you are. You're going to get someone fired over 0.4 miles? No. I'm not going to get anyone fired over 0.4 miles. But I do want it looked into what was going on with my car at that lot where I paid them to valley park it. So we'll see. I have a feeling they're going to deny everything. Even if they find something, they're probably going to deny it. I'm going to be demanding a full refund. And some people on the forum were also kind of uh, alarmed by that. They either thought that I'm just using this to angle for something free. They, they believe me. No one thinks I'm lying. Not one person said I was lying. But they think that I, I, I was happy to find this, so now I can angle to get the, the parking for free. But that's not it at all. In fact, I didn't even ask for a refund when I talked to that assistant manager there that night, I, I actually want to talk to the general manager before anything about money comes up and find out what, what they have concluded through looking at the cameras and investigating. Because that's really the number one for me is that whoever did this is found and then they can do what they want with them. I can't fire anybody. I have no power to fire anyone there because I don't work there. I can say all I want, oh, fire him, but they, I, I have no authority. So... All I can do is give the information, the true and correct information, to the manager of the place, the general manager of the place, who will then use whatever tools he has at his disposal, like cameras or anything else, to figure out who did this and what they did, and then figure out, as the boss of the person who did this, what the proper course of action is for them. And for me not to report that is doing a disservice both to this place and especially to future customers who will get screwed again by this guy. This guy should not be parking anyone's cars. You would not want this guy parking your car. Especially if the nav system is much more sinister than it may appear on the surface, because he could have been going through it to collect information as for homes to break into. And yes, this has happened before. Yes, it has happened many times where valets have gone through cars to get the addresses of people they know are not home and then they break into homes. So this is a very common scenario. In fact, it's so common I've actually seen episodes on TV of crime dramas where this happens. But that's not where I got my info on. I'm saying this, this actually happened so much that the, they even made uh, crime drama episodes about it. I even saw a Miami Vice episode about this like 30 years ago. So that guy should not be parking cars. Anyone who does that type of thing should not be parking cars. This was not something by accident. This wasn't a careless mistake. This is something where he's knowingly violating someone's personal property and using it for himself because he feel like it. And that's, that's not his right to do. I had some other people say, I'm heartless to want to get this guy fired. That I, should, I, I shouldn't 
report this. I shouldn't make a big deal out of it because if I do and they investigate it and find that this guy did it, I'm going to get someone fired who might have a family to support. Well, look, that's not my problem, first of all, if he has a family to support. If he doesn't, the mistake is his by, by doing this at work. He's the one letting his family down, not me. But the, the bottom line is that by me reporting this to the manager, I am giving the manager an accurate picture of what's going on there. Now, it's one thing to go tattle to a manager when someone makes an honest mistake that's not likely to repeat. But someone who is, who is abusing the cars that he's parking and using it for his own purposes, the manager should know about this. I shouldn't be hiding this from the manager to save someone's job. This guy should not be parking cars. I think if every guy pulling into that parking spot lot right now heard my story, he'd be very concerned right now that that same person's going to access their car the same way. I think you would be if you were parking at that parking spot on Century Boulevard. I think you would be very concerned that this would happen to you too. You would not want that guy handling your car. So if you wouldn't want him handling your car, why should he be working there? Just because you think he may have a family to support? Well, first of all, he may not. And, and second, even if he does, that's too bad. It doesn't give you a license to do this type of thing at your job. And the truth is, there are many people, many people in L.A. who are unemployed right now, who do have a family support, who are honest, who will follow the rules, who are really hurting for money and would love to have a job like this. But they can't get the job because there's no openings. It wouldn't be nice if one of these good people, currently unemployed, who'd love this job, could get this job in place of the guy who's screwing around with cars there? Wouldn't that be a great switch? Wouldn't it be great to get a jerk like that out of that job and put in someone who's not going to do this? Wouldn't that be a better person to be employed than this guy? And and by the way, there's no racism in this at all. When I I talk about the hip-hop music, the... That's what I found, and, and it was a station I would never listen to because I don't like hip-hop. That's just not my personal taste in music. I don't know anything about the guy. I don't know what his race is. As I, as, you know, for all I know, it could be a white guy who likes hip-hop. It really could be. I don't care. I don't care what race it is. I, I don't care anything about this person other than what he did, who he was, and if they can find it on camera and fire this guy for doing it. Or, if not fire him, at least uh, take take some kind of action to where this won't happen anymore. And I feel by doing this that I'm helping out the future customers and uh, I'm even helping out the company. I'm not trying to help out the company, but it, it also helps out the company too. It helps out everyone when I report something like this, except for the guy himself who did it. It's a net win for everyone, except the guy who did it. What I've always found funny about uh, the way people view jobs is they think it's a huge tragedy if someone gets fired. Or if you get someone fired, you're the biggest jerk. If If you dare get anyone fired from their job, you are the biggest asshole who ever walked the earth. But for some reason, if someone doesn't have a job yet and is denied the job for any petty reason, that's fine. So... Let's say the same guy, instead of having the job already and doing this to my car, let's say he was at the interview when they're interviewing to be a valet. And they say, uh, can you tell us what you're going to do when you valet a car? And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, when I valet the car, um, you know, if, if I'm kind of 
stressed out, I may go take it down the street and lean back and listen to some music, change the radio station to what I want, maybe you know, look through the guy's nav system, see what I can uh, find over there. Yeah, I may do stuff like that if I kind of feel like it. I hope you don't mind. If they chose not to give the, jo- the guy the job for saying that, obviously he would never get the job if he said that in the interview, would you blame the, uh, the manager who's interviewing him for not hiring him? Would you say it was a tragedy that they didn't hire this poor guy who has a family to support? Or would you say, no, it's this guy's own fault for saying he's going to do this? I bet 100% of you would say that, yes, the manager would make the right decision by not hiring this guy. 100% of you. I don't think a single one of you would say that after a guy would come and say that at an interview that you would hire him. So why is it any different if he already has the job and does this? How is it different than him saying it at the interview that he will do it? If it's okay not to give him the job in the first place for saying he'll do this, how is it bad to fire him for doing it? So anytime someone who's a really bad service person, anytime someone's in the service industry and they use their job either to harm people, to scam people, to cheat people, to access information they shouldn't, to purposely inconvenience people that they don't like to violate people's privacy or personal property. Anytime someone uses their job for things like that maliciously, I'm saying not accidentally, but they're actually, they they purposely go and do these things. When someone like that is taken out of the service industry, that is a net win for everybody. It really is. So if, if my actions get people like that out of work, I've done a great thing. And it's an extension of what I do with this site. At this site, I like to call out scammers. Why? Because I don't want others to be victimized by those scammers. On this site, I like to call out shady poker sites and shady poker rooms, live rooms, whatever. I like to call out anything that's happening in the poker or gambling world that you should be aware of or stay away from. Why? Because I don't want to see you victimized. I don't want to see these scammers get over on more people than they already have. I don't want to see more people, more good people inconvenienced or harmed, or scammed, or cheated in any way. So I feel, I feel that by publicizing these things, I have empowered the potential innocent victim to protect themselves and avoid this happening to them. That, that's why I run the site. That's why I do the show, partially. So this is an extension of it. When I get people like that fired, if I do, like I, I can't make the decision, but if I get someone like that fired, I've done a good thing. And I'm fair about it. Like I, I, I've given this example before. One time I was in a a store and I was ordering some stuff for Benjamin when he was a baby. And they were going to ship it to me. There was something that had to be shipped. I couldn't just pick it up there. And uh, I was in a different state. It was, it was a chain. So I was ordering it. Uh, I think I was in California. I was ordering it to be shipped to Las Vegas. And they, they couldn't find the zip code. They just said, I'm sorry, the zip code's not coming up. I'm sorry, it's not coming up. They, they, they just kept telling me. Like, I sat there for 20 minutes. They couldn't get the, the address right. And I'm, like, pulling out my hair. Well, finally, after 20 minutes, they said, oh, my God, I can't believe I just didn't do I, I can't believe this happened. I see why I never changed the state in the little drop down. I, I still had the state down as, a, as California instead of Nevada. And that's why I kept coming up invalid. That, that's why we've had problems for 20 minutes. You know what I did? I said, okay, 
It happens. I'm glad we solved it. Didn't complain to the manager. Didn't get anyone in trouble. Didn't try to get anyone fired. Didn't ask for anything in compensation. Why? Because I could relate. It was it was a mistake. It was a human mistake. The person tried. They they just didn't quite have their mind with them that day. Fine. That's a lot different than maliciously doing something, purposely doing something you're not supposed to at your job at the expense of someone else, at the expense of one of the customers. So uh, Frank Rizzo agrees with me. He said, tamper with car seats or radio is inexcusable for real. So Lou Father saying I should go for uh, $25 cleaning plus the full refund plus another $50 for time wasted and emotional damages to that wife and child. I, I don't know if he's, exa- if he's saying this is a joke, but uh, I'm not going to go for all that. I just want a refund. I just, I just, I'm not going to take like park here again next time for free. I, I don't want to come back there, to be honest. But uh, even if I did want to come back, I wouldn't want that. I, I want a refund now. And some people were saying in the thread, oh, you don't deserve a refund. Of course I deserve a refund because I paid to have my car parked. That's it. And that's not what I got. I got someone screwing with my car while they had it in their possession. That's not what I paid for. They did not give me what I paid for. I paid for my car to be professionally parked and not tampered with by their employees. Instead, I got my car tampered with by their employees. So they did not do what they were promising. In fact, if this went to small claims court, and, I, and they were to admit that this happened. They wouldn't. They, they, they would deny it if I took them to court, so I'm not going to. But if, if I had proof and I took them to small claims court and they said, yeah, we admit this happened, I'd win. They, they would give me the, the full refund for sure because I did not get what I paid for. Yes, they, they, I, my, my car stayed there for eight days and didn't get damaged as far as I know, but it was tampered with, and that violates the contract. I didn't sign a contract with them, but the – basically like the implied contract uh, of uh, what the service is supposed to be. They they didn't uh, meet their end of their obligation. Their obligation is not just to keep my car there, it's to keep my car there and, and uh, be responsible with it and not uh, violate my uh, my privacy or personal property. Leaving it with them does not give them use of it. It gives them very limited use to move the car to park it. That's it. So I definitely deserve a full refund. So I'm asking what series Beamer we're looking at here. Uh, it's not the 2004. It's a, it's a 2013 car, and it's expensive. That's all I'll say. It's, it's not that old 2004 car. But honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It could be an old piece of crap. If someone did this, I'd be just as angry. Because it's still my car, and they still shouldn't be screwing with it. Period. So this isn't even about the expense of the car. And, and basically what I do with cars, I, I buy one like about every nine years. That's really what I've been doing. I bought one in 95, one in 04, one in 13. And I ended up putting a lot of miles on it. And then so uh, I'm not one of these people like obsessed with constantly getting new cars. And 
I'm not really into the leasing thing for various reasons. I know some people like leasing, and there are some advantages to doing that, but there's also some disadvantages. And I just prefer to buy it and get a, a good uh, good deal on the new car. And you know, I, and I, I yes, I get an expensive car, and I, I pay for quality and something I do every nine years. So. Just because I'm a cheap Jew doesn't mean I don't get a, an expensive thing every so often. But, but again, it's it's not about the expense of the car. I'm not trying to say, oh, the, look what they did to my expensive car. That's why I've never made that part of the argument. It's look what they did to my car, period. I don't care if it's a expensive BMW or if it's an old beater. I really don't care. And I, I've driven old beaters. I'm not uh, I'm not putting down people who drive old beaters. I, 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 I drove a car for uh, seven years that, that I bought for $1,000. And there was honestly a piece of crap. All right. So what am I going to do next time? Well, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just park at one of these like covered parking lots. I don't like leaving the car outside, but one of the like, covered parking lots where you self-park and then take the shuttle to the airport, but then from the airport, because it's so awful, I'll just take a cab. I'll just bite, a, bite the bullet and take a cab, pay whatever it costs. Probably won't even be that expensive, maybe like 15 bucks or something to take the cab. But uh, that, that'll, and then I'll be saving money anyway on the, uh, you know, there's a lot of cheap covered parking places that just have crappy shuttle service on the way back. So I just figured, yeah, hey, I'll just avoid the crappy shuttle service on the way back, take a cab, and you know maybe give it five minutes before, maybe give it five or ten minutes, see if a shuttle shows up by luck. If it doesn't, grab a cab and then uh, go back, and this way I control the whole thing. It's not perfect. Someone could damage my car who is parking next to me, but as I said, I think that's less likely. People don't want to damage their own cars either. It's not like people come... Uh, Tearing into the parking lot and playing Demolition Derby. With valet in general, if you do like valet, and I really don't, I hate it. And Brandon said he hates it. He's not kidding. He really does. I, t- I talked to him about this privately. But if you do valet your car, here's my tips. Number one, never, never, never give them any other key other than the car key. Never. Because it's been known that valets will duplicate your keys and then break into your home. It's happened a lot of times. Don't do it. Number two, uh, don't leave personal info in there, especially if it's a long-term parking. If you're just going to a restaurant for a few hours, it's not that bad because they're not, they're not going to break you into your house uh, while you're eating dinner. It's probably not, not enough time. But if they know you're going away parking for a long time, you never want them having your home address. So so remove the registration slip or whatever shows your home address or or send your car registration to a P.O. box or something, then you uh, don't have to worry about that. But don't have anything in the car, either electronically or on paper, that has your home address. Uh, number three, take anything of value that someone might want to steal out of the car. So don't leave uh, iPhones, iPads, uh Money, anything you think someone would want to steal out of the car, don't leave in there because you'll have no proof it was ever there. And if they steal it, you're gonna—they're never gonna reimburse you. 
And uh, number four, what's number four? Number four, just, just you're really better off self-parking. You're really better off self-parking. And something I hate about valet parking, too, unrelated to any kind of damage or abuse of the car, is just what can ha- it's just the weight of getting your car sometimes from a place where you valet. Now, this doesn't apply to the airport stuff because you can call ahead. But, but the worst part is when you're ready to leave and you have no idea when that's going to happen. I've had experiences with valet in the past where I've waited over 30 minutes to get my car, including times when they've forgotten my car. I'm supposedly waiting for it, and then I ask after 20 minutes, where is it? Oh, I'm sorry, we, we didn't realize we, we, we forgot about your ticket. And even supposed priority valet systems like the Seven Stars Valet and, and Caesars, it's BS. Waiting really is the hardest part, as Tom Petty says here. It really is. I'd much rather spend 15 minutes walking to my car than waiting 15 minutes for my car. Because when I'm walking to my car, I know where my car is. I know I'm making progress. I know when I'm two-thirds of the way there, I've got one-third of the way to walk. You know, I know I have five minutes left to walk. When you're waiting there, you don't know if, when it's going to show up. And you're like, you see a car coming around the bend, you go, oh, is it mine? Is it mine? Ah, oh, crap, it's not. Oh, wait, that one, that might be mine. That kind of looks like, ah, no, it's not mine. Oh, wait, what, what about that one? No, no, that's not it either. It's so frustrating. I hate it. I just don't like the whole thing. There's some people who love it. There's some people who, who feel like uh, this makes them important. There's, there's someone serving them. There's someone bringing their car to them, and they don't have to walk anywhere. Like you're some sort of celebrity or or a VIP. You just show up and hand them the ticket, and the commoners run and get your car for you and pull it up and say, here you are, sir, and we're going to open the door for you, and you get right in, and you're treated like a king. But it's, it's BS. Do it yourself. Handle it yourself. Too many potential problems. The weight, the damage, tampering with things, thefts, information being stolen and used against you in some way. Too many potential pitfalls. So... Needless to say, I don't think I'll be valet parking at the airport again. I think you're especially vulnerable to this type of thing over there because they know they have it for a long time. Whereas when you valet park somewhere that's a shorter visit, they don't know when you're coming back for it. But they know once you hop on that shuttle and you've been gone for some time, you're not... uh, They're pretty safe to do this. 
I don't know if this was done at the beginning. I don't know if this was done after my car had been there or sometime. I don't know. I don't think they're going to catch him because it, it could have happened any time during the week. Though, if I had to guess, it was probably at the beginning. Just because, like, someone would have to notice my car and consciously decide to do this in the middle somewhere. It just doesn't make much sense. So, that is that story. The valet parking story at the parking spot. Okay, so let, let's move on to a, a poker topic. This is a, a poker show, kind of. Frank Rizzo wants me to report, re- record the phone call with the manager. To be honest, I don't think it's going to be that interesting. I, I think it's uh, it's either going to be, sorry, we checked the tapes, we couldn't find any record of this, and you know we'll give you a free one next time, or we'll give you $50 off next time, or... Maybe even we'll refund your money, but without admitting fault. I, I don't think it's going to be that interesting. I, I think the only way it would be interesting is to think, yeah, yeah, we, we checked the tapes and we found a guy doing it and we went down the street and you know we saw him in your car. Like, like I don't think they're even going to tell me if they find this. I think if they find it, they're not going to tell me anything and then just offer a refund and just pretend they're being nice. <laughs> Lou Father agrees about the thing taking forever. With with uh, getting the car back, yeah, it's awful. Also, the tipping situation kind of bugs me because these guys actually make good money because they they just do a lot of cars in a given day, so it all adds up. And it, it's gotten to the point if you give like. You know, you give a dollar, you're looked at like like a cheapskate. You give two dollars, it's kind of like, eh, it's still kind of a cheapskate. So, like, and then you have other people giving five dollars and ten dollars. So, what what do you do? Do you give them like so like a really big tip that they don't deserve? And they don't deserve it. They're they're bringing a damn car to you. It's part of the job, and it's a. If everybody tipped ten dollars, this would be one of the highest paying jobs out there. <laughs> I'm serious. Like they they'd make a huge money at, uh, if they have ten dollars per car. So the truth is that for for what service they're providing, which is a very simple one, uh, I don't feel like these large tips are justified anyway. But I feel if you don't give some kind of tip, then then you look like you they, yeah you know, they look at you like you're an asshole. So I, I don't love that either. And again, it's not like I'm trying to stiff a low-wage worker. I mean, again, these guys make way more than a lot of skilled workers. They just make a lot more than what's really deserved for the job they're doing. Uh, I'd much rather tip someone who's barely making any money, who's working hard at their job, than someone uh, who has a pretty easy job and, and makes a lot of money from it and a job that requires no skill. So I, I don't love that either. But that's not why I don't do it. I just uh, I just don't like anyone touching my car. I don't even like letting them valet park rental cars because I, I'm responsible for those too. I don't care so much that they mess with those radios in there, but uh, I, I I don't want them damaging it in any way, so, so I'll be responsible for that damage. Okay, let's get off this topic here. It's a 
one thirty a.m. It's going to stress me out. Let me get to the uh, the schedule. Okay, so uh, let's talk about Joe McKeon, the 2015 World Series of Poker main event champion. Uh, not since Jamie Gold have I seen someone dominate the late stages of the World Series as much as he did. Now, Jamie Gold dominated for a longer time. He was like first in chips for a really long time, for days, and won. That was really his... Uh, one and only poker accomplishment, and he's now broke. But uh, nonetheless, the 2006 main event was very impressive for Jamie Gold, also the biggest field main event to date, 8,700 players. I, I believe still the second biggest field is the one where I finished 88th in 2010. But but we're getting off topic here. Joe McKeon won it in 2015. I, I thought he did a... Very good job dominating the table. He also ran very well, let's face it. But he also did a very good job using his chip lead, dominating the table, playing the big stack. He took the role and ran with it, came in as the overwhelming chip leader, acted like it, ran, continued running well in the November 9, after all those months off, and uh, and just went up from there. He was never in danger from uh, when he from the start of the final table to the end. He just kept going up, 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 up in chips. He never had a, a moment where he dipped down. Just uh, went up, and that was it. So I, yeah, I was impressed by that. Especially, there's a lot of pressure on you, a lot of pressure. And he was a young guy, 24 years old. Under all that pressure to just uh, dominate like that, I I thought that was uh, impressive. I thought that was something he should be proud of. Unfortunately, sometimes maturity at the poker table, and I'm not talking about the way he acted, though there wasn't really much wrong with the way he acted. I'm just saying that his his play was, was like mature poker play. But sometimes... Mature poker play does not equal maturity in life away from the poker table. And Joe McKeon has been demonstrating that repeatedly since he won the World Series main event. That he really is still a kid. I don't think he's necessarily a bad guy. I don't think he's someone that's uh, shady or uh, a person that should be avoided or really anyone that's a contemptible person or a bad human being, I just think he's immature and has a lot of growing up to do. Now, first of all, you have to understand that when you win the World Series of Poker main event, there is a lot of money still to be made in endorsements if you play your cards right, literally and figuratively. Now, it's not like 2005, 2006, even before that, like in 2003 with Moneymaker, where these guys were getting like a million dollars a year in tournament buy-ins and, and payments. Like you, you'd made big money back in those days for representing an online site, provided you didn't monumentally screw up your image like Jamie Gold did. Jamie Gold actually had negative value <laughs> because of uh, how he tried to stiff the guy that he had 
sold 50% of himself to. And try to stiff him out of the prize money. So that ate his reputation right there and deserved, deservedly so. But we're talking about Joe McKeon here, not Jamie Gold. Joe McKeon, unlike Jamie Gold, who's just shady, uh, Joe McKeon, as I said, is just immature. The first thing I found odd, this is before any of this recent stuff has been happening with Joe McKeon, the first thing I found odd with him is that he maintained his Twitter name as Dude904. Now, it's fine to be Dude904 if you're just a regular old poker player and uh, that's just the Twitter handle you chose and... Whatever, you're just dude 904. Okay, whatever. But once you win the World Series of Poker main event and you have opportunities to represent poker and make a lot of money doing it, you need to stop being dude 904 and start being Joe McKeon. That's when you change your Twitter name, either through Twitter or make a new account, from dude 904 to Joe McKeon. So if, if you want to look up Joe McKeon on Twitter, it's, it's easy. You don't have to figure out who, who he is on Twitter. If you look at his Twitter right now, twitter.com slash dude904, you don't see a picture of Joe McKeon. You would think it would be smart to show him maybe winning the main event, playing poker, something. No. The picture on dude904's account for Twitter is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. That's who it is. Sonic the Hedgehog is the picture on Joe McKeon's account. The name associated with the account is not Joe McKeon. The name is Shane Gostis to be here. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Shane Gostis to be here. It sounds like it would be almost like my Dan Druff name, like a, a name that seems like a name but then actually says a word or a phrase. Shane Gostis to be here? I, I don't know. Something about got to be here? I don't know. Shane Gostis to be here. So if you look at this Twitter account, you have no idea who this is. <laughs> And the description is, I like Hearthstone a lot. I pretend to be interesting sometimes. Now, he joined September 09. So, okay, fine. Uh, seven years ago, six and a half years ago when he joined, uh, he, he was a nobody. He was like an 18-year-old kid. He was not the main event champ. It was fine to be dude 904 with a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog. But once you've won the main event, it's time to grow up and be yourself and stop being Sonic the Hedgehog and stop being Dude 904 and stop being Shane Goddess to be here. The whole thing just looks really juvenile. And I think it's really just pissing away endorsement opportunities and money. Now you may say, okay, well maybe this guy doesn't give a crap. Maybe he thinks, okay, I won so much in the main event. <clears throat> I, I don't need this thinking endorsement money. F it. I'm, I'm going to be my, my quirky eccentric self. And I, I don't need to clean up my Twitter image just to get jobs. F it. I don't want that stuff. And that's fine. If that's the truth, I can respect that. I think it's dumb, but I can respect it. But that's not where it stops. And that's why until now I haven't mentioned all this. Because up until now, I I, I saw signs of his immaturity, but I, 
I didn't see it enough to where it was worthy commenting on, except when he had that little dust up with uh, Mike Dentali. If you remember, I mentioned on this show where he was calling out Mike Dentali, claiming he was a cheater and he was banned from poker rooms from cheating. And Mike Dentali got really mad and said that wasn't true and, and threatened to beat him up and threatened to drown him in the Bellagio fountains. And I actually thought at the time, though now I'm really reassessing it, that Joe McKeon was probably in the right. And Mike Dentali, I, I've never played with him before, but he kind of looked like this uh, yeah, big steroid-looking uh, meathead type who likes bullying people and even in their exchange was was threatening physical harm so i'm thinking it's uh joe mckeon standing up to the the poker bully and and i thought maybe he was right about uh dentali being thrown out for cheating but who knows for, from what i've seen out of joe mckeon Recently, I, I'm i wondering now if maybe Dentali was the one who was right or partially right. I, I'm wondering if I maybe misjudged Dentali in this situation. Or it could be that both guys are in the wrong in some way. That's probably the most likely scenario. But here's what's going on recently with him. He's just completely out of touch. He just This is someone who really has to grow up. This is what he's been tweeting. This was on uh, March 29th, so five days ago. He said, The fact the media has any say or impact on the players and how the tournament is run, referring to the World Series, is a fucking joke. They have nothing to do with how the tournament is played. They just report it. And 90% of them clearly don't even try. But the players have been getting shit on because of media ever since I started playing live poker. So I guess it's not a surprise. So what's he complaining about? What is what is Joe McKeon so pissed off about regarding the poker media and shitting on the players? What is he blaming them for? What is bothering him? Joe McKeon thinks it's the media's fault that the World Series of Poker events this year are starting at 11 a.m. instead of 12 p.m. Seriously. That's his complaint. The World Series of Poker starting at 11 a.m. instead of 12 p.m. It's the media's fault somehow. And they should all be ashamed. 90% of the media is at fault for the World Series starting an hour earlier this year. Now keep in mind, 11 a.m. is still not very early. I know a lot of you who listen to this show work a regular job. I bet that a lot of you have to be at work at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., maybe even 7 a.m. A lot of you would love the luxury of starting work at 11 a.m. But this doesn't even work. These are tournaments that you decide to play. These are tournaments that take place in a series that occurs once per year. You're not going in five days a week the whole year at 11 a.m. So somehow, he thinks that starting at 11 a.m. is terrible for all poker players. And that it's the media's fault somehow that the tournament is starting at 11 a.m. this year. No idea. No idea where he's getting that. 
But he went on a, a long rant about this and fought with various people. And, of course, people were arguing back with him, with his ridiculousness, including people in poker media such as Matthew Parvis at Poker News. And he either fought with them or would uh, basically say, well, you're not the problem, it's the other 90%. (laughs) So so, uh, if they back him into a corner saying, what the hell, how's this my fault? He'd go, well, uh, okay, you're you're part of the good 10%. (laughs) Like, like, seriously, this is happening. Go go to twitter.com slash dude904. Click on uh, to, to look at his tweets with replies, and you'll see all this crap if you scroll back to March 29th. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I don't even know where he's getting it. Like, this is really out of left field. And I understand preferring the 12 p.m. start time to the 11 a.m. I, I do, too. I'm a night person myself. I, I'm doing this damn show that's just started at 11.30 p.m. on a Sunday night, so you know I'm not a day person. You see probably a lot of my posts on Poker Fraud Alert occur in the middle of the night, so believe me. I'm happier when things start late, too. One of the things I really enjoyed about quitting work was not having to be there at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. So I get that. But at the same time, I'm not thinking this is an outrage. I understand why they moved it. I understand that they moved it to 11 a.m. so they would have more time to squeeze in more events. And also the events don't end as late in the middle of the night. I understand that they're also trying to appeal to people who are not professional poker players, who are work, who are used to working on an earlier schedule, recreational players who prefer to start at 11 and end an hour earlier than start at 12 and end at uh, you know, 2 in the morning. I understand all that. Now, if they moved to 7 a.m. or something, I, I'd be pretty loudly bitching about this, too. That would be very inconvenient, and I think a lot of people would hate that. But 11 versus 12? I'd prefer 12, but it's, that's not a terrible thing to be at 11. I think 11 is still fine. But even if you want to say the 11 a.m. is a big mistake and terrible, which I don't think it is, but even if you want to say that, how is it the media's fault? I, I don't even get this. How, how is it possibly the media's fault? He doesn't give any kind of evidence that the media had anything to do with this. He just says it is. And I've never heard of the poker media having any input into when the events start. The only media outlet that influences the World Series schedule is ESPN. And I can't imagine that they care about it because they tape their events. They, they don't broadcast many anymore anyway. They, it's mainly the main event now. In fact, I think it's just the main event now. Maybe the one drop also. I, I don't really pay attention, but... Uh, they they don't show any of this live, so they they don't care whether these preliminary events start at 8, 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. They, that that matters none to them. So th- this is crazy. I don't know where he's even getting it. Is the podcast still running? No, no, it's just you and me now. Oh uh, no, no, so it, no, it is, it is. Well, let me ask you this one: uh, in the last three weeks since we've been on the hiatus. What frauds have been perpetrated that well, you get maybe caught up on? Well, I'm talking about right now the, the Joe McKeon tweets thing about this, the media's fault that the poker the, that the World Series of Poker starting at 11 a.m. instead of 12. Who's Joe McKeon? The guy the guy who won the World Series main event. The guy, the manager of 
the the Cubs. Okay, sure. Joe McKeon. Yeah, that twenty-four-year-old kid who won the two thousand. Oh, he's kind of a little chubby, maybe. Yeah, he's got a beard, and uh, he's oh, yeah. twenty-four he years was old. Wearing like jerseys or something. That, yeah. 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 So, so he's been he's been complaining in the past week that it's the poker media's fault that they've moved the start time to eleven a.m. And he's he's like just without any evidence of this, he's just going off on the poker media about this. Like, a, like he says media like uh, like anyone. Not not like he's Adam not talking Schwartz. Yeah, like any it's anyone who's quote poker media. It's their fault. Okay, I don't really like the 11 a.m. I got to be honest. No, with you. I don't. I was saying that too. I don't love the 11 a.m. either, but it's still reasonable. It's not like they moved it to seven. Yeah, but it's. I, mean, I got to be honest. It's kind of a struggle for me just to get there at noon, and you know, just the whole eating thing, and just I, the, the I eating thing doesn't bother me. The, the, to me, well, you I don't see, eat. You well, don't eat when you wake up. Well, I know, but but see, the thing is, for the recreational players, I understand they don't want to force them onto a late schedule they're not used to. So. So this is kind of a compromise where they're not moving it like super early. They're just going one hour earlier. I, I can deal with one hour earlier. Like it's so not. So why does Joe Keaton say that it's the media's fault? He's not explaining it. He just he's just going off on the media and and uh, just saying it's their fault. They did it. It's their fault. You know, if somebody put a gun to my head and they said to me, not even five, they said I'm gonna pull this trigger if you don't name the last three main event winners, not even in order. You know what? I honestly couldn't tell them. <laughs> I'm being honest, I couldn't. I mean, could you? Could you tell me the 2015, 14, 13, who won all the contests? I mean, obviously, he's got a name, too. We already got Keaton. Who are the other two? Um, the, the, don't, the funny, look, don't Google it. No, the, the funny thing, I remember oh, – crap, I don't remember his name. I, I can picture him. The, the, the kid who won is like 21 years old. What the hell is his name now? Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> remember back in the day, you'd be like, it was Hatchem, then it was Reamer. Then like, remember when a main event person stood for something? Jamie Gold, I think, ruined that for everybody. He was like the start of just meaningless people. You know what I mean? Well, at least he was memorable. Not in a good way, but he's memorable, you know? Yeah. What is he? Is he still on a boat? Uh, no, that, that, that ended a long time ago. That's, the X Factor saying in chat, Joe McKeon's a fucking asshole. I'm just, the guy's just like really immature. It's like, a, it's like a kid that never grew up and, and he's kind of displaying it on Twitter. It, if I was saying if I won the main event, like I, I would, I'd try to put on as as clean and, and as uh, normal of an image as possible to get sponsorships because it's it's still pretty lucrative at this point to win the main event unless you really screw it up. You're not going to get the million dollar a year like you used to back in the day, but you you still have a lot that can be coming to you. Uh, I wouldn't sell out or anything and, and do anything I didn't believe in, but I. This this guy's Twitter is, is dude nine oh four. He has a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog. It just looks like an immature kid. It doesn't. Look well, like let me a... ask you this: If you had to order a pizza and it had to be from one of the big companies, like not like a mom and dad or not like something that's only privy to California. I mean, like Domino's, Little Caesars, Papa John's, etc. Which one would you? What do you like the most? You know, I haven't had it in a while because there just isn't one close enough to me, but. Uh... But you have to order from one of the no, big No, no, that's what I'm going to say. The, the, of, the one, of those big chain ones, mm-hmm. even though I haven't had it in a while, is Papa John's was, was my favorite. So say you win the main event, and they offer you a million dollars to say to do a commercial, and you say Dan, Dan Druff would tell us main event, World Series champion, and the only pizza I eat is Little Caesars, and then you have to do the little pizza pizza. 
and they give you a million dollars, but you're selling out because it's not your favorite pizza. In fact, you don't even like hypothetically Little Caesars. But would you do it? Sure. Of course. That, yeah, I would you know, too. That's different. It's not, I would too. I, I wouldn't do this. Like I wouldn't direct people to a scam site or, or something that I think is bad. But but endorsing right. a, a product where it's subjective, what's the best? Uh, sure. But, or a product? Would you endorse a product not that hurts anyone, but that you don't actually care for? Like, would you do an Old Spice commercial? If, yes. If you hate Old Spice. But you're right yes, because or, because okay. it's subjective. Because it's not it's not in right. directing someone bad. If they, they can, it's subjective. They can try it. If they don't like it, now, then when you were a young dandruff, uh, we'll say fourteen, thirteen, and you had a good day, and you're sitting on the BBS, the bulletin board systems, and Mama Druff said, "You know what? We're going to order a pizza." What would have been your favorite when you were growing up? I liked Little Caesars back then. No, I never liked Little Caesars. Well, but I, okay, but what would you have said? And I would have gone Domino's second. Oh, as far as the chain places, yeah, I, I probably would have had Domino's back in those days, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. Now, the one place that you got pizza from that wouldn't honor the coupon, are you good with them now? Do you still go there or are you done? Yeah, with yeah, that? no, I still go there. No, they, 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 you know, they, they, they argued with me, but they eventually backed down, and then I, I haven't had an issue since. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. No, the truth. Well, is, I was actually bluffing on that one. I was actually going to come back because that's it's just like so far and away better than anything else in the area. I, I didn't want to give it up. So like, it was annoying what they did and stupid. But like, I, 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 I was bluffing. I was actually going to come back. Now I'm looking at the agenda, and you know I've been, I just chowed down some uh, pasta, a little bit of shrimp, got some carbs. I'm good to go. What have I missed? What have we talked about so far? Just so I don't. Uh... Well, as usual, we haven't gotten very far. Oh no! <laughs> I want to be off by four a.m. because I really, you know, Sunday's my one day to watch TV. I'm not a big TV guy, Druff, but two of my favorite shows were on tonight. Uh, there's been some talk about this in the the Flying Stupidity, to show on Showtime called Billions, starring Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti. Uh, Druff, have you had a chance to check this one out yet? I don't have Showtime. I'm sure you could find some stream or something. I could. I just don't feel like putting the effort to yeah, do it. Right. And then the other show is Shameless, but see, that's also on Showtime. So I'm going to assume you've never seen that as well. I have not. Okay. Well, let's make it easier then. What have we covered? Well, okay. Uh, I covered the the personal topics about me. Like I, about the 18th radio show. Yeah, 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 told. yeah, yeah. And, and, and talk about the South. Yeah, I talked about the South and the, and the parking valet thing. And, and I talked, just talked about uh, Joe McKeon. So... Well, we're going to get to that, Mark Gagoric. That's, that's, about, that's about to get to that, yeah. Okay, very good. So, so I'm Mar- very familiar with this. You're guy. very familiar. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, so yes. so Mark Gagoric, we talked about this uh, in, in the January show. I, were you here for that or not? I've been here, Druff, believe it or not, since November now. No, 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 no. I, you missed a few shows. Were you on this particular no, show? No, I haven't missed any shows. Look at the, uh, the what that, do you call it? I, I don't. I've called in late. I've been maybe on a bit, but I've not. You have not missed that. You've missed zero since November? Yep. That's hard to believe. Yep. Well, that's only December, January, February, March, four months. Listen, I've made a steadfast commitment. And I think I've – I mean, look, it's 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. I could be watching, you know, the sitcoms on – I mean, I have the showtime. Uh, but I've made a commitment to you. I made a commitment to the – where is Northern California guy? I, I don't know. Where is Daredevil? Daredevil somewhere. I know. Even, even, tra- even Trader Ruski's missing. And, yeah. uh, no, I know. You could you could I'm be turning on uh, Nick at Night and be watching uh, reruns of Good Times right now. Yeah. <laughs> like that's probably the laugh track from Good Times. So, uh, so anyway, Mark Giorgantis, uh, th- this is an interesting story just because it shows how gullible and people are. And not to be confused with Mark Gregorius. G- yeah, Mark uh, Gregorich, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not, just saying. This is not Mark Gregorich, who by all accounts is a good guy. 
this is uh, Mark Giorgantis. And uh, he... If you go to the Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum on Poker Fraud Alert, there's a thread called Phony Casino Game Expert Under Indictment But Still in Hiding. This is a thread I made on January 18th. This guy's in his 50s. He's a career scammer. And uh, he, he, the thing he's recently wanted for is running a scam involving being a gambling expert where he says he can beat Baccarat, Blackjack, Craps, and Roulette. And not only can he beat them, he wins every single session. <laughs> now, you know, I read that article, and it's just amazing this day and age that you know you're going to talk about it. But I just want to get my thought out there now. One of his victims sold a, a home in Las Vegas for three hundred thousand dollars, and turned handed him that money. Yeah, like literally. He wanted to do something with the money to invest it. So a guy that tells him he can win in the casinos, he handed over the whole damn sales to, to, to check from the house. Yeah, yeah. And so he, like, so that's he, insane. Yeah, and how, how can anyone be convinced that if this guy really wins every single time that, that he needs any kind of money investing? Why not? You, you could start with $5 and run it up huge this way. If you really were never going to lose, you, you could start with, with the smallest sum of money and quickly run it up to something gigantic. So so how, how he can claim he needs the money in the first place, I don't even understand how he's convincing them of that. Forget that these guys are gullible, which they obviously are, but how has he convinced them of that? That's, that's pretty amazing. But he, he doesn't just do that. He actually goes farther than that. Uh, for example, he claimed that he could earn $400 million by starring in a reality TV show and movie about his life. <laughs> And uh, the company managing that, he had all these little companies that he, he made up to, uh, to to handle all these claims of, of uh, the big money that was going to roll in. The one managing the reality TV and movie is was called Monster Intellectual Holdings LLC. And for a scant $50,000, you could get in on the ground floor of that uh, $400 million opportunity. Uh, he also uh, claimed that... Uh, that he was going to sell uh, books and, and other training information on how to win huge in the casinos, and that was going to make many millions of dollars. So, so people bought into this. Uh, among others, Evan Rodich gave fifty-five thousand to Giorgantis. Uh, this was for the uh, Monster uh, Intellectual Holdings LLC. This reality TV show crap. Yeah, he claimed his gaming products, the, the Monster Gaming Products LLC, would earn – how much? How many do you think it was going to earn for uh, selling his gaming advice? Annually or per quarter? Uh, just on an investment of like, – I, I just he didn't give annually. He just, on a $250,000 inv- investment, how much is that going to earn? I mean I'm just going to guess. I don't know. I'll say a million dollars. One million dollars. Way off. Way, way off. Four billion dollars. Oh, come on. Come <laughs> that's, on. That's what he said. He said Can four billion. Can you do bi- me a favor? Can you get the Law & Order soundtrack sheet for me? <laughs> you're right. We, so I, we're going to need some of that. You're right. I was, uh, I was I, neglecting I that for some reason. Yeah, please. Four million. Four billion. 
I'm sorry, four billion. Come on. Yeah, that's how you got people to. It's going to make you one of the top ten richest Americans. Yeah, by selling gaming advice, that somehow, somehow it's going to be so effective that the casinos will, will they just won't change it. They'll just. Uh, well, listen, I feel like you and I would both be doing a disservice for our listeners. Maybe we have some seventeen or sixteen year old listening right now on their laptop and. Des Moines, Iowa, thinking, I just got to get out to Vegas. We got to tell them, Druff, anyone that tells you that you can beat the casino every time, or even nine out of ten times, they're lying to you, Druff. It just doesn't happen. No, the only only time you'll have edges, there'll be like small edges that you got to exploit over time. You're never going to have some gigantic edge, or to use this guy's word, a monster edge, and you're definitely not going to win any more close. An example of the Baccarat is when Phil Ivey knew which cards were coming when, that gave him an edge. Yeah. Now, it also led to multiple lawsuits in two different countries, <laughs> and they didn't pay him, but that's an edge. Yes. He knew in there, and he knew when the monkeys were coming, and when the seven, eights, and nines were coming, and he beat them for millions of dollars. Yeah, so... Now, that's something maybe you want to invest in, because he had an edge. Yeah, so, so and that's the other thing. He didn't explain exactly what he was doing. He just said, I, I can beat them. I've got a system. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, so, so this is back from we, – we already covered this in January. The reason we're talking about this now is that he was on the run. He, he ran off. What happened was that uh, uh, the, the people – so I told you this. Evan Rodich gave uh, 55000 to him. Uh, a guy named uh, Marcella Caraveo gave 300000 He may have been the one who sold his house. I'm not sure if that was the one who sold his house. But he gave 300000 to Mark Gergantz. What was his name? Marcello Caraveo. Yeah, that I, was a guy. Yeah, yeah. So, 300K. so he gave 300k to to Mark Giorgantis, who's been uh, convicted, by the way, before of other scams and then credit card theft and all kinds of crap like that. Uh, he was even called out on a forum, some kind of a craps forum, back in 2013, and, and made this ridiculous post in response or series of posts in uh, in all caps. But he claimed that his parents were sick. When they when these guys were asking like where's our money I thought you were gonna like guaranteed make guaranteed money where's all the money and he said oh well, hold on uh, my parents are really sick I've I've got to go back and uh, check on them and then he disappeared now it, it turned out his parents really were sick and and his parents both died like one after the other pretty shortly but uh, that was also just an excuse to run away from the whole thing because he had obviously taken the money and just stolen it and probably blew it all. That kind of reminds me of another scammer I mentioned earlier, Peter DC. Do you remember that story when he walked into a bank dressed up in makeup as an old man posing as his father? Oh, yeah. To, to, <laughs> to, re- to get money from his dad's house? Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, okay. I'm sorry. I yeah, so uh, so the, the fear about Giorgantis was that uh, – he obviously knew the jig was up, and he fled Las Vegas and probably fled Nevada and uh, was hiding out somewhere in another state where he's going to be, number one, hard to find, and number two, and if they do find him, it's a, it's a different state. It's a lot bigger of a deal to extradite him. It's, it, uh, contrary to what a lot of people think, it, it's not that easy to extradite someone from one state to another unless the crime is really major. So if you murder someone, yeah, you're going to get extradited for sure. If, if it's a- I mean, we couldn't even get El Chapo last time. <laughs> oh, the Mexicans said, no, no. It would be an embarrassment to our country if we turn them over and we don't hold them here. What happened right under their nose? A, a tunnel with air conditioning, <laughs> yeah, lighting. Was- I mean, they might as well have had a couch and a TV for them to take a break on the way escaping. So, I mean, unbelievable. Now, now I mean, I, I would just... 
what would you even say the odds of the El Chapo escaping? I mean, it, there's no way, is there? I mean, could it even I, happen? I, who knows? It could. Be. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it did. But uh, you know, uh, speaking of extradition, I know we're getting a little off topic, but this yeah, is. I, I want to bash Canada a little bit here, since we have some Canadian listeners, and so I know, hockey guy always says "fuck you, Druff, So this is for him. Uh, in, in 1985, there were these two psychos. Uh, one was named uh, Charles Eng, and uh, the the other one was uh, a guy named what was it? Uh, Leonard Lake. They were serial killers. They raped, tortured, and murdered between 11 and 25 people. In the uh, Sierra Nevada foothills, about 150 miles east of San Francisco in California, they did this in 1985. Uh, they would lure people up there, claiming it was just like a cabin to get away, and to, you know, they'd befriend people, bring them up to the cabin, and then uh, tie them up at gunpoint, and then torture them, uh, rape them. And these are men and women. They 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 didn't d- discriminate there. It's not even clear how many people were killed because they found bodies there, and they were they're cut up, and they, they they weren't sure if some of the people who were missing since they. They could never connect all the murders to them, so they're not even sure. But it was somewhere between 11 and 25 people were killed. This is between actually 83 and 85. Uh, eventually, uh, they were eventually they got caught for this. And uh, when Leonard Lake was arrested, he had a cyanide pill with him. Cyanide was very big in the mid 80s for some reason. I, I don't know why it's, it's kind of falling yeah. out of favor, but uh, he, he took a cyanide pill that he had. Those with things him. kind of get trendy. Yeah, ten more years. So, so he took a cyanide pill. Knowing that if he ever got caught, he didn't want to go to jail. He just wanted to kill himself. So he did, and uh, you know, the the police didn't see him doing it, and he, he successfully got it down and killed himself. So that was the end of Leonard Lake. It's kind of like that. Uh, what's that? Is it ricin? What's that one uh, chemical weapon they're mailing in envelopes to people? Oh, the anthrax. And anthrax. That, that that's another one. It cut, get, it's kind of popular. You hear all these congressmen <laughs> and company heads are getting yeah, mailed true. anthrax. It, then it kind of falls out of favor. Yeah, anthrax kind of it had its moment about fifteen years ago. It, it did. Yeah. So well, so anyway, Charles Eng though he escaped. And he got to Canada. Well, uh, in Canada, he wasn't exactly a good citizen. He was. Uh, he, he started committing robberies. So they, they got him. They uh, learned of his being wanted in the U.S. for the murders, these very brutal murders. And there was no question he committed them. In fact, they had videotapes that these guys made of uh, torturing people and killing them. So they had the goods. There was there was a zero percent chance the guy was innocent. They had him on tape killing people and torturing them. So so Canada would not extradite him back to California. Guess what the reason why? I don't know. Because Canada because of the death penalty. Right. Canada did not believe in the death penalty yeah. and said that since California it does have the death penalty, they don't want this fine. Citizen Charles Ng, who tortured and murdered between uh, 11 and 25 people, and they have him on tape doing it. They don't want this fine guy getting the death penalty in California. That's so cruel. They're not going to send him back. And there was a long standoff between California and Canada over this. And you know they kept him in prison up there, but they didn't send him back. So finally, 14 years later, somehow Canada finally uh, came to their senses. Or 13 years later, they sent him back in 98. Now, why do they call them the Royal... Canadian Mounted Police. When they say mounted, what are they? Are they all on horses? Uh, I always wondered that. Why I think is it it's the like, Mounted Police? Well, I think it's a, it's an old name from the old days. Yeah, I'm not okay. exactly sure. But yeah, so they... 14 years. 
So, so anyway, he's on, he's on. They haven't put him to death yet. California has the problem where they they send people to death, but then they don't actually put them to death. So, so he's still alive. This guy, even though he was sentenced to death, he was convicted and sentenced. But uh, it's unbelievable that the Canada did not want to send him back, even though these crimes occurred on California soil. They wouldn't respect the laws of California. It's not even like they thought he's going to be wrongfully convicted. They knew that California had him on tape doing it. There was no doubt he was guilty. So now, let me ask you something: with these death penalties, and we all know. You know, Texas has led the nation. I mean, you know, maybe that's why it's the whole don't mess with Texas. But what the hell is going on that it's taken 10, 15 years from one appeal to the next? Like what goes on during that? I've never quite understood. Like when they say the the court system is so jam-packed, like I don't – like no one has a time. It takes 10, 15 years right, there, before the paper's on someone's desk. There's, there's so many it. ways for them for them to stall this and, and they uh, – there's such, such a paranoia – and it's understandable that that you have to be concerned about putting an innocent person to death, but there also has to be a point where, if you're going to have the death penalty, you, you've got to execute it. You've got to make you've got to you have to give them a chance to appeal, and you've got to uh, make sure it's it's uh, that everything's been done right. But but you can't leave them on death row for thirty years. It's it's, it's outrageous, and especially I, I've always felt that there needs to be a reform. The death penalty needs is they need to make it to where. They it has a higher requirement of guilt than just being put in prison. So so instead of being convicted, well now it's most states they call it special circumstances. Well no special circumstances is that different. make you but, eligible. For yeah the death yeah, but penalty. that's that's like it has to do with the type of crime it is, not how guilty you are. So like in this case, they have the guy on tape. How to, guilty? You well, are. I'll tell you how. But, you can't have the different degrees. No, of how guilt. how certain the how certain the guilt is because this is going to affect your favorabilities at the Orleans. Okay, okay but this is that this it it might, but it, this <laughs> you're you're. The certainty of your guilt, like this guy Charles Eng, they had him on tape. He taped his his own crimes of himself doing it. Well, so, but a jury convicts you. I don't understand what kind of more certainty do you want? Because okay, I'll give you an example. Scott Peterson, who who uh, okay, that's a great example. Mur- I followed that case. Right, right who murdered his wife? Uh, Lacey uh, was hot. Yeah, who murdered his wife and his pregnant wife and, and and dumped her in the ocean and then he was found and all that. The, the family was found. Uh, driving towards San Diego with a fake mustache, dyed hair, fifteen thousand dollars, and a bunch of cell phones. Right, right. So, so, yeah. So, so, and, and he was also having an affair at the time, and, and didn't Amber show any, yeah, did any, no kind of real remorse, and it was clear he wanted out of the marriage. So, so, look, I, I do I believe he did it? Yes. Do do I think he's been wrongly imprisoned? No. Do, would I be very surprised if it turned out he was he was innocent and, and wrongfully convicted of this? Yes, I'd be surprised, but. This that's the type of case where I could understand where you don't give the death penalty because there's no there's no physical evidence against him here. It was all circumstantial. It was strong circumstantial, but it was all circumstantial. They I had mean, nothing he was spotted with the, the during the time frame on the ocean with the boat. But, mean, there, there was... but, there, but that's what I'm saying is that occasionally there can be a case. I don't think his is one of them, but occasionally there can be a case where everything just happens to line up well, but there's no physical evidence. But I think for a death penalty, if they made it to where there is if you if you change it from beyond a reasonable doubt to no doubt that someone's only what eligible con- for the death penalty con- if there's if there's no doubt no doubt what I constitutes mean, no say, doubt is, is even is, if you say we have dna evidence well dna evidence could be screwed up it could be rigged they could be dirty cops it could be handled incorrectly i don't i don't think well, that, I mean, but that, I, the I thing understand is, for argumentative purposes what you're saying, but I don't think that could ever be. Impl- well, of course it could be. Just, just like reasonable doubt is is, is uh, th- that's subjective. But there, there there should be a higher level where you say to the jury, if you think there's any doubt 
the don't vote for the death penalty, if you think that there's zero doubt and everybody agrees in the death penalty, like like this guy I just talked about, this Charles Eng, there's zero – no one would ever say there's doubt he did it. He's on tape doing it. So so there he gets it. There's other ones where, where it's 100 percent sure, not just – Okay, well, then you're taking cases like – for instance, the guy that – I don't think Colorado has a death penalty, but the guy that shot up the theater during Batman, all those witnesses, okay? The crazy guy, black guy in the early 90s or mid-90s in New York that killed 27 people on the subway. Do you remember that surreal case? Yeah, or, or, or have – he was his own lawyer and he was actually cross-examining the same people he shot. Do you yeah. remember this nut? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's also this, this person, uh, the guy who was uh, uh, the, snipe, the DC sniper who was shooting people from, from his car. Uh, through, through the trunk, like uh, with all these people, they had smoking gun evidence that that there was no way out of it for them, and it was a hundred percent they did it. So, uh, or Timothy McVeigh of the of the Oklahoma City bombing, all those but people. Not, but that but that doesn't fit your example. There wasn't any camera. There wasn't any. I mean, I'm just saying, like you're talking about Scott Peterson. Would I? Would Would you have a? No, you don't ever... necessarily need a camera. Something that directly ties them to it. Not not just like with Scott Peterson. There's a lot of circumstantial things where where okay, if he didn't do it, why was he out in that in that uh, marina that day? She disappeared. Why why was he cleaning his boat so, or his without, car after without that? Without video or maybe DNA, what other kind of evidence would you consider concrete? Oh, there there, there there's ballistic evidence. There's uh. But all that can always be tampered with. You don't uh, there, know. There's, there's, no, that's what I'm saying. You have, you have to judge it. Is, is there any doubt here? Like the, like, like the, uh, for example, the DC sniper. There were so many. There was no video of him doing it, but there were so many pieces of physical evidence they had here tying him to it, and they admitted to it too. Well, you know what? I will say this: in its current form, I am, and I've recently changed my views on this. Meaning, in the last couple of years, I'm actually against the death penalty. In its current form, the way it is now, um, you know, I'm more inclined at, at this stage in my life to think that people, you know, we should create for the worst of the worst a ton of supermax prisons like they have in uh, whatever that city is outside of Denver, Colorado, where it's basically like you're living in hell. And I get the argument that you know the taxpayers are paying for this, you know, but they're paying for. I mean, look at like you said, California. There are people that have been on there since the eighties. Well, the 70s. No, it's, it's not, that's not. That's never been my argument about the taxpayers because the truth is, it's a drop in the bucket compared to the overall uh, budget of the state, even you know, the, the state justice, criminal justice system. Right. And 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 also the reason it's so expensive is because of of the, the anti death penalty penalty people who are putting in excessive appeals uh, appeal requirements. So so when, so so that, I, my problem is that is not the the cost. They're always going to have a cost. If you want to say if you want to save the most money, you just have no criminal justice system. You'll save a lot of money. You also have a ton of crime. And, uh, you no, should play the Law and Order soundbite. But well, when I was younger, the way I thought of it was that the death penalty was installed to be a deterrent to somebody saying, "Well, you know what? I'm not going to go." You know, rob this bank and shoot people or do this because I don't want to die. But it's clear. I mean, I think even you and, and our our views on certain things, you know, clearly are opposite, as, as our listeners know. But I think even you would acknowledge that that argument, uh, in terms of the death penalty being a deterrent, hasn't worked. Well, no. Let me tell you how it has worked. It's, it's a way it has worked that people don't talk about much. There was a guy who was just convicted. And this is a very common situation, by the way. A guy who was just convicted. Of uh, of murdering, there, there was this college student who was murdered in Virginia, and it turned out that she was murdered by by this guy who had uh, killed another girl a few years ago. That they didn't realize was was done by him too until they you know, they looked into this case. His name was Jesse Matthew. You can look him up. 
But uh, he was just convicted of murdering this uh, this college girl. The reason he was convicted was that he pled guilty and accepted life in prison. So there was the, there was now he probably would have been convicted anyway. But there was no gambling with it. There's no chance anyone had to take. He did a plea bargain where he accepted life in prison with no possibility of parole. Why did he do that? Because he did that in exchange for them taking the death penalty off the table. That's very common. And so, right. So did Thank the, so did the Unabomber, not Phil Locke, but the real Unabomber. He did the same thing. So have many, many other... Saves money. It saves a victim. No, forget the, saves. It, 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 can, it guarantees, it, testimony it, it, it guarantees and, conviction. It guarantees right. a conviction. It, now, who's ever going to take a plea bargain of life in prison without parole if that's the worst they can get? Never. No one's going to do that. It's going to be gone. Then they're going to have people rolling the dice. Their lawyers are going to try to attack every bit of evidence well, to get things thrown thing out. The first thing I think that, that is just an insane joke, and I can't even imagine how people outside of our country view it, that I think I've always thought the death penalty should be handled on a federal and not state level. I think it's ridiculous and hypocritical that you can kill somebody in one state and, and you have no chance of it being put to death, but you do it in another state, you know, you do it bordering, you do it in Oklahoma, you're fine, you do a bordering state in Texas, you're on the on death row, I mean, and then within five years, I mean, Texas is still pretty fast, I mean, I think, you know, relatively speaking in, in you know, killing people. Yeah, they are, they are fast. But, I, I mean, I, don't you think it's silly? Well, if you kill in Alabama, or kill in, I mean... It, well, here's here's the problem. On a federal level. Well, here's the problem. If if uh, it, the problem is these are still if if you burden the the federal courts, it, it changes everything. If you turn if you take what's a uh, a crime that a, that's a, a a local crime, which which all these uh, these are usually are, and, and turn it into a federal case, it, it I'm starts. I'm not saying make it a federal case. I'm just saying that the the well, if there's a federal standard, should be applied. I know what you're saying, but, and there yeah. was a federal standard, and the federal standard in, in the mid-'70s was to outlaw the death penalty entirely. I mean, do you realize there's still states – this is how ridiculous this has become. There's still states that people were sentenced to death row when the gas chamber was still being used, and they still have that right. They're uh, like grandfathered in to use that as a choice versus – Lethal injection. Yeah, well, like that's insane to me. Well, the, the problem, the problem, it's a state's rights issue that that. that and the lot, electric chair, like that, should never have even been. Well, like just think about that. I know, but oh, the whole okay, the whole thing is, is the whole thing is it is. But there's a there's a state's rights issue here in that it really is a this country so, really is a combination of, of fifty different governments plus DC and the territories that that are that are kind of all loosely bound together uh, under an umbrella but but they are 50 different little governments and that uh, and, and to tell them that uh, to to start taking control of their criminal justice system either saying you're going to have the death penalty we we don't care if you like it or not now there was there's some weird ones where like if there's someone transported across state lines and killed then it becomes a federal case and then the federal government can take over now, in fact let me ask you this i, I don't recall what state this was, but I, I, it could be multiple, and I do remember reading it recently. But in, in at least one state in our country right now, they have a log jam. In this state, I believe only has one form of capital punishment it's lethal injection. But right now, the biggest problem, and I'm not making this up, the biggest problem they're having and why uh, executions have been on, been basically grinded to a halt is because drug companies that make the drugs that they need to inject people won't sell it to them 
because of what it's being used for. Now, do you know that this is true? What I'm telling you, I haven't heard. About, I heard about some problems in Illinois related to this, but I, mean, I, I don't know which state it was. But they cannot get the they can't ascertain the chemicals, so they can't kill people that are w- waiting to be killed. Yeah, so I, haven't, I haven't heard about that one. But what what I'll I'll, I'll say here is that. They wait. So, are you? Are you? I mean, I've never asked you straight up. I think I know the answer, but I will ask. So, are you pro uh, towards the death penalty? I, or I, I, I'm very pro, but but I but I think there should be some reform, and there actually should be made. So one, they need to make it a lot faster with, with a lot fewer appeals, but they need to raise the standard for for, for certainty of guilt. Is, is but I think it should definitely stay. And for criminals that are definitely 100 percent guilty. For not just you think they're guilty for circumstantial evidence, but definitely 100% guilty, no doubt, no doubt possible uh, from everything that's, that's been gathered. Uh, it, it should exist, and people are really overlooking the benefit on how many life without parole sentences we are getting because that's used as a plea bargain tool. You take that out, it's a problem. And by the way, if you give control to the left who wants to remove the death penalty, I'll show you how far it goes. In the 1970s, first they killed the death penalty entirely. They, it was taken out for, for federal. The federal government passed a law in the mid '70s to make the death penalty illegal in all 50 states, and it was for a while. But after that, they followed up with more laws. Like in California, they actually passed a law. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But in the late '70s, there was a law in California that life without the possibility of parole was no longer allowed because it was considered cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> Seriously, this happened, and I know this very well because a guy who I'm friends with, his grandparents were brutally murdered by a former employee of their store who was pissed at them for for firing him because he was rude to customers. Probably someone like me complained about him. (laughs) Uh, So in 1977, he, uh, he came into the store after hours, bludgeoned these old people to death. These were elderly people, this guy's grandparents. They caught him. He admitted he did it. Uh, he tried to. Well, he 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 admitted it, but said it, that it was mainly his his two friends with him doing it. But uh, it was clearly him. They had they had all the goods to convict him. They sentenced him to the maximum at the time, which was life with the possibility of parole. And his and so my friend's parents, or his his father's his father's parents, his dad has been spending the last almost 40 years returning to the California parole board every few years to have to have to fight for the, against this guy's release. Well, that's what that Yoko Ono does. And, and, and right. So, so, so he, and the reason he has to do this is because in 1977, they could not convict him to life without parole, even though it was a hundred percent clear that he did it. And would you believe that in 2015, for the first time, they granted this guy parole. <laughs> So he was gonna, he was going to get out at the age of fifty nine and go live a normal life, and and uh, and also of course the uh, they were worried maybe he's going to come back after the uh, after them now for for fighting to deny his parole all these years, you know if he kill if he committed this brutal murder he's capable of doing it again. Well, I have to give uh, Democrat Jerry Brown, the governor of California. Credit. How's that guy still even a politician? Yeah, it's, it's pretty Jesus. amazing. But but Jerry Brown, despite wasn't his political career supposed to be over like in the nineties when he lost? Yeah, how the hell did he come back? Yeah, it's it's amazing. So Jerry Brown, he uh, despite being uh, pretty left wing, he 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 marches to his own drum. He's not a he's definitely not a uh, 
just a, a Democratic uh, suck-up. He definitely What was did. the guy they voted out? Was that Davis Gray? Gray yeah, Davis? Yeah, it was Gray Davis. He was different. He, but uh, yeah. Jerry Brown just really he just does his own thing. He, he doesn't – if the Democratic Party doesn't agree with him, he just says too bad. He doesn't let them influence him. So He's just so old he doesn't care anymore? No, he's just always been like that. He just always oh. does, does what he wants. So, so he said – he read the case and said, no, I think this guy's still dangerous. I don't think this justifies a release. This guy doesn't even show any remorse. F it, I'm, I'm overruling the parole board. So that was so. – What's his uh, favorability rating in California? I, I don't even days? know, but you know what? It's, it's fine. I, I don't even mind him. I don't think he's done a bad job. Did you vote for him? Uh, I, I, I didn't vote in that election. I wasn't uh, in California at the time. But Would uh, you have voted for him? Uh, not at the time, but, but he's who actually – Who ran against him? Do you even know? I don't know. Yeah, uh, Meg Whitman, who was, who was kind of a bitch. <laughs> so, but yeah. she, she uh, but yeah, it's, he actually has done a better job than I thought. And, and I, I like how he just, he doesn't let the Democratic Party tell him what to do. But it was unbelievable that the California Parole Board, forget 1977, you could say, well, that's a long time ago. People were, were different then. In 2015, the Parole Board actually wanted to release this guy back into society after what he did and and he's still showing no remorse and still not accepting responsibility for and still you don't release someone back who did that i mean he took a lead pipe and beat two old people to death how could the 2015 parole board in california release it this is a real story you can google it is uh, uh well, they say the whole point is for these prisons they're supposed to be for reform and you know that i'm sure that was the argument he's a changed man he's a born again christian he's mentored people in prison he hasn't committed violence he's sorry and you know what at, at what point you know and this is something very very interesting at what point do you draw the line and that's why it's very very difficult even now like when when you and i were kids and i'm not saying this with malice but when you and I were kids, we probably, when I say kids, 14, 15, 16-year-olds, we probably could have murdered somebody and saw light again. You know, uh, I remember how rare it was back in the day when kids or minors, I should say, committed crimes and they were charged as adults. It just wasn't very common. You know, it was, it was so uncommon that when some kid did something horrific and he was charged an adult and went to an adult prison or whatever, it would make national news. Now... It's not as common. Now it's not uncommon. I mean, now if you're 15, you're 16, and you shoot somebody, I mean, you're done. I mean, you're done. You're never. Oh yeah, it was depends on the circumstances, but I, I actually agree with that. If it's uh, uh, there's there's a kid and but there's I mean, a kid. But what age? Okay, well, let me ask you this. Say there's a 10 year old, 11 year old, some you know, 10, 11 year old, and they kill somebody, they kill a family member. It's not an accident. It's mostly done. Do you not believe they can be reformed at any point in their life? Should they be? No, they shouldn't get. They shouldn't get life in prison. But there's a huge difference between. But like what a 10 age? But I, that's what I'm saying. But at what point? But okay. But say a 15 year old did that. See, I'm not. I'm not sure. And I, it also depends on the, on the the depravity of the crime. It, definitely in the teen years, you have to start looking at a charging as an adult. But you have to look at the depravity of the crime. And also the person's history and and what you're likely to see from them. I, it's a hard one to answer that one about minors and, and what. At what uh, but what's not hard to answer for me is when I hate when people say the prison system is for reform and not for punishment. It should be only for reform for non-super serious crimes. So something that's a, a moderate crime. Well, how old was that guy that beat the old couple with the lead pipe? Oh, he was 23. Okay, and so he did something when he was still young. Twenty three is young, so you think that that is it? Yes. Even when he's in his fifties. Oh yeah, no, no, you come in. You but, come okay, in. but if he's demonstrated over thirty years in 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 prison, 
uh, remorse. I'm, I'm not saying he did because you're telling me the governor said he didn't. But say hypothetically the same situation, guy 30 years, mentors other young people, isn't a problem in prison, shows remorse, gets his education, maybe even gets his uh, degree. 30 years, 40 years later when he's almost a senior citizen. No. You don't think no. if, he's not, if he's deemed not to be a threat? No, because you can't undo the crime. The only way, the only way I feel that you should have the ability to come back out is if you were so young when you committed, like a ten-year-old, that you that you did not have an adult brain to, to fully know what you were doing, of how wrong it was, and, and and you don't have the adult moral compass yet. That when you're 23 years old, there's no question you're supposed to have that at that point. If you don't, you should have. And at that point, you, you you can't bring the people back that you kill. So at that point, it's too bad. You've you've you, you've taken lives. Now you're going to throw away your own life. Either if it can't be through the death penalty, it's going to be in prison. It's not you. You don't get a chance to come back out. There was a case. Uh, you know, one of the Manson girls who actually stabbed uh, an actress named uh, Sharon Tate to death. Yeah, stabbed her. She she was uh, um, she was pregnant. Stabbed her in the stomach. You know, with with the, with the big pregnant stomach, she stabbed her there multiple times and killed her. And of course, the uh, the, the I think she was eight months pregnant. The baby died too. Uh, she she came she developed cancer in prison in her sixties. This 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 girl who did this. I and there and there she was a, the the, the com- they call it? compassionate the, release yep. to to spend the last no. few months with her family. And the argument was, in this cancerous condition she is, there's no way she could commit any kind of violent crime, which I I, I agree is true. But I did not support her release, not because I felt she was a danger, because what she did was so terrible, and she can't bring Sharon Tate back. She can't bring uh, the baby that back that would have been born that she that she killed at eight months of development. Uh, that th- this was so horrible that you can't just say, okay, well now because you can't kill it because you're not in a physical condition to kill anyone. Now you can go and, and spend the last few months with your fam- oh. with your loving family. No, you've given up that right. You, your your life's done. You know, think about on a bigger scale, a worldwide scale. And I remember being fucking outraged at this. The Libyan that was convicted for the bombing uh, of Lockerbie yeah. over Scotland. Remember the same shit happened to him where he allegedly had weeks and he ended up living two plus years. Yeah. Do you remember the outrage of that? Yes. And, and you know, I was – that actually that Libyan uh, – that bombing there over Lockerbie, that happened while I was on vacation in Asia – and at the time, there was a credit claimed for the bombing. I don't know if it had to do with Libya or not at the time. Probably not. But it, it wasn't that, not that much was known yet because it was just – this happened in December, late December of – What year uh, was that? Like 1988? December 88. So I was, I was actually on, on a trip while this happened. And I was to return on like January 2nd before school started again because I was in high school. And – there is an announcement by the ones claiming responsibility that they're going to blow up a jet flying from Asia to Los Angeles and do it before January 4th. And I was flying back on January 2nd from Asia to Los Angeles. Hmm. So that no jet got blown up. And the, the only thing I, I rationalized to myself, and, uh, uh, and it was true, and I still believe these things to be true, is that when these threats are made, especially ones that like, immediately happen, they almost never do because... Terrorists do not want a lot of scrutiny on them. The, the way they succeed is by surprising you. So by them saying they're going to do it, I thought it's probably not going to happen. And indeed it didn't. And, and it didn't happen and they didn't catch anyone attempting it. So, and I, I, Well, obviously it didn't happen to me or I wouldn't be here. 
So obviously. So so anyway, so back. Let's get back to the, we've gone way off here. What was what was even? It was it was Marchi Organis and the the extradition is what we got from here, but. So should, so should he get the death penalty? No, no. But uh, l- listen to this though, to show you how bright this guy is. I see. Up to this, I, I didn't. Obviously, I thought he was a a criminal and, and a bad person. But I thought, okay, at least he's clever enough to pull off these amazingly crazy scams and and, and trick people into giving him money under these ridiculous circumstances. You got to at least respect that a little bit. Respect the hustle a little bit. Well, if you had any respect for his hustle. It should probably be gone because they had assumed he had run off out of state and was hiding somewhere and they, they're going to have a hard time finding him. Uh, he was arrested just two months later in late March in a Las Vegas casino. <laughs> that, that's where they caught him. The Hard Rock. Is that where it was? Yeah. Yeah, it was the Hard Rock. Okay. I, 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 I know. I'm, I studied up for this. Uh, okay, okay. I, even I had forgotten which one it was. But he was arrested at the Hard Rock. How do you, at the Hard Rock, two months after you did all this, and, you, and there's articles all over the paper and all over the internet that they're looking for you in Nevada. And the fraud site. And even, po- oh, actually, if you if you Googled Mark Giorgantis, I think the fraud site came up as number 10. I think we were front page Google. Hmm. But, but yeah, uh, he obviously knew. That they're after him. So, why go into Las Vegas casinos two and a half months later? That's insane. Yeah, I, I see. He was arrested in uh, at the Hard Rock uh, on a five hundred thousand dollar arrest warrant. Crazy. So, so yeah, they got him, and uh, it, it was uh, Mark Gigantis, aka Mark Gigantis, aka Mark G, aka this is my favorite one, Mister Smooth. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's going to go away for a while here. It's not going to be like life in prison, but I think given his past convictions, I, I think he's, gonna... by the way, the, the, uh, only person ever convicted in that, the bombing over, uh, Lockerbie, uh, he was supposed to, this is what a scam it was. Doctors in Libya said, and even Scotland said he had two to three months to live. He lived two years and nine months. I remember that's that. Just, that's an embarrassment. I think I remember even posting about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that that was awful. I remember that. Yeah, they just they're the whole compassionate release thing. I I have no compassion for anyone who does anything like that. I don't care what condition they're in or what they'll ever do again. And I I, propo- I propose this question to anyone who thinks that the prison system is never for punishment, only for reform. And if you know that the person will not ever commit the crime again and will live a clean life, that they should be released. I ask you this. Let's say someone. Uh, murdered 10 people, okay, a serial killer. And I knew it wasn't someone who was uh, legally insane. It was someone who just was a, a sociopath and, and just did this and enjoyed doing it and admitted doing it, 100% proof they did it. Let's say that God himself came down and said, if you put this man in prison for 30 days and you release him, I can tell you, because I'm God, that he will not commit any crimes for the rest of his life if you release him after 30 days. If you release him after more than 30 days, then, then, then he will. But if you put him in prison for exactly 30 days and release him, he will not even commit the most minor of crimes. He will be a completely crime-free citizen, a good citizen forever. And, and, you, know, and you know it's true because you trust God. Do you, re- do you release him after 30 days? 
after killing 10 people? If the answer is no, then obviously you do think the prison system is for punishment. And I can't think of anybody, right? I hope not, who would say, yeah, if you kill some, 10 people, you should be in prison for 30 days as long as you're really, really rehabilitated. I actually I can't say I can't think of anybody. I once posed this question to someone on Facebook, and they actually they actually said yes. Then I'd release him after thirty days. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. So you could just kill people, ten people with no consequence, to be in prison a month? Like they get, it just doesn't matter what you've done already, as long as you don't do it again. Like uh, that's the problem. That's the problem with it's not for punishment. Of course it's for punishment. If it's not for punishment, then anything you've done for the past doesn't matter. So it, it's ridiculous. The only the only rehabilitation I feel should take place in prison are are, are, are people who have not committed crimes that are so major that they deserve uh, th- that uh, that rehabilitation doesn't matter that it's, they've already blown it. So so a person who who burglarizes houses or something there you want to rehabilitate them so maybe when they get out they live a crime free life and you know maybe that person shouldn't be in prison for uh, you know a massive amount of time. Someone who steals cars, that type of person, I can understand trying to rehabilitate them and not just giving up on them. But but somebody, uh, a murderer, a terrorist, uh, anything like that, they they they're done. So that's the way it should be. And and if you don't, you see the concept. Like what I talked about with my friend and his, his father having to go back to the parole hearings and face the killer of his parents, the brutal killer of his parents, every few years, uh, and, and try to avoid him from getting out, both out of uh, Fear for his own life and and just uh, justice for his parents. He shouldn't have to do it. He has to relive the murder of his parents every every few years for this crap. It's unbelievable because the uh, liberals in California decide to to do this. So, so uh, what is this guy looking at? This uh... as your I don't know. I don't know what your guy is looking at. It's it's, it's probably it's pro- like who knows what I don't know what. I, after, honestly, after the uh, the Bitcoin minister got off so easily, I have no idea. I have no idea in Nevada who gets convicted of anything these days of uh, financial related crimes. Yeah, like, it's true the Bitcoin minister didn't cheat anyone, but but he did violate a pretty serious law. Regarding... They had a press conference, Druff. Yeah, they had a press conference about him, and then he the gets the, steps. He gets no prison time. So I'm, I'm like, I after that, I think if you just hire the right attorney in Vegas, they they get you off somehow, as long as it's not like a horrendous crime. So. And same with that, that Paul Fua guy. He got off too for for his uh, gambling in the in the, the Caesars uh, villas, his sports betting in the Caesars. Well, he villas. was never convicted. He uh... yeah, I know he wasn't convicted, but he, but it was amazing that like, he he got but out. I of that. forgot. Wasn't it because of the search, the illegal search? It was because it was because off? of the it was because of the search where the FBI pretended to be the cable. The company. internet people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of different. I mean, it wasn't. As no, I know. Convicted. I, I, I know. I know there was a, a search. And you know what? I don't get it. I watched that Law and Order. Why didn't they just go to a judge and get a warrant? Why would they do it? And you know what? I, I'm not saying, you know, that the guy's a saint. Obviously, maybe he's a triad. Maybe he isn't. But either way, what the way they went about apprehending him, and the way the Constitution is, and, and legal. I mean, he should have been released. Like, thank you. I mean, do you agree with that? The way that they, I, I had mixed feelings on it. They didn't get a warrant. Why not just go to a judge? I understood the, warrant. I understood the ruling because because it was kind of uh, weird the way they went about it and pretending to be. Uh, inter- their their That's argument. An American, don't you like that protection, knowing that you can't be tricked and rules have to be followed? And, and, and I mean, it applies to you the way it applies to everyone else. That that you know, 
Well, the, the argument they made, which I kind of understand, the, the government made, is that internet is not an essential service. They, they're not allowed to disconnect your power and then and then claim to be the power people and then search your house. But uh, and, why not just go get a search warrant? Come and kicking down the doors. I know that's you know going to cause you know some some attention to the city, to the state, to the Caesars. But at least do it. Legally. Yeah, I know. I know. They, I, they screwed. They screwed it up. They shouldn't have done order. that. I know. They shouldn't have done that. But they. They they went about it the wrong way. There's no question about that. But uh, the reason I, I I can see the government side of it is that internet is not an essential service, and there's there's a long history of of the government you know tricking their way into getting evidence. Uh, there's even but either way, without a judge consenting to something, do you really think law the law enforcement should have the power to bug wire enter your homes without any sort of I mean, well, but he, he let the government in. They just tricked him. He, the government didn't didn't break in. So that's a, it, it's kind of a murky situation. Like that's that's the uh, right. But it was under the ruse that the internet was failing, which they needed for their yeah for the for their and and the thing the thing that doesn't bother me that much. I know that the guy was actually guilty of what he was doing. So they that, that's that's he was guilty, and they and they they yeah, access be laughing his ass off. Imagine that kind of. I mean, you know, you and I, we you know we. I wouldn't say we live baller lives, but, you know, we eat nice food, we travel, we kind of do what we want. Like, think about him. The dude's got his own private plane. I know, the like, private jet. I know. That's I mean, like... he just comes and goes where he wants. He's dodging countries. It's it's kind of sexy. I mean, <laughs> you know, no, they I... say he's, like, worth – they say he's, like, worth in the billions. Yeah, I, I've thought about that before. I've thought about, like, like – He's what got, you like, have... Durr and Phil Ivey putting a bond for him, and yeah. that's – Crazy shit. I, I, no, I thought about like what it'd be like to to have like billions of dollars and just to, to really where money is, is no object and you just get the best of any everything. You don't worry about anything with uh, we're really just whatever you want, you just get. And I still think even do. that would get old over time. Listen, you can whoever you think. Who, okay, it's like this. Just name somebody a celebrity that you think is attractive, very attractive. <coughs> oh. Oh, are we going to fall out? I don't know. We made we made lose my voice again. No. no so, uh, Tell me a, fe- a, a female actress. I think we've been over this I, before. I, I don't really. Yeah, but just name somebody that you think is pretty. <laughs> just tell me a pretty person. I mean, you're a guy. Just name one person you think is attractive that mainstream poker fraud alert would know who it is. I mean, Matt, recently we had that thread. Okay, here, okay, I'll make it easier for you. Recently we had that thread on the fraud site about the hot 80s TV show girls or whatever. Which one of those would, would have been your favorite? You had the girls from Saved by the Bell. You had the girls from Charles in Charge. You had the, the girl Winnie from uh, The One Show. Who would you have picked? Hmm. You had Baywatch girls. Uh, you had 90210 girls. <laughs> I mean, you can't, can't name a girl? I don't uh, want this to be all awkward like the chicken. No, it's not going to be like If you don't chicken. want to name a girl, just say no, I don't want to name no, a girl. I'm just, I'm just thinking. Just good to go on with that. Well, when of... you were in your night, when, okay, in the 80s, who did you have a crush on any of the No, I didn't really have a crush on TV with the girls. Come like, on. I kind of watch. No, I didn't. Did you ever the, watch you like, the boss and say, oh, that Alyssa Milano, I'd like to have her? No, I thought Alyssa Milano was pretty. I, like, I didn't like think about it after I watched the show. It was one of these things like I, I noticed when I'm watching the show and then uh, and that's kind of it. Like Drew Barrymore, maybe? Did you, did you get turned on with her? See, I didn't really get turned on by anything. I, just, I noticed that they're attractive. Like, same with Drew Barrymore. Like, I, I noticed she was attractive. And, and so you the, never had a crush? No, I, I just did. I, for some okay. reason, I only had, like, crushes on real people that I know in real yeah. life. Yeah. All right. Well, 
That was just me. My th- I, th- I think it was like a practical side of me that just uh, – they just well, knowing of course, it was- everyone knows unless you're the crazy guy that, that you know shows up inside their living room and then gets arrested knows it's just – not practical, but you still, when you're a kid, you still can dream. I know, but it, for, think, some, for know. some reason, that just it just uh, it just didn't completely translate to right. I couldn't because I never like even met them in real life. It just it, they almost didn't feel real to me. Hmm. Yeah, right. but uh, what, what was the point you're going to make? Well, the p- point I was going to make is it's, it's the old adage back like in the '80s when everyone thought like Cindy Crawford was you know unquestionably the beautifulest woman in the world that there's always some guy that's tired of fucking her that you know i mean you i can think right now of someone i think is absolutely gorgeous and there's some dude out there that's like oh my god i don't want to fuck her again and that's just the same point i'm making about having billions after a while i would just think that it just becomes so a part of you that it's not as stimulating as you may think. Well, uh, like, I, I I can see you can how buy everything you want. So once you have all that, then you still need something. Well, there are to... a few downsides to it. I've thought of one of them is is actually in poker. Is that once you take the excitement of winning money out of poker that's that's uh, that means something to you. Like like when you play the or main any, event or any kind of gambling. Not yeah, just yeah, any kind of gambling. So, so like you play the main event, okay. Most people who play the main event, you think, "Oh, what if I win nine million dollars?" You, you get excited by it, even if even if you already have a few million. Nine million is, on top of that is, is is very big. Okay, just about everybody playing it, the the winning first place would be huge. Okay, but if if you have a billion dollars, that's not going to be exciting at all. Well, Doctor Jerry Buss stole it was. The guy would play in a ten thousand dollar tournament at the WSOP. The next day he's playing in a two hundred dollar tournament. Yeah, at I know. But he, he played for the love of the game, not for the money. Yes. So, right. so that's it was, but but I have to admit that would that would take out a lot of the excitement of and, and enjoyment of poker from of me. Of course, if, if the money was not going to mean very much, how could you even bet a hundred thousand on an NBA game and get a sweat if you have ten billion dollars in the bank? It, it, it's it's like betting pennies. Yeah. So so that's that's one problem. Second problem is that uh, you you have to worry about people using you for money. That that every time someone shows an interest in being friends with you or, or having a relationship yeah, with but you, then you stick to the people you knew that. Before you became anything, That's yeah. What so, always... so you always have to be skeptical of anyone new that you meet. Which, uh, if, if you're not super rich, you don't have to be. And, and then you have people hitting you up for money, and then how do you turn them down if they? For uh... me, I think the biggest pitfall would be you can't kind of move around freely. Like you kind of would have to always have security. Around yeah, you, that's you know, another because you're going to get kidnapped. Yeah, that, that's, something. That, that, right. That's another you one. Can't yeah. just get in my car and go somewhere. You always have to have an entourage and you know people on walkie talkies and whatnot. But. Yeah. The point I'm making again is I think like I don't think every day anymore because it's gotten so old. Bill Gates w- wakes up and says, "Oh my God, it's so great to be me." Like I can, you know what I mean? It just it. it I don't know. I just kind of feel like it'd be great for a while, but it's it, eventually once you can just buy everything and you're kind of immune to it, then what good is it? Well, I'll, I'll like, give Bill Gates credit that he 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 put a lot of the money that he made to to good use for the world and 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 put you know invested in a lot of. Uh, so Import, did that impor- him and Ted Turner. Impor- important uh, charitable causes, but but yeah. what else? What the one thing I didn't like about Bill Gates and, and others? Uh, uh, yes. Windows ninety five. No, no. Uh, it, it's that Bill Gates and, and some of these other uh, billionaires who who were big into into charity. They they very much support the death tax to pretty much force everybody else to invest in charity. You, you, know, you mean the estate tax? Yes. Which is also the death tax. It really is, and the, he, they, the, he, he, and other super rich guys support that just because they figure if they give a lot to charity, that 
they should force everybody else to give to charity because otherwise, if they don't, uh, Warren Buffett. Is yeah, Warren Buffett's another one. So, so that's the point. I call them the guilty billionaires. And while I respect everything what Bill Gates did with the money that he made, and he's done a lot of great things, I think the one thing that isn't right that he's doing, you should never tell other people what they should do with their money. If they want to donate a lot to charity, that's great. If they don't, that's up to them. They're not required to or expected to. And uh, it's a personal decision, and you shouldn't try to force it on other people. And that's what I feel they're trying to do. So I think if they want to donate their billions to charity, great. That's, that's, uh, that's very nice of them, and I, and I appreciate and respect that. But they shouldn't force others to do it through, through laws or, or any other way. So right. that, that's, that's how I've felt about that. Other than that, though, I, I thought that you know, Bill Gates, I, I have respect for a lot of the things he's done. And I, f- I feel he's really doing it because he feels it's right, not, not just uh, for PR reasons. Yeah. Well, listen, Jeff, we've reached the point of the show where I need to excuse myself for about three minutes, but I think it would be proper, since this is something that needs to be covered and I can't really contribute, to move to our next topic on the agenda, which is that CEO of uh, Poker Stars and his yeah. troubles and, and maybe even a possible shady past. Yes. Maybe can you talk some about this? Yes, I can talk some about okay, this. Okay, go ahead, okay. sir. Go, go ahead. What are you doing in the background? I'm just going to take a little break. Okay, I'm going to go, go check ahead. out things around the house. Go ahead, maybe take a break. Take here. a walk outside. It's it's very uh, it's getting unseasonably warm here. In well, Vegas, no, I, I you know before you take a walk, I was going to say that April mm. is a very nice month in Las it Vegas. It is. It's in the we're in the about 85, 84 today. What, what I especially like about Las Vegas in April, provided it's it's not unusually cool, is that you can walk outside at night and and it's in the 70s. And that's so I love walking outside at night in the 70s. That's what I'm that, about to do, Druff. I'm going to walk. Yeah, outside it's so much nicer. 70s. Like, like it's not like going outside at night in, in June or July and it's 95 or 100. That's awful. And and it's not like we're going, walking outside in December, January. Yeah, it's thirty. Yeah, it's thirty and windy and it's crappy too. It's like to to walk outside and it's seventy five and there's a nice breeze out there and yet it's a night. It's just it's it's just. I will a nice tell you feeling. real fast. Nevada's weather is very unpredictable. About a week ago, I think it was actually a week ago today or a week ago yesterday, we had in the valley such a torrential windstorm for about or a sandstorm, whatever you want to call it, for about twenty hours, and we had gusts. Uh, it was the first wind advisory, high wind advisory in a number of years here. We had gusts as high as 70 miles an hour here. Wow. I mean, you could hear it pounding inside your house. And they had the advisory. They told everyone to bring the pets inside because the wind would literally swoop, get the cat and take them from Henderson to Green Valley. And cats that were in Boulder City are now up <laughs> on the strip. And it was raining. So- what was it? The line from Ghostbusters. It was raining cats and dogs and you remember that so line? You're, you're telling me that uh, from uh, Boulder City, there's a cat on the hot tin roof now? Listen, I, I'm going to tell you this. I, I kid you not. Okay, I lived in South Florida during Hurricane Andrew. It was my senior year in high oh, school. Wow. In fact, I, I and that's another thing I could talk about one day, going a month without electricity, going oh. a month without any hot water to wow. shower with, wow. nor any cold water to drink. Um, and school is delayed about six weeks. We normally started like, I guess in the middle of August or end of August and didn't start to almost October. Um, but I will tell you this and, and, you know, I, I witnessed it. Uh, I have a swimming pool where I lived when I was growing up. Uh, it was destroyed, but you know, that was basically it. There were numerous cases of people that lived as far as 15, 20 miles from the ocean, finding sharks in their swimming pool. I mean, you can Google this. (laughs) This isn't this isn't some folklore. Uh, I mean, the winds were up to like 160, 150 miles an hour. They found alligators. They found sharks 
and, and this wasn't just one strange case, in numerous cases during Hurricane Andrew. Uh, so, I mean, that just goes to show you that that, that, that you know, that, that could happen. Uh, and then because of that, this is what they attribute it to now. In certain, and I mean, I never understood this. You know, I lived in South Florida, and for those that have never been to South Florida, you can't go, you know, I'm talking about like Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties in, in, in that area. You can't go more than a mile maybe even half a mile, without finding a canal, some body of water. And these are usually all man-made that were just made decades and decades ago, but there are canals everywhere. Um, I lived in two houses uh, for the most part when I was a child, and both houses, within a five-minute walk, there was some sort of canal. And I'm not talking about canals that lead, lead out into the ocean. Because of Hurricane Andrew, these canals got pulled, or I don't even know if pollute is not the right word, but they had populated with bull sharks, which are actually vicious sharks. So, first of all, I would never, and it's not that my parents like put it in my head, of course they told me, but I would never swim in canals when I was a kid because of the fear of alligators. I mean, because they're, they're, there's a rule of thumb. If you're in Florida, anywhere where there's water, you should be on the lookout for alligators. I mean, there's over, I think, 3 million alligators in the state. In fact, there's so many, they have this special alligator hunting season where you're allowed to just kill them. You know, and, and which is actually kind of amazing because alligators used to be on the protected species list. Yeah, yeah, like as early as like like the the 80s, and now there's too many of them. You know, now that you know, as, as humans come in, we take. The yeah, land I, from I actually them. saw a lot of them. I went on an airboat in uh, last year in uh, Everglades. In the Everglades, yeah, I yeah, saw a lot of them. Yeah, so there, I mean, there's tons of them. But anyhow, now you're li- literally, you know, and people still do this. I don't get it. I never did it, not once when I lived there. But you know what? It's a hot summer day. They jump into the canal. And, 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 you know, in their backyard or, you know, a couple blocks away. And what happens about once a year, there's usually, you know, an alligator attack. But what happens even now, which is just insane, is there's shark attacks because these bull sharks apparently have somehow adapted to being in brackish or fresh water. So, I mean, it's just fucking – can you imagine that? Like you're swimming in a lake and a shark attacks you or, or you know? <laughs> so, anyhow, I'm sorry. I digress. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I have one other thing. I, I actually – since you're mentioning this – I have a, a broken fountain that uh, is a secret location in the backyard that uh, – I wasn't the one who installed it. It was installed Wait, by – I'm sorry. A, say it again. You broke up. Was it what? There's a, a fountain in the backyard that's – That's uh, the one with the gold Wattelis on it? No. There's oh. no Wattelis anywhere. It was, it was actually built by a previous resident of the secret okay. location. And it, it was not built very well, so it, it broke. And I haven't fixed it yet. Well, there, so water has pooled at the bottom from, from rain – and uh, it's, it's kind of made a pond. Well, what happens is, is it's a pain in the ass to, to empty, especially I don't even bother to empty it during the, the winter because it just keeps filling up with rain. Well, uh, mosquitoes show up in there, and then there's uh, mosquito larvae, and usually I, I get these mosquito dunks and po- put them in there to poison the larvae so they don't turn into uh, grown mosquitoes. Uh, this year, because it got warmer than it does, yeah, it got warmer earlier than usual, uh, I didn't get the mosquito dunks in time, so the mosquito larvae were uh, populating. Well, frogs, this happened last year too. The, the frogs get into the backyard, and I hear them croak at night. And something new happened this year. And this was just noticed yesterday. There are a whole lot of tadpoles now in that fountain. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, I, you know what? I 
haven't heard that name in, in, in decades. I mean, I remember when we were kids, we used to catch tadpoles. Right, and, but the, this, this is the frogs came into my backyard, mated, and and now there are tadpoles, a whole lot of them, swimming in that fountain. And the, fa- and, the and what are the tadpoles eating? They're eating the mosquito larvae. So that, I've got a whole ecosystem going on there, and I think... Uh, isn't that a good combination to spread that uh, St. Louis encephalitis? <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe the Zika virus there, maybe that's... That could yeah. be. No, but I, 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 the, the, the tadpoles are good, though. They're going to eat up the, the mosquito larvae, at least, and uh, there won't be mosquitoes born. But I, I, I'm wondering how many frogs this is going to translate to, because there, there are so many tadpoles in there. They're not all going to make it. Some are going to die. But, like, am I going to have, like, 50 frogs coming out of there? Is, is, am I going to be, like, infested with frogs? So that's weird. I've, I've never seen that this is. before. I've never seen. Now, like, couldn't you just kind of shut down the whole operation, put some, you know, spray some rain? Oh, or, I could, but now, now I want yeah, to. No, I, I, I don't want to kill the. I don't want to kill the frogs. I don't want to kill the frogs. Let the frogs live. Saying that you should let the frogs live. In fact, the, the frogs are good right now. They're they're uh, they're gonna they're eating up the uh, the yeah, mosquito larvae. What are you going to be doing? We're doing the frog show and all that chirping's going on in the background. Oh, it's, it's going to be crazy because, like, with three frogs out there, they make a lot of noise. I can imagine, like, with like if I end up with like even to like fifteen frogs, it's going to be insane. I'll have to take some of them and move, and move them to somewhere else. Like, so you really have your own ecosystem. I do. Is so, like there's there there are so many tadpoles in there. It's like, crazy. Hundreds, thousands. No, it's not thousands. It's but it's it's uh, it looks like it's probably over a hundred. How big is this this water? This this. It's not even that big. It's you know. It's not. Uh, if you want to do, could you stock it with smallmouth bass? And could people come over and go? No, 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 fish? It's, no. It's not very big. Like I could, like I could, I couldn't lie down in the length of it. There's nowhere I could lie down and, and stretch out through the whole thing. It's not big enough. It's so like, there would never be any sport fishing. No, no. There's but, no it, chance it, I could ever be at your house and be sitting doing the fraud show and. Maybe throw my hook, line, and seeker out there and reel in like a eight pound snapper. You could rule it. You could reel in a frog. Oh yeah, you, I don't. you could catch. I've, have you ever had frog legs? I was going to say you could have frog legs. That's I've what you never could had. You know, I'm, I'm a very. Uh, I think I've talked about this. You know, because of the sushi. Uh, you know, I, I I'm a very adventurous eater. I've always always have been. I mean, I've had everything from escargot to alligator and. Uh, I have never had frog legs, even though I'm told, like everything else, I always say it tastes like chicken. Yeah, I've heard that too. I haven't and had the few it. places I've been to, I just cannot bring myself. Yeah, I can't either. To, to, to eat. To, I mean, you know, I've been to like a restaurant here, You Go Cellar, uh, at the basement of the Four Queens. Uh, they have it. There are a couple other restaurants I've been to in Vegas that have it. And, you know, it's, it's expensive. It's 40 50 60 I just can't. I mean, maybe, maybe I should sell my frogs. Even if it tasted delicious and someone told me I'm eating frog legs, I, I just can't. And they say it's not that kind of frog you think, the cute little you know green. It's like a wild big frog. You know, I just can't do it, Druff. I can't eat the frog yeah, legs. I can't. I, can't. I, I don't know. Maybe I should sell my frogs to a French restaurant. Hmm. Yeah. There's probably be a lot of them. Well, you know what? Maybe you get some of those little calves and you stuff them in crates in your house. And you start a whole little druff uh, uh, export thing. You're exporting some veal. You're exporting some tadpoles, some frogs. I just thought it was so funny that, like, I, I you know, I, I dealt with tadpoles back when uh, I was in elementary school. Like, they gave right. you a tadpole and you watch it grow to a frog. But I, I've never – the fact that this just all kind of happened in the wild in my backyard is, is, is weird to me. Hmm. There's just a – there's no attempt. This is not like a body of water where a lot of things were supposed to be living. It's just a, it's just where rainwater was left over that hasn't dried up yet. But so what, do you have to replenish it with water? 
No, believe it or not, it's not evaporating very fast. I think maybe. What will you do if you start seeing the tadpoles die? Will you add water to? to If it gets really low, but it's it's, you know, I think I think the sprinklers are are slightly contributing to it. But but yet, if it doesn't rain, I notice it dries up. So, but I I, these grow pretty fast. So it's it's a pretty it's pretty full of water. So I'm I think that the I think they're gonna I think there's gonna be enough water there for them to to live. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. Hey guys, it's Handicap Me. Handicap Me, hello. So, so, hey, I'm glad the show's on. Hey, Brandon, how's it going? Uh, just want to say I'm happy the show's on. Keep it going for another uh, at least like 50-ish minutes. And, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely uh, it will. No, it's, it's not even close to being I done. I think uh, 4 o'clock was on the Pacific side of it is when I had a goal, but I'll probably go as long as the 4.30. Okay, very good. Okay. okay. So, it, All right, that's, hey, great. Uh, that's great. I'll send the donation hey, over. Are you uh, Good luck with the – now let me ask you. You know, we were in the same contest. It's not any kind of – Secret for this, we were in handicap. Me, myself, China Maniacs, see money. We're in this uh, NCA bracket uh, contest for March Madness, and handicap me has a chance to win. Um, it's, it's either funny enough going to be either. It's not all PFA. I think there's only one, two, four PFA members. Uh, but either China Maniac will win, or handicap me will win, and I will either finish second for sure or third. So mm-hmm. handicap me if North Carolina wins, will finish first. If they lose, he finishes third, and then I finish yep. second. So now I noticed your post earlier that you needed North Carolina to win by two. Is that unrelated to the con to the bracket? Did you just bet well, them independently, or why do you need them to win? Yeah. By two? So I basically I have them in the bracket. I have them in a few other brackets. I also have a few futures on them, and then I honestly just think they win, and I don't think it's going to be that close of a game. So I also put a significant amount on them to win by the spread as well. Uh-huh. So hoping for the best. That's why I said you guys keep the show going for a bit. I'll donate. Hold on. Handicap me. I, I, you know, I thank you for the donation, but uh, um, I, I'm not going to go into detail here, but I'm having some uh, technical difficulties with my PayPal account. So uh, I'll PM you. <laughs> I'll, I'll PM you about the situation. Yeah, don't anybody send money to the PayPal account right now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's something happened with the app, and it's kind of screwed up. It's, it's having some technical difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I might, okay. have tec- um, might have been having technical difficulties for three months, too. <laughs> so don't send nothing <laughs> to me. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, just a new PM, and then I'm sure we could work something out outside of PayPal. Okay. All right. Very good. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, um, take UNC. Pretty sure they take it down this year, and uh, – Thanks for the show, boys. Okay, thank you. Talk to you later. Thank you. Now, handicap me. He lives in that. Oh, uh, no, you're good. You can go you can ahead. Go, go, goodbye. We're going to talk about you now. Now, goodbye. the handicap me. He lives in the, the the Big Apple. He does. He calls him kind of frequently. Maybe the next time he calls and you see it on the queue, you can start playing that uh, Frank Sinatra New York New York song every time. Then I don't have to always That's say true. who's from the six three. Yeah, I, I just kind of I kind of think that this is what I picture. You know, I've never met him before, and I've never seen a picture of him, but. I, you know, I picture this guy. It's you know six a.m. in New York, like this some guy, Manhattan, getting ready for work and going to some kind of finance job. And I, I just kind of like the picture, like some professional guy going into the finance job in in Manhattan, uh, turning on the show and being happy to hear it. Kind of the same way, like I used to turn on morning shows when I would be getting ready for work you know, back in the old days. Well, you know that you know, ever watch that Mike and Mike on ESPN? Yeah. They're waking up in New York at two thirty in the morning. I know. What I know. kind of life can that be? You got to go to bed by six. 
Uh, Howard Stern used to complain about that, yeah. but since he makes like $500 million uh, for yeah, being on serious, he can't complain much. And then he goes on the hiatuses and has, yeah. Is he, uh, who's a part of that Howard Stern now? Is it still him? Robin Quivers? I haven't listened. I haven't listened to the ages either, even though I have satellite radio. You know what's funny? I actually lost interest in Howard Stern. Like once once he had the ability to, to be vulgar on, on serious, it kind of took it away took from him. Took away, me. yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was better that he was restricted. It made, he had to be more creative. But, you know, if we had to do a Brady Hope kind of show and that FCC is listening. Now, it's not like we say a lot of racial things because, you know, I'm not racist. You're not racist. When we do it, you know, we just oh, you, can, make you, fun can actually, of, you can actually do that. You just can't make, use profanity. Well, no, right. But I'm saying we make fun of everyone. But the thing that would get us would be like the, the fuck, cunt, shit, like, you know, basically the George Carlin 7. Now, what do they give out if we ever went to a radio station? What do they call like per diem for a fine? Or is there something like maybe you can buy? Well, no, you don't get fined. Batch of them? No, no, you, they, they just find the radio station. They don't find you. Yeah, but I'm sure they you know, radio station is going to say Druff, Brandon, you know, Mark Hope, Brady Hope. He ain't sitting here cursing, dropping f bombs on the 1400 AM. Why are you? You have you have to pay. I, th- I think it has to do with how many times it's happened and 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 the severity of what was said. Uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of different uh, factors in how the FCC levies its fines, and uh, in many cases, if, if the host is successful enough uh they will just pay the host's fines just to but what i'm saying is we'd have to censor ourselves if we went on uh am or terrestrial we would but you know not as much as you think though because we don't we don't use that much profanity on this show we really don't i say motherfucker probably once a show yeah you probably do yeah i I just i guess i don't that much here so yeah uh so okay that you, right, you, well, you can take your little break go, here. I'm going to go outside because yeah, it's your in break. the 70s. And yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Enjoy, enjoy the, the 70 degree weather. I won't be long. Okay, but you're going to talk about the uh, poker star stuff. Yeah, right? I will. It's, 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 it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool over here, so I'll stay inside. So go, go talk go ahead. about what's happened on Lock Poker this yeah. week and whatnot. Yeah, it's like it's like 55 degrees here. So I'll stay in here. Okay. okay. All right. I'll be right back, my All friends. Right. Go ahead. All right. So uh, David Bezoff of. Uh, Amaya, which is the owner of Poker Stars, they bought Poker Stars in 2014. He's the CEO. He has been accused recently of insider trading. Hmm. Pretty serious stuff. At first, it was thought that it was referring to his uh, claim that going to take uh, Amaya private. And uh, and that how that drove up the stock price when it looked like he was really bluffing. But that's not what it's about. It's actually about acquiring Poker Stars in 2014. That there was a lot of shadiness going on involving uh, insider trading of Amaya. So he's being investigated for that. And this actually brought up a lot about his past, which is kind of disturbing. So this happened last week. They, they were uh, they've been investigating him in Quebec because uh, Amaya is based in Canada, and Bezov and fifteen others face various forms of insider trading charges in Quebec, with very big fines possible and even prison possible. I'm not saying he's going to prison, but he could. Uh, but this has to do with 
uh, with allegations involving extensive stock trades of Amaya prior to the official announcement that Amaya was going to acquire PokerStars. Uh, this involves two other men, Craig Levitt and Joshua Bezov. It's not a coincidence with that last name. That's David Bezov's older brother. So uh, the allegations are, are basically that uh, David Bezov was having his brother buy shares of Amaya. when uh, something was going to happen where the price was going to pop up. In this case, that they were going to acquire PokerStars and the, and the stock price shot up. This also even happened back in 2010 when Amaya acquired a gambling company called CryptoLogic. You may have played poker on a CryptoLogic site because CryptoLogic was the network that served poker for Interpoker, SunPoker, William Hill, Betfair at one time. Cryptologic doesn't exist anymore, by the way. But uh, when it did, it, this was the uh, that that was the network. I knew Cryptologic very well. I was once a sponsored player of Interpoker. In fact, I was when I won my bracelet. And I was also a sponsored player of Sun Poker for a while. And I, I actually got to know the owner of Sun Poker. These were skins of Cryptologic. Though Interpoker was like the flagship skin of CryptoLogic at the time, but Amaya acquired them in 2010, and there's allegations that uh, that David Bezoff had uh, Joshua Bezoff and and this Levitt guy, this Craig Levitt, uh, buy up stock before that as well. So there's also accusations. That uh, that uh, there's insider trading involving Amaya and uh, Chartwell Technology Incorporated, WMS Industries, which makes a lot of slot machines, by the way, uh, BWIN, you know, BWIN Party, and Entertain Group Limited. So here's here's a little excerpt from an article. From a uh, Montreal publication. In February 2013, Josh Bezoff, again, this is uh, the older brother of David Bezoff, communi- uh, uh, communication between a lawyer and his, and his brother. Uh, they talked of imp- impending transaction on the title of WM- WMS Industries, Inc. Craig Levitt, his wife, his brother, and other accomplices then bought hundreds of thousands of dollars of shares. Some days later, Josh Bezoff received two checks totaling. $32,000 marked gift, the authority says. So they're basically saying that money was passed over to uh, Josh Bezoff to buy a bunch of shares right before the Amaya stock was going to jump based upon David Bezoff's insider knowledge there. David didn't buy it himself, obviously, because that would have been too obvious. I, like, I, I don't know why he's having his brother do it. That's not very bright. <laughs> but that's, that's what's being alleged here, that he was using his brother and this uh, Craig Levitt guy to, uh, to to buy up shares of Amaya before the stock was going to jump based upon uh, changes that were going to occur in the company that had not been announced yet. 
So they're being investigated in Quebec. Now, the amazing thing, and I didn't know this until I read this article, that Amaya did not begin as a gaming company. Amaya began sometime between like 2001 and 2005 as a company called Celebrity Tan. And this is not some funny name of a poker site. Celebrity Tan really was like a tanning company. And I don't know how they eventually uh, changed to uh, from a tanning salon to a gaming company, but they did. Then they changed their name to Gametronics. Then they dropped that name quickly because I guess there were other Gametronics out there and they didn't want confusion or they were afraid of uh, copyright infringement or whatever. So then they became uh, Amaya. And there was, a, there was a scam in poker, a scandal actually more than a scam. It was both actually. It was, it was back – it's one of the first scandals, not the first, but one of the early scandals of poker sites that just don't pay anyone. Of course, I think the first one was Dutch Boyd's Poker Spot. But after that, there was what's known as the Future Bet scandal. These were uh, – Future Bet, there were a whole lot of different skins – of poker rooms that were connected to, to pokerroom.com and uh, they, they were part of this future bet company and, and basically they screwed everyone. They just uh, went under and didn't pay anyone. And the network just said, too bad, this isn't our problem, which I always thought was wrong. I always feel if you're part of a poker network and you screw people, the network should pay. But the network just said, nope, not our, not our issue, go after future bet. So uh, the reason I'm mentioning FutureBet is apparently both this Craig Levitt and Josh Bezov were connected with FutureBet at the time. This is about 10 years ago this all happened. I remember it. Fortunately, I didn't lose any money, but I knew some people who did. Anyway, uh, Craig Levitt and Josh Bezov were also part of the early Amaya. But... Uh, their names seem to have been scrubbed from the early days of Amaya, interestingly enough, the some we're thinking because of their connection with FutureBet. But uh, it is believed that until 2011, they were still working for Amaya, even if, it's, if secretly. Uh, in 1997, Josh Bezov was found guilty of telemarketing fraud. There were claims that his company called Incentive International bilked senior citizens in the U.S. out of large sums by awarding them prizes and then saying that they had to pay a lot of money to receive these prizes. (laughs) And and actually what they were doing here partially was – what they were doing was, was, was skipping over the no-purchase-necessary requirement of U.S. sweepstakes offers. So otherwise, that's considered gambling. So any kind of sweepstakes, you always have the ability to enter at least once with no sweepstakes, uh, with, with no money. But here, if people were awarded, awarded prizes, they were going to have to pay the company to receive them. And I'm guessing – I don't have the details. I'm guessing what happened here is they were paying more money than the prize was worth. So they'd win something that's worth uh, 
twenty dollars and had to pay a hundred dollars to receive it. So that was a scam that Josh Bezos was allegedly running almost twenty years ago. So not exactly a good guy. Uh, Josh Bezos also owes uh, $777,000 as a result of that and has not paid it yet. David Bezos, he and a guy named Benjamin Adut, who was a childhood friend, had a company called Vortex Systems, which generated much of its income from pirated music. They they basically pirated music and sold it, and uh, <clears throat> the company was ordered to pay two point six million dollars. So these guys have a shady path. I'm talking about David now, not even Josh. So this is all coming out as uh, the investigation into David Bezos and Josh Bezos and Craig Levitt and there they're and actually yeah, twelve other guys. Related to insider trading having to do with both uh, acquiring poker stars in 2014 and acquiring CryptoLogic in 2010. So what does this all mean? Well, a recent development that Amaya CEO David Bezoff, current head of poker stars, of course, is taking a leave of absence. Yep. He's taking a voluntary leave of, of absence. He's not been fired, but he's voluntarily taking a leave of absence as Amaya CEO and chairman of the board while they investigate him. This is the statement from Amaya about it. This is, Amaya today announced that chairman and Ch- CEO David Bezos is taking an indefinite paid leave of absence for the company effective yesterday. Mr. Bezos is taking this leave voluntarily to focus on preparing to offer, preparing an offer to acquire Amaya and to avoid distraction for the company while he responds to certain allegations made against him by the Autorité de Marché Financier, I think that's the way you say it, AMF, the Securities Regulatory Authority in Quebec. Mr. Bezoff will remain a member of Amaya's board of directors, so he's not resigning from the board, he's just uh, stepping away. That's, that's my words, not theirs. The board has a, appointed Diviesh G- Gadia as internet, inter, inter, interim, interim chairman, not internet chairman, interim chairman, and Rafi Ashkenazi as interim CEO. Mr. Gadia has been an Amaya director since 2010. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bother to read his history. Uh, and then they give the uh, Mr. Ashkenazi's history that he's currently the CEO of the Rational Group. Amaya's operating business, which includes the Poker Stars and Full Tilt brand. So Rafi Askenazi is moving up from being CEO of Full Tilt and Poker Stars to being CEO of Amaya entirely. So Bezoff was both chairman and CEO. Now it's being split to two people. This is interim, though. He's not giving up the job. He's just uh, backing away and letting them take over for the moment. So uh, Dave Gadia is now the chairman, Rafi Ashkenazi, is now the CEO, moving up from uh, CEO of just Poker Stars and Full Tilt, now CEO of all of Amaya. 
So, uh, he was present, this Ashkenazi guy, at uh, original Poker Stars prior to its acquisition by Amaya. But uh, the interesting thing is he wasn't really part of the original Isai Scheinberg group. And he wasn't really part of the, uh, the the Amaya ownership group that we're talking about here. He's kind of in the middle. So, uh, anyway. If that bid to buy uh, Amaya back in February was not a bluff, it's, it's, it doesn't matter because it's not going to happen anymore. The chance of that happening is very low. Uh, with the news of his indictment, with Bezos' indictment, uh, that's there right now. Uh, there, there's no way this is going to go on. Not only that, a formal bid was never submitted, so that's another problem. That's why it was thought it might be a bluff. So they, they seem to be expanding the investigation, not just to the PokerStars acquisition and insider trading related to that, but really insider trading related to a lot of activities of Amaya. And it's it's really weird how they – Amaya was a freaking tanning salon. Isn't that weird that, that like 10 years ago or maybe a little bit more, maybe you know, 10 to 12 years ago, the owner – of Poker Stars and Full Tilt, and I mean the owner being the company. The company that owns Poker Stars and Full Tilt was a freaking tanning salon. How, how did they go from that? Hmm. A Canadian tanning salon now owns those companies. So, and and it looks just very shady the way the whole thing sprung up in the first place. So, uh, everybody who thought, okay, you know, a, a, a company's taking over Poker Stars from the Scheinbergs, uh, it's all going to be good. These are good people. Not so much. I think people probably wish they had Eastside back. They do. Yeah, and uh, this guy really, really looks pretty shady, this Bezov. Up till now, up till I read about these things from his past, I, I I just thought, okay, I understand all the moves he's making. You know, He may not be as pure uh, a fan of poker and of someone trying to uh, keep the spirit of what was originally created like the Scheinbergs were, but at least I understand his moves because he's trying to make the company as profitable as possible. He's trimming uh, the fat. They say that Scheinberg should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I know Terrence Chan's been making that argument. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I, I was seeing Bezov as someone who didn't necessarily love poker stars or poker or, or wanted the good of anything for the good of poker, but was just trying to make the maximum amount of money. But I said, that's his duty as CEO. I understand that. But now, like I'm, I'm reading now about all these shady things that, that he and his brother did and the uh, the way the whole company sprung up somehow from a tanning salon to, to what it is today. The, the whole thing is just weird. And I, I think the hammer's coming down pretty hard because they're they're going back many years investigating him. And it's serious enough now that he's actually stepping away. Now, for those of you wondering about the stock price for Amaya, which has been struggling in uh, the last year to say the least, Obviously, this uh, this news hasn't been very good for them. Now it's it's still not as uh, as bad off as it once was. It did it did have a major drop after the thing with uh, Bezos was announced about the indictment. 
It dropped from fourteen point twenty five U.S. dollars to eleven eighteen, which is almost its all time low. Not quite, but close. The all time low is nine nine eighty nine. But it's it's since sprung up for whatever reason. Maybe maybe on the announcement that he's stepping away. It it since uh, March twenty eighth, it has sprung up to thirteen seventy eight. So it's almost back to the pre announcement, but still. Still way below where it once was. As recently as November 9th, it was 23.56, and currently it's at 13.78. So, still a long way to go, and I don't think it's ever going to get there. So, uh, so that's uh, that's all I have to say about David Bezoff at the moment. I'm sure there'll be more to the story later. But, uh, Brandon, have you? Read it all or heard it all about uh, how Poker Stars New Jersey has been doing. And uh, by the way, do you know how old? I'm sorry, I just wanted to say a word or two. This Bezoff guy is. Well, how old do you guess he is? Uh, late forties. He just turned thirty-five this year. Oh wow! Amazing. Do you know what he's worth personally, according to Forbes? What'd you guess? Uh, I can't believe he's 35. I'm not, I don't know if the, he's 35. According to the Forbes article, it doesn't state whether this includes, you know, if this is like cash. I mean, I never know how they can figure that yeah, out. Yeah, it may have to do with like, the stock options and all yeah, that. Yeah, right. I don't know if it's like, you know, but what, the, what does Forbes say he's worth? What did you guess? Uh, $3 billion. He's worth $3.5 billion. Well, I was close. I didn't even know. I just guessed it. And he's 35 years old. It's amazing. I I, th- I thought he was older for some reason. I, I've seen a few pictures of him. I didn't think he looked. I thought he looked older than 35. He, and I mean, I didn't even know this. Apparently, this uh, he walked in to Manhattan in early 2014 or th- I guess 13 into a company called Blackstone Group. I've never heard of them, but they're apparently the world's biggest private equity firm. And basically, with their backing, he borrowed $4.9 billion to purchase wow. Poker Stars. It's amazing. Anyhow. Well, that may um, not, that's probably not going too well at this point. That's, it's, yeah. been, it's been a disappointment for them. So, but Getting to your next question, uh, inside sources that I know said or told me directly, and I actually asked that question, that the response in New Jersey has been overwhelming. I, I never verified this. This is what I've been told. Uh Minus the hiccups, such as people being able to register, the whole geolocating thing, people that had old Stars accounts trying to convert it. There, there were some hiccups in the beginning, but uh, from what I've been told, uh, the number that I was actually told was over 8,000 people registered within, I guess, the, I, this was about a week ago, I had a conversation with someone about this. So whenever the, the, the launch began, uh, up until I guess a week ago today, maybe five days ago, I was told over eight thousand people registered, um, and that the response was overwhelming, and that they expected Poker Stars to uh, more or less corner the market eventually. You know, in terms of the market space, market share, whatever you want to call it, uh, within a reasonable amount of time. Well, okay, so so here's here's my answer to that. I I, I partially believe that, and partially don't. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. No, but- I mean I've never logged in. I haven't browsed to see, you know, I know nothing other than what I've been told. So yeah. you would have to film me. No, I know, I know, I know. Well, no, I, I can't so, log in either because I'm not in New Jersey. But, no, but I mean, I thought you could look at the table, see how many are playing, 
Um, you know, I haven't I actually haven't downloaded the PokerStars New Jersey software. I probably could. I, but... I figured you could because you could still even now, uh, or as recently as a few months ago, that was the last time I did it. I had an old laptop that uh, I have so many old laptops that had PokerStars on, and I updated the new software just so I could look and see what games actually went. Yeah, I probably I should have. I, I didn't think of that, but but let me tell you what what yeah. PokerScout.com is saying. I sometimes think of things that you don't think of, Drust. You do. That's why we keep you around. So. PokerScout dot com tracks these uh, these sites of, of both uh, the average number of cash players. They don't they don't do tournaments. They only do cash players. The average number of cash players and the peak over the last twenty four hours. So the peak would usually be in the evening. Sometimes that's when most people play. But the average to me is most important. The peak doesn't really matter. It just matters over a seven-day a seven average that gives a good picture of how many cash players you have on there. Now, I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that they did get a ton of sign-ups. I believe that eventually PokerStars will become uh, not just the leading room, which actually it already is in New Jersey, but the dominant room and the others will fall off. And... Uh, we're already seeing evidence of that happening, which I'll explain shortly. So I believe those statements. But uh, I, I want to compare this to – I was running a chat room. I don't even talk about this too much, but I, I ran a, a web chat room in the 90s, which was like a small web chat room of a, kind of a small community, kind of, kind of compa- comparable to, to Poker Fraud Alert in a way, kind of a group of people that had been around together for a while along mixed with some new now, this has nothing to do with what's that other site you run in your spare time now no no it's nothing to do with, Don, Ve- Don Johnson, with what was it called with with vegas casino talk yeah that's not about it's not like that no but what was the one you just bought oh, from a guy yeah it was called alan alan best buys yeah yes okay go ahead it's not nothing to do no with nothing to do with products. that this is from back in the 90s and right. it doesn't exist anymore but th- this this chat it was a sm- kind of a small time thing just had as a hobby well a few of the chatters there they used to chat on a thing called the web chat broadcasting system known as WBS. It was a fairly big web chat system in the 90s, and it just abruptly closed down. And people said, hey, you know, your interface is kind of similar to the web chat broadcasting system, except it's, much, it's, it's a much simpler version of it. Uh, can, you, uh, can you build it up to, to kind of emulate what was there before, and we'll invite all these people over? That used to be on, on WBS, and, and yours thing will become huge just like WBS was. So, of course, I'm like, oh, crap, i got to do this. So I I, I, no, I didn't have all, a whole lot of time because I still had a regular job. But I put all my time outside of work into trying to immediately build up this simple web chat thing I had to be similar to WBS. And it was tough to do. And I never quite... You know, brought it up to exactly what WBS was, but I, I made a, a reasonable emulation of it. And and now what era was this? The WBS? Th- this was nineties. No, oh, so there were no, no WBS podcasts. Or no, no, like no, that. nothing to do with a radio show or anything like that. So, yeah. so, and I, I wasn't even like I, I wasn't really interested in personally chatting with all the WBS people. I just, I saw an opportunity to like have a big system that was going to make money. So. I ran into some issues. The, the server I had it running on wasn't good enough to handle the influx of people. I, I, I kind of bungled it in a few ways. I was too cheap at the beginning. Instead of just paying the money for the proper uh, servers to handle it, I just thought I'll go with what I have and move on from there. And, and it kind of drove people away. But the reason I'm bringing this up, and I, and I made a little money from it, but not that much. Yeah, like I think I made $20,000 that year, but... Which sounds like a lot, but this was a big opportunity to have made a lot more, and, I, and then it kind of fell off from there. Uh, 
It was it was through advertising, through serving ads at the top that I, that I made the money. But mm. but uh, you were quite the young entrepreneur. Even no, I I, I I I I'm not actually proud of it. I kind of uh, I made a mistake. I was too cheap at the beginning. We don't beginning. have to talk about it if it upsets you. It doesn't upset me. I just I, I just it's not what I'm bragging about. It's more of one I like. I had a big opportunity there, and I kind of like. Halfway got it right, but halfway got it wrong. Is it like similar maybe to the main event when you finished 80th or 90th and it's like I never wonder if I'll ever have this opportunity again? Is that is it that kind of feeling? No, not quite that way. It was it was, it was one more more just like I, I had a decision to make. You know, and I, I kind of remember hap- though after you busted from that main event, we were at the the bar on the Flamingo, and you said to me, "I I don't know if I'll ever have that opportunity again." I may not, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, that, I. I got to, the reason I'm bringing this up is that we had a ton of people registering. I mean, a ton because they, they the word got around real fast that this is the new WBS and people were addicted to WBS, so they they wanted a new place. Oh, to is go. this nationwide? Oh yeah, it was worldwide. So we, people in the, uh, England. Oh yeah, England, yeah, yeah, everywhere. all all over the place. So people flocked in there. And you were the only. You were the sole proprietor. I, I was doing it along with with a partner who, but but I I did most of the work. So, so, it was, so wait, you had a prior mic on. I, I kind of did, yeah. So uh, Jesus. Um, actually, this that the, the the second guy is the one who got me into poker, strangely enough. Mm. But I wasn't into poker at that point. This is so much I don't even know about you. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Of... <laughs> How can you do all these shows and each time you tell some kind of tale that most would think would be so far fetched if not you were not known for your honesty, integrity? They'd say there's no way that he did this. Like everyone feels like maybe they already know. You know your life, and then you say the day was, you know, November eighth, nineteen eighty seven. Like I was thinking the other day. Let me tell you something real fast. I know it's a tangent. On April Fools, you know what I thought about? I thought, you know what, I'm gonna go. I'm taking the bowel movement, and you know, and you know, without me going into more detail, that I browse PFA when I'm on the can, and I said to myself, it's April Fools. I wonder if Druff wrote an April Fools post, and then I thought back to the year two thousand and eight. And the story of your illegitimate son. Yeah, that was the that best was one. Yeah, that was the best and one. And everyone fell for it. Everyone fell for it. Do you remember that post? I even, I even had Miss Idaho come on the radio yes. and pretend like she was yes. my uh, the, the baby mama. Yes. So anyhow, I'm sorry again, but I had to bring it up. Yeah, by the way, for those of you that don't know that what he's talking about is that in, in, I, I played a prank on uh, Never Win Poker at the time. That uh, And it's an April Fool's prank. And the, and the way I... I did it without being too obvious. It was April Fool's. I did it on March 31st, where it was April 1st, uh, somewhere in the world, but not where I was. But I did it on the 31st, so people weren't ready for it. And I, I posted that uh, I had met a girl on a party line in the mid-90s, like in 95. It was, it was supposed to be 95. I met a girl in, I remember the city. I said it was in Tehachapi, California, which is kind of, you know, the middle of nowhere and kind of like southern central California. And then I met her. I had sex with her once. Didn't really see her again. And then uh, I found out very recently that I had a 12-year-old. I think it was a daughter, actually. Yeah, a 12-year-old daughter. And then I found this out very recently only because I think she was going – her mom was going to jail for credit card fraud or something like that. There's some crime she was going to jail for and that the mom contacted me, first broke it to me that I had a 12-year-old daughter, and second – that uh, she needs me to give her money to to get out of the situation, and also she wanted back child support. And I was saying this isn't fair because she knew how to contact me, and she chose to just uh, 
leave me out of the child's life and I was pissed that I missed 12 years of my daughter's life. And so I said that, you know, for the past six months, I've been getting to know my daughter. I even made a, a story which actually worked well. I said that some of you may remember that when I made it deep in such and such event, there was a 12-year-old girl standing there. People wonder why she was there. That was actually my daughter. I just didn't tell anyone. And the funny thing is, people, in, including everyone, he told me he did this, people invented the 12-year-old girl in their mind and said, yeah, I remember seeing a 12-year-old girl there. I totally made that up. But because I said, oh, some of you remember seeing her, that gave legitimacy to the story. So uh, anyway, the whole thing was made up. And then uh, uh, the, the final way, the final thing I did was I had a female user of the site at the time whose voice wasn't known to people who chatted, who was there is Miss Idaho. I had her call in and argue with me about the situation. And then at the end, she said, congratulations, NWP, you've been rolled. And then that's when I revealed the whole thing was a joke and there was no no daughter. I remember uh, that uh, Gavin Smith, who was apparently lurking on NWP at the time. Uh, he had a crooked cop? No, that no, that's Gavin Griffin. Gavin Smith. Oh, uh, oh he, yeah, that's the bigger one. Yeah, he, 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 once, he commented at a poker table about something about my daughter. And so I said, oh, I got <laughs> He didn't realize he was reading it. That's then later, funny. later he took a dislike to me. I think because I was mean to Joe Seabach, who he was good friends with. But but anyway, that's that's what Brandon was talking about. But uh, but going back to Poker Stars. And by the way, I'm logged on right now, and two things immediately. Uh, I want to state there's actually two games going right now. As we, well, actually, first off, you can actually watch oh. the actual games. Yeah. I'm watching oh. right now a one dollar, two dollar heads up game between. Fade or holds and bingo player. Uh, they're sitting with stacks of five seventy nine and two fourteen respectively. And then there's a five cent, ten cent game. That's it. There's two games. Well, that's what's right weird. Is, is it's showing right? So it's showing on Poker Scout. I thought this may be a mistake, but I guess not. There's I'm only watching it. Watching there's only play. five cash players right now. Now that that's an anomaly. What it must, is. There's five players exactly. So, right so what, what what must have happened here is that uh, may, they may have just done a, a system reboot or reset or something. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say that it's got five players usually because it doesn't. The truth is the seven day average has been 180 players. Now that's not awful, but that is not a success story. You know what? Maybe there is a reboot going because I'm not even seeing tournaments running right now. Yeah, there must have been a I think reboot. There could be something. Yeah, I've never seen five. I've been checking. I've never seen anything like five. So there must but anyhow, be. Anyhow, you can watch, by the way. Uh, you know, just just if you want to get an idea of traffic and actually watch the games. Secondly, and I did not know this. It looks as if, or it doesn't look. There's a casino. Yeah, there did is. You know this? Yeah, there is. Yes, you because can play blackjack, yes. roulette, in all of the machines. New, right in, in New Jersey, you can do this. That was approved. Wow. Yeah, in New Jersey, this is it's been like that forever on these other sites too. So and that's what's been making the money. That's what's been saving New Jersey. The poker revenue has been crap. The what's been saving them in New Jersey, and it's, it's still making way less than was expected. But what's saving them, what's making almost all the money on these New Jersey sites, is the casino, and not not the poker. The poker's been a big failure all over the place. So so anyway. Well, I'll tell you this: they had a free roll uh, yesterday. Oh no! I'm sorry. No, they have they had a they have a five thousand dollar free roll for new players, which is kind of nice, I guess. Um, I'm looking at their tournaments. Their biggest tournament yesterday was the Sunday Storm. Yesterday meeting today, and it had four hundred four entries. It was a ten dollar no limit six max tournament with a five k guarantee, and of course it, it met the guarantee. There was six thousand dollars in the prize pool, and they had five hundred four entries. Well, I mean, okay, okay, yeah, right, bad. right. No, it's not, it's not terrible, but uh, but here, here's the problem, okay? I believe they are going to smack down 
WSOP New Jersey and and Party New Jersey and you know, Party Borgata. I, I think those are going to go down. In fact, we're already seeing evidence of it. Uh, the the seven day averages for WSOP has fallen to one fifty. I mean, you know what? Like, look at this. And I just saw this today. They also had a Sunday high roller tournament. It's a five hundred dollar buy in tournament. They've never. I don't even think the WSOP has ever had anything like this. But this is a weekly tournament that started. And they had uh, how many people you think bought in five hundred bucks today to play on a high roller? Uh, the fifteen k guarantee. What did you guess? A hundred. No, forty seven people. That's fine. I was, about to, I, was, I was about to say forty five, yeah. and then I twenty two thousand dollar prize pool. I mean, that's those are decent. Those are numbers better than Vegas. I'll tell you that. No one's pulling up five hundred in Vegas. No, no, no. I know but, uh, the Vegas are fail sites too. What I'm saying here is the, the thing is New Jersey is a much bigger state population wise. Okay. And, and and they are sucking traffic from WSOP and from parties for sure because those those averages have dropped. Uh, WSOP has dropped to 150 players, and uh, party has dropped to 100 players average over the last seven days. Poker Stars is number one already at 180 players. However, I've been watching and they're not going up. They're stagnant. They're stuck at this uh, a peak around a 24 hour peak of around high 300s, low 400s of cash players, and, and a seven day average of around the high 100s. And that's that's not going to get it done. That's not going to be. And the reason I'm comparing to that chat room is I had a ton of signups, but not a whole lot of active chatters because I, I messed some things up. And by the time I fixed everything, and I'm not talking about their glitches. Their, their, their glitches, I understand. Their glitches are going to happen, and this is very difficult to avoid. I'm not talking about the glitches. I'm talking about just I don't think, and I'm not blaming poker stars. Because I think they, you know, they're, they're doing the best they can. I, I think the problem is there just is not enough interest for New Jersey online poker. And, and part of the reason there's no interest is because the process of getting on there is is a pain in the ass, and people don't like the verify now before playing. They want to impulsively go on and play without all the BS. And all the, the, the non-legal sites have a model of play now, verify later, and the later comes only when you cash out. So that's why I, I think that's a big hurdle. And, of course, that's not PokerStar's fault. That's the, the way the laws are written as far as the verifications are concerned. But... But I think that's hurting it. I also think just the the, the enthusiasm for online poker has died out a lot in, in the five years since Black Friday. I think New Jersey's population, while a lot bigger than Nevada, is still not large enough. You, I think you really, really need a large population to feed into these sites to have any sort of chance. But I, even with that, like California, which is much bigger than New Jersey and has about one-ninth of you the know, U.S. population. Let me, let me say this, and this is really interesting. Also today, well, there's another uh, – it's just amazing looking at these tournaments. Like I wish I could play some of these once in a while if I wanted to. There's also a $200 tournament today with a 50K guarantee that it met the guarantee by almost $20,000. And I'm looking right now. It has a little poker star sign next to, I guess, the uh, sponsored poker star pros and, uh, you know, common name. He actually uh, finished 54th, which is exactly where the money started. Jason Mercier. Uh, yeah, I know about for that. $345. And then I see Money 800, New Jersey, which would, of course, be Chris Moneymaker with the little poker Yeah, I knew about those two representing it, yeah. And I, I mean, I just didn't know they were in New Jersey for this. Yeah, I knew. And then I don't know who Jay Carver NJ is. Who's Jay Carver? I, I don't know who Jay Carver is. He's but... another poker star pro. Uh, I see Matt Glantz. He finished 18th today. And then I also see, uh, and this is crazy, uh, <laughs> it's literally crazy. I see, I'm not going to say the name, 
but I see a name that Crazy Mike has played under on one of the sites that wasn't really well known that that was him. And that exact screen name played in this tournament today. So I wonder if he was even, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I've noticed he hasn't been on WSOP, actually. Oh, maybe he went to New Jersey. I played a lot of WSOP this weekend. Um, just happened to be home and I, you know, not doing much. And I played a bit uh, and I didn't see him. And I played actually uh, 15, 30, 30, 16, some 10, 20. I played Lemon Hold'em basically all weekend and some other games. And he wasn't in that game. And I'm seeing his screen name here. So I wonder if these guys really thought, or at least maybe he thought, I'm going to go to New Jersey and I'll clean up on the games. But uh, Yeah, I can believe that. So, so anyway, the, the, but the point I'm making is that I've seen tournaments here and it just started that have never even happened in, in – I mean, there's a handful of $200 tournaments that took place. Today. Well, okay, so, so but it's, it's doing better than the Nevada super fail sites, but it's, but it's still kind of a fail site. The thing is there's, there's, uh, the population in New Jersey is about 9 million people. And that's and you have 180 cash players average. That's pretty pathetic. And 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 it's not because they just started because uh, because they've been here since March 21st, which isn't that long of a time. But they're not going up. They're they're stagnant already, which is a bad sign. Now I do now I believe that they may grow a little bit from the decline of the other two. But what I predicted when they joined the market was that they will beat the other two sites. They will pretty much steal their traffic, but they're not going to really introduce any kind of – there's not going to be a, much of an increase in New Jersey online poker play overall. It's going to just shift to them. So maybe when, when the whole thing – What do you mean shift to them? From the existing sites that were there before them. So, so if you add up all the – Oh, you're saying they're not just going to be people that have said in the last two years or however long since it's been legal, oh, well, I haven't – signed up and played any online poker but now the poker star is here now is a perfect time to- right right you're not going to get much of that you're saying that the, that you're just going to take from the existing yes yes and, and, and which have been fail sites and the only reason they're making but, money is because of the casino but let me ask you this if you happen to be in new jersey uh whether it be atlantic city or maybe even just newark would you take the time to create an account to play on that site while you were there uh probably not but but if if I did it would be just for the gimmick of it, not because of a of a feeling like I really wanted like a I think it's uh, worth time but to play there. You know what? I mean I guess I agree with you, but I'm looking here and it's amazing because of course it's nothing like what it used to be, but it's looking like people in New Jersey can literally wake up and play poker tournaments on Sunday to some degree. They, they can, some- but but if you're getting hundreds instead of thousands, say when, when this when the legalized online poker was proposed Everyone had such big eyes believing that, yeah, it's not going to be like old stars, but it's going to be thousands of people are going to flock to it, especially knowing it's legal now. And that's not happening. We're getting hundreds, which if you think about it, is pretty pathetic. Out of 9 million people, you're getting hundreds of cash players. Forget hundreds. You're not even getting 200 average cash players uh, every day on there. And, and most of these are micro-limit players. It's not even Yeah, like- but you don't think that 279 people plunking down $200 like they did today – to play in this 50k guarantee, I mean that's that's decent. It's I mean, not. It's not. A, it's not an epic I'll fail. That, I'll tell you one thing. That's bigger. I mean, if they can maintain those numbers, even get a little bigger, that's bigger than any tournament live or online in Nevada today. Yes, but that but that's that's not what they're expecting, and it's not going to make them that much money. They 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 were really now they're hoping. I'm talking this, more of a jealous, you know, poker player standpoint. Not I mean versus a, a corporate view of it. I'm saying as a poker player, I'm looking at this, and it does to some degree make me envious that 
you know, the tournaments that we have here are twenty dollar tournaments. It's the biggest tournament you can. No, play. I know, I know. It's it's better than that, but but still, look at you're getting a few hundred people. Like like big deal. It's like a, it's nothing to get excited about. It's not like it's not like you can play a Sunday Million again. This is this is a few hundred people entering. It's it's not it's not exciting. And probably a lot of them are pros anyway. I I wouldn't be excited to enter this even if I did like online tournaments. It, it's just this isn't what they were expecting. This isn't what they've been fighting so hard for. Now a lot of people say this is just like the gateway state. This is just to prove that they can operate in New Jersey and operate well, and right. and then eventually make it to ca- to California when that's legalized, and and maybe states will be combining. There's even been some talk of New York legalizing online poker and Pennsylvania. That's been talked for a while. So what if all three of them do and and do a combination New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania room? Then you might have something going. But but I I think that unfortunately, even if you greatly increase the population that that can access it. There's just not the enthusiasm for legalized online poker that was expected. Combination of just a lack of interest in online poker compared to before, and the difficulty in signing up and with, with the verifying. People just don't want to go through those extra steps. Uh, it, it, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos once said that he, that he calculated that with every click, there's an immense drop off. Okay, but this is why I'm pissed off though. I'm looking at this and I'm seeing Limit Badoogie. I'm seeing eight game. I'm seeing deuce to seven. Are they running? I'm saying no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying not now. They're not. It's I mean it's six forty nine in the morning, but they're not. Limit deuce to seven. Pot limit deuce to seven. Limit five card draw. Pot limit five card draw. You see what I'm saying? Limit ras. Why can't I, as an Nevadan that has three online gaming sites here, why can't any of those sites offer any of these games? Because they're fail sites. I mean it. it I mean, I know you don't really get it because you love Limit Hold'em, and that's really the you know, that's your only game. I, I get it; it's your bread and butter game. But as someone that loves some of these other games, it irks me that I, I mean. No, I do get it, but, but don't be too irked until you see they're going. They could they could be listed there if they don't ever run. It's it's not going to well, matter. Well, I mean, how, when did uh, the soft launch end with the different times? When is it? Oh, when but, how, uh, no, it's it, it's been it's, it's no no it's it's two been two weeks. two weeks yeah. But believe it or not, two weeks is is a fairly long time for this. It's a, it's not it's long. It's not like we're talking about two days into it. Two weeks, it, it, they should they're not even growing. It's it's been stagnant. So what do you think? You think MoneyMaker? Did, did did they tell him? Well, you know what? We need you to move to New Jersey. Yes. Or, or do you think they told him on the weekends we need you to be there? To no, I, I I I don't know if he's going for the. I think they moved him. I think they moved him. Remember, he doesn't have any money, so he's just. Going, yeah. He's he's doing what they say. How much do you think they're giving that mercy to have him in New Jersey on a Sunday? Yeah, I wondered about that. That's kind of like money maker. I understand because he needs the money, but Mercier, does he really need to do this? So, like, unless they're giving him a lot of money. Weird. Yeah. And they have the. I'm just looking. They have at this point four different spin and goes that you can play: a dollar to win a thousand, two to win two thousand, five to win up to five thousand, ten to win up to a hundred thousand. Um, but I can't watch those or see if, if – actually, I guess you can. Yeah, you can actually hit observe. Wow, there's been a 6,000 – five hours ago, there was a $6,000 spin and go that hit. It's amazing. I'm looking at these now. Um, yeah, I I, th- I I just don't see this as – I think gonna... it's cool that I can at least look here. Yeah, it is. I, I, I never like understood why you got – I... I mean, it doesn't block me, but I think you told me you can't even watch. Yeah, I, I never understood why all these sites were blocking you from watching – because that shouldn't yeah. have been illegal. Well, Bovada does that too. Bovada does it for a different reason. They, they're obsessed with stopping data mining. Oh, okay. 
So, so uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't think this is going to be – I don't think it's going to be an epic failure like where there's nobody on there or it's going to close. But what I'm saying is from what you can relatively expect it to be, you have to call it a success. I mean you know there's, there wasn't going to be 5,000 people playing. I mean, what? Like, oh no! It's, it's not defying expectations at all. I, I noticed when it first launched, I made the statement of what it's going to be, and it's gone along with what I said. Well, that's so, what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't call it a failure. I mean, it is what it is. It's not. It's not a failure compared to what I predicted, and maybe you predicted. Like, the, so, so in that, it, it wasn't uh, surprisingly bad. It's just that the unfortunately the projection I'm giving for it wasn't very good, and they've I mean, lived up to I it. Could, I could. I could see people if if if. The site gets minimal to modest games going. I could see people moving to New Jersey. No, there's another reason they won't do that, and that, or if they do, they're going to leave. Is you just yawn? Was that like a really loud yawn? Yeah, but uh, you fading on us? No, no, I'm I'm okay. But here's why they're not going to do it: the games aren't going to be that good. This is going to mostly be pros, and that's the, the problem. Is I think most of the enthusiasm for coming on here at this point is from pros, and and they're going to people are going to get real tired of this. The Crap games running, and I. Now, I just, Matt Glance, where does he live? Yeah, I know. I I don't know. Maybe he can tell us. He listens to the show, so. No, wait, I always get confused. Doesn't he run? Is he the guy that runs the parks? Yeah, he's associated with the parks. I don't think he runs. He's associated with it in some way, like an ambassador or something. Yeah. So he would have had to driven the what is it like an? It's an I've done it a couple times. It's like an hour drive, hour and ten minutes. So he had to drive to New Jersey today. Yeah, that's so is, is the rule there then? It's not like the nationwide that literally I like the Vegas. I could go fly out tomorrow, stay at the Taj Mahal, and then show some sort of ID and proof that I'm in New Jersey and just play. Yes. And then my account just kind of stays in the limbo. Yes. So he woke up today, and he or yesterday or whatever, and he drove out to New Jersey. Well, maybe may, maybe he was there anyway for something else. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know, he looked like he played in all the Sunday tournaments today. Yeah. So I'm just because I've seen him cash or finish uh, in a number. I mean, and again, it might not even be Matt Glantz. I assume it is. It probably is. Any huh? special, you know, notation? No, it's probably him. Maybe he, maybe he yeah. just wanted to play him, and he was he wanted to go yeah. to Jersey anyway. So uh, the okay. thing is, I, I just there are some people who believe this is going to be a major game changer, and that once you know, all we need is Poker Stars to enter the market, and everything's going to be right again. I'm just saying it, there's just not interest. It's not Poker Stars' and fault. What, what does Poker Stars have? I think is it 2018 until they because of that bad actors clause that they can't apply for a license in Nevada. Is it 17 or 18? I'm not sure. Okay, but did you know that's why people always say, "Well, why aren't they here too?" Uh, yeah. You know, did you know that that they're in some basically a probationary period where they're not allowed to apply because of uh, an agreed upon penalty for you know that so-called bad actors clause? Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, and and they, yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking at 2018. 2018, but it's, it's not going to matter. 2018, they'll be able to apply it in the Nevada game. But it's going to be a, a total fail there. The only thing it's going to do, they'll probably kill. You off. know what? They kill the WSOP. Though. I know they'll kill off WSOP. That's what they'll do. If they, I, I, in. You know what? I, I've never even heard of that. I wonder how much more that would help if they added online casinos. I, I guess it's not legalized here because I'm sure Caesars would have done that. Uh, you know, added. No, it's not. It's not. It's not legalized. Yeah, only New Jersey. But no, uh, I mean, I'm looking at this, and even if they had the same sort of games, I'm looking at the software, and just if they had the same games or even similar, I would definitely play on Poker Stars versus WSOP. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it'll blow away WSOP, and yeah. so. So yeah, that's that's and so 
one other Poker Stars related story. Uh, it has to do with them raising the rake. That uh, let's see, this already happened. This uh, yeah, this has yeah, happened it already. Happen. It, it started just, uh, like March thirtieth or something. Or, yeah, or, or March twenty eighth. So yes, it wasn't they, everything across the board, but it was most everything. Yeah, so they're they're raising uh, the rake on spin and goes. For, this is the regular Poker Stars, not the New Jersey one. Uh, and the funny thing is, this is announced the same day that they opened the New Jersey site. So that's what's kind of funny is they uh, they had a piece of good news and bad news. So the good news is they opened New Jersey to everybody. The bad news is that uh, this is announced March 21st. Spin and go rake, and this is, this is all taking effect on March 28th, so that means it's in effect now. It, it, they increased from uh, uh, by one percentage point for uh, $1 to $30 buy-ins, and I guess two percentage points for a $3 buy-in was kind of weird. Uh, in multi-table tournaments... They're going to start charging rebuy and add-on fees, where before you could add with with no fee at all. Just whatever you add goes directly into the prize pool. Now they take a piece of that, which pisses people off. And uh, the they're increasing the rake on the hyper turbos by five percent. And in some no limit and pot limit ring games, especially heads up. They're going to be increasing the percentage of rake and the cap rake. Now, let me ask you this, my friend. Since we don't play on stars, I haven't really been kept abreast on what the rake has been. But I, I read in Poker Stars release that they claim they're still lower than what they call "quote unquote" the industry standard. Is that accurate? It probably or, is. Are I, they still lower than what what you're paying on Bovada or what others are paying on, for example, America's Card Room? Uh, they, they probably are. They, that's what their argument has been: is that uh, they are that they, all they're doing is, is basically catching up to the competitors. And so what, are, what, what are they raking now? Can you, do you know? I, I don't have the raw numbers in front of me, okay. but they, they probably are, they're probably accurate about that. And I'll say this though: in in history, in online poker history, it's been generally acknowledged that the smaller networks. Have better games than Poker Stars because it has fewer pros and it's kind of out of the way. And you get, you get, you know, no, you used to always be good at that, that China maniac. You'd ask him, he'd say, I'm playing on the Russian Roulette Network. And like it's some site I've never heard of, but for some reason, like you remember, he used to always know these sites. Yeah, no, I was on a lot of them too in the day. So, so yeah. they, so the, I remember, what was the one you had before no one even knew? Oh, the Boston, the Boss Media. I, they, yeah, I, like I own that one. Yeah, it was a gold mine. Yeah. So, so so the so these smaller networks the rake wasn't good the software wasn't good the customer service wasn't good there was one thing that was good the games that uh, yeah. they, they and way better than PokerStars games but you you gave up things in like rake and so PokerStars yeah maybe the rake's better the VIP program paid in a timely manner well most of those that I played on fortunately I, I did but back well, in those I remember days. back then there were sites where they used to sit I mean even now if if you. People will say if you get paid in six to eight weeks by check, that that's good. I know, I know. That, now it's, ter- now it's terrible. That. They're no. not too bad. Six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's terrible. That's... I wouldn't even bother. Yeah. But but I'm, I'm just saying here that the problem here is that these other sites that their poker stars are coming close to matching in rake, uh, those have better games than poker stars, if, presumably, so, if it's like it I, used to be. I know you've said this before, my, my esteemed colleague, and I'll, I'll agree with you. 
I think nothing will be definitive until we see it legalized in California and see how what the results are then. If it, if if it's legalized at some point in California, and what what would be your best guess if you were a wagering man? 2018, would you say? I mean, it's not going to be this year. It's probably not going to be next year. Is there a chance in 2018 that you can wake up, you know, visit your tadpoles, uh, play with your laptop out with your little frogs chirping and play some online poker in your home? Yeah, it does sound good to be out there with frogs chirping. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you think is – I mean what, what – I don't know. I don't read the news. In California, what right now are they – is it dead? Is there anything even? It's it, it just perpetually stalled. It's always like it's like, oh wow, here's a new opportunity. Oh no, it went nowhere. It's over and over and over. I stopped so reporting what's your it. What's best out here. guess before you can log in and play? What, what would you say? Oh, and then and there's like a, a year waiting period before they even get it going. So I, I, I say it's like 2019, Yikes. and maybe not even then. It's just going nowhere. It's, it's always like going somewhere yet going nowhere. You know, this is the thing that I hate the most about government. Like, to do something so simple, it takes years and years of our lives of waiting and waste. And it just, it, it you know, yep, I heard it. Go on. No, I, I, it's actually kind of soothing. Uh, I mean, how many years are we going on now without poker? We're going... Uh, five. Five years. We're almost at the five-year anniversary of Black Friday. It's amazing. You know, I, I, I've played some live poker lately. Uh, just, you know, with friends mainly. Kind of to get in the groove for the World Series, but mainly because I've been out with friends. And it's funny how, you know, I, I was at the Mirage, for instance, last week. And twice I had people mock me for, you know, living in the U.S. because of that. You know, meaning that they'd say, oh, you can't play. You know, they're like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I live here. They're like, oh, you can't <laughs> play poker in the United States. Or if someone else said something about the WSOP, they made a comment like, nice fail site you guys have here in Nevada, WSOP.com. And, you know, it's really <laughs> embarrassing. People like, you know, it, it, I don't know, they're laughing at us. Can't even play online poker. Yeah. I mean, it, it just... So... I, uh, yeah, it's 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 a slow process. And you know, you know what's interesting, by the way, speaking of Black Friday, this will be... The first time that April fifteenth will fall on a Friday again. And why is tax uh, the filing thing on the eighteenth this year? Is it normally April fifteenth? Yeah, it's, it's it's usually because I haven't looked into why it is this year. It counts like it's eighteenth. It, it, sometimes there's the sometimes there's like a funny holiday on that day for a certain state, and then they don't want to screw everything up for those other states, so, so they they just delay the whole thing to the eighteenth. Let me ask you another question. When you were look, what was the name of that tracking uh, site for the WSOP in New Jersey? A PokerScout.com. Does it count people that are just sitting waiting for a game, or that, does it only count active games? I don't know. I think it just counts. Tell me the number it has right now. All right, and I don't know if it has a delay either. Okay, I'm just curious how accurate. it Let is. Let me take a look here. So it looks like people are starting to wake up a little bit. The one-two game is almost full. One-two no limit. Which I know you probably couldn't find now in Vegas. Okay, so oh, I clicked the wrong thing. I love some of these names. Like you see all these names back. It was like 2002 again. I fold the nuts. Raise me, please. Like really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's dumb. I know. Uh, it, it is showing six. Okay, there's actually eleven people playing. 
And there's three people that are sitting at games. So there must there must be a delay. Yeah. So there's okay. Six handed, six handed, one two no limit, and five handed. I mean, God, how could you be playing five cent, ten cent? Like you must just want to. I mean, there are people that literally have three four dollars in front. Well, of that's the problem. And that's that's a lot of the players. Unfortunately, you'll see when this populates yeah, well, it's later. It's like that in Vegas. I know. That, and this is what I'm saying. If I want like, to play nickel dime poker. I, 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 I have all the places to play. That's what I'm saying. It's not even just the numbers. It's that it's like a high percentage of micro limits too. That's why it's so brutal. That's why I don't think these are succeeding. Forget just even even from the standpoint. Forget the standpoint of how much the, the company's making. Just from the poker standpoint, if it's mostly micro limits, it's a joke. And that's a. I just don't think they have the player. I don't think they're even close to the player pool they need to support even a, a, a steady helping of middle limit games. Now, if you take it something like like you take something like Bovada, which yes, they have a, a much much bigger pool of players that they can get because of the the rest- lack of restrictions. But uh, they have plenty of mid-limit games going. Uh, Druff, how many uh, quality high and you know, i.e. Kobe or Wagyu burgers, uh, a small side of fries, and a medium beverage? Would you say you owe me? I mean, I lost track after two or three. I know it's at least three. But I think it is three. Four. Okay, well, so it's, okay, we'll agree. It's three. Make you a deal. I'm, I'll give you a free roll now. I'll make it down to you only owe me two Wagyu or Kobe burgers, medium fries or onion rings, and a medium soda. If you can tell me this, there is a heads up, no one's playing now, there is a heads up 50 cent $1 limit deuce of seven triple draw. What is the name of that table? Take a guess. Scotty, no. Oh, you scared me when you said the scats. Is it really scats? Yes, it is. With it, with a S K A T S, not Z. Oh, it's too bad. So close. Yeah. Oh, you scared me for a second. Uh, <laughs> Scott, yeah. Scott's, uh, do you know? Yeah, he's been posting. I, mean, I know. I saw. I saw he back. was he was defending uh, genocide. So let's talk about genocide since we're on the topic. Sure. Uh, genocide, and after after that, we'll talk about uh, Dan Blazarian and his bike. Genocide who has been uh, absent, was Jennifer Lee, for those of you that don't know. L-E-I-G-H. She appeared in Playboy some years ago. Uh, she, she... There's a spoiler alert, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, there's a picture of her on the front site. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she she appeared uh, in the poker scene in uh, 2004 and was, was pretty young at the time. I think she was 22 or 21, something like that. Uh, everyone was fascinated with her. It was like one of the first... Uh, pretty girls in poker, in online poker that was seen. So everyone got all excited. Uh, she even was posting on Everyone Poker for a while. and it had some I, connection with Dutch Boyd's brother. Yeah, there was that some was connection. was the first connection right. to the poker There world. was some connection with just Dutch Boyd's brother. I don't remember what it was. They were friends, not lovers. Probably the only one in poker she fuck. Something that isn't very well known about her is that Genocide was involved in the party line and phone hacker world, as was I. But in a different generation, I was out of it by the time she was into it because we're different ages. So uh, I could have, met, if I was a little younger, I would have met her through that before poker. Uh, so anyway, genocide. Uh, she she's been through a lot of ups and downs over the years, and she uh, the, the first down she really no offense, ha- but most of them were downs. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. One of the, one like of the, if someone said you what are her career highlights, what would you even say? Well, I'm not making fun of her. I'm just saying that 
and I've said this before, even though I wouldn't say we're friends. I mean, for a while we were, you know, kind of in the same circle, but a lot of it was a well-hyped, oiled machine mm-hmm. of PR. I mean, that's it, what it was. I mean, no, she never, she never had any tournament success, and, and even in cash games, yeah, she had some. It broke into her safe right yeah. after she lost the Olympic yeah. game. So she 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 had some she had some moments. Uh, where she did okay in cash games, but yeah, she. Uh, but I'm not even talking so much about the poker table. I'm talking about even just the, with uh, her personal life. There were a lot of ups and downs. At, at first, she was uh, she was thrilled to get all the attention where everyone was uh, fawning over, over her. Then came the time she appeared on the TV sh- uh, Battle of the Ages, which was a uh, some stupid poker TV special where they had like the old people against the young people, and it was our own Never Win Poker, where a lot of guys showed up there and made negative comments about her weight because the the pictures they had seen of her were from i years... heart jamie yeah the i heart jamie pictures that they had originally seen of her was when she was 17 and a lot thinner and then they were a lot of people were put off that she had gained some weight and i think also i, I think also just the, the these were unflattering camera angles well, it's like why clef and shakira said drop those hips don't lie mm-hmm. So there were some critical comments about her looks there, and, and, and this really affected her. So then she uh, she went and got all this, uh, this plastic surgery at the time. Like it was, it, Did she, she really? Yes, yes. I didn't know about that. Not, like Wait, in her early 20s, she had plastic surgery? Mm-hmm. And she got, like, hair extensions. They criticized her hair. Well, she went not plastic surgery. Though. No, no, she also got some kind of plastic surgery, too. I remember I this. Yeah, no, she didn't go crazy well, with it. Well, I know the she... extension part because they were falling. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's where it all began. It was because it never went poker. She, like, wow, really was awesome. affected. She was really affected by the whole thing. And and people even tried to talk her out of it. Don't she worry. These are just internet trolls. These are guys. A lot of these guys have never even, like, you know, been with any well, girls. Remember, she even came on the show, the old show, and she was on the red wine diet. And remember, it was, it was really fucked up. Do you remember that episode? The red wine diet? I don't know if I remember that. She came on talking about that she had been on... I mean, this was on the old, older site. The, the, yeah, Never Went Poker. It wasn't yeah. on Donktown, so I imagine you were there, because I was there. And she talked about being on a red wine diet. That was when... Uh, the era of when she was posting on 2 Plus 2. Like, after one of her long hiatuses. And the mods there suspected someone... Oh, you're, okay, you're, so you're talking about... Weird, right, well, right. Not weird typing, but she's like, no, it's really me. No, I know what you're so talking like, about. You're talking about a, a weird period that I never quite understood where yes. she... Well, we, she, some people thought it was an act, but other Yeah, she, she literally went crazy and, and was... Right, was, was like typing nonsense, like long nonsense posts on 2 Plus 2, like really nonsense, uh, imagining that she was in cities that she wasn't, claiming she's in Tokyo, claiming she's in Chicago when she wasn't. Like, it was so non-whimsical and crazy that she'd make that zap to fractions graph sound like Shakespeare. Yeah, it, it, was, it was really crazy. We even had her on the radio, and she was just – she sounded like the same way she was typing at the time. And she just yes. talked in nonsense, and I don't think it was an act. I think Baron Polk remembers her red wine diet. Yeah, so she was. She was. I think she was on some kind of medication that probably was affecting her mind. Whatever it was, she was totally crazy at the moment. Uh, she also here's here's something that isn't known, uh, or known by uh, you. You probably know it, but a lot of people don't. Uh, she went when she went to the PCA in, in the beginning of '05. That's when she first got all the attention. Uh, was that with Brandon? That was with Brandon Cantu. Or is that no. the year after? No, it was after. Oh, okay. So, so she, she went, went there, with... and uh, she was single at the time. Oh. And she passed a me- after she got back, she passed a message to one of the friends of John D'Agostino oh, to yeah. tell him that she it's... thought he was attractive. Fair. She, that, that, that she thought that he was attractive. So 
John's like, oh, okay, well, it's good. All it's right. So, about him. So, so, so John and her started dating. John was oh, sweet. She thinks well, that was not just dating, but he actually broke up with his longtime lover to start dating her. Um, yes, 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 yes he did. That. Right, he did. He did. That yes. The person I'm actually friendly with, and she's always hated genocide. For that and other things. Right, right. So he was anyhow. with. So she actually wasn't that long time of a girlfriend. I think it was several months, but it wasn't like super long by then. But well, yeah, he he was he was John, who was a young guy. He's around genocide's age at the time. He's not that young anymore. I think he's uh, I think he's now like 33. But uh, at the time, he's in his early 20s. And Jadag? Yeah. No, he's old and 33. No, I think he's 33. Is that much younger than us? I mean, I know she's in her 40s. Is wow, really? Yeah, yeah, he's much younger than me. Yeah. Okay. So, so he was da- he was dating an older woman who's around my age. Uh, my Can age. I take thirty five and over for a cheeseburger or no? What thirty? How confident are you? What thirty five and older? What his age? Uh, oh yeah, look it up. I want thirty five and older. Either add one more burger, or same. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll take that. All right, thirty five or over, and anything else you want. Okay, go ahead. So okay, so. Now you're making me doubt myself because I hate losing these. But but yeah, I, I believe he's 33 now, and, and so so anyway, he he was very young back then, and uh, and she so was she. They were around the same age. He was dating an older woman who was fuck you. I, I won. It's 33. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. So so he he was. Da- let me, yeah. Let me make. Sure. Let me look at the. It says 33, but yep. Yeah. He was born in 82. Okay. Yeah. So is that right? Yeah, math work. Yeah, thirty three or thirty four. Right, definitely. We'll call it two, two, two burgers. Okay, great. I'll never say I never give you a shot. Wow. And get unstuck. Yeah, thank you. So, right, so, so anyway, he, he was, yeah, he was dating an older it was woman. Like in his early twenties when I met him. That's yes, crazy. yes, and he was dating an older woman who was around like thirty four, thirty five. And and uh, you know we know who she is. I'm not going to name her, but anyway, he, he did break up with. Now they weren't together all that long, but the, but he he did break up with her and start going out with genocide who was her, his age and i guess he thought she was pretty or whatever well he he got uh sick of genocide after about a month he he just decided her eccentricities and her neediness and everything he just he just wasn't digging her anymore he like he, he liked her looks he liked uh in, initially spending time with her and hanging out at the, they didn't do anything at the pca but they uh they hung out and they you know he liked the initial thought of her but after about a month of uh, the excitement wore off and he wanted out. So maybe a month, maybe two months, something short. And uh, and at that time, I was actually friendly with w- who was then his ex-girlfriend, you know, the, the one that was my age. I and, like her, by the way. And and she and so she was talking to me a lot about him and asking me for advice. She's a hell of a cook. Yeah, she is. She's sweet. She's but, feisty. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, she, she's, she's like a, yeah, she's like a very brash East Coast type. Once like. You have her loyalty. She's that kind of person. Like she's your friend. I like her. I, I mean, not- yeah. So, so she, uh, so she's asking, asking for my advice, and I was actually advising against, like, you know, when he, when he was, she's saying, oh, he's, he's getting sick of genocide. I think he's, they still stayed friends. So she's like, oh, he's. Getting- I tell you, if I had to pick which one of them, I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, talk honestly here, I would have picked the, the not the non-genocide. Well, I, both yeah. looks and personality, I would have. I'm not trying to hit another man's wife. I'm just saying that that I think John made the right choice. Okay, so so uh, so so anyway, she, she he uh, so she stayed friends with him, and she she basically waited until he got sick of genocide, which he did very pretty quickly. And he's and he was like telling her like you know he's just seen her as like a friend at this point. He's going, yeah, I can't stand her. She's really annoying me. I'm going to break up with her. So so John dumped her, and then she just like swooped in and grabbed him again. And I was like, I don't think this is a good idea. Obviously, you know, if if the guy's leaving you. For for someone his own age, 
uh, he's not in the same place in life as you are, and and uh, you know this is going to happen again. And I, I I told him I I told her I don't think this is smart. I think you're gonna you're gonna get your heart broken again. Well, apparently that didn't happen because they, I mean it, it worked out because they're still together today, and they and they have uh, two kids together, and uh, so so that actually was a success story. But the, a lot of people don't know that genocide was involved with him. That she was later involved with uh, Brandon Cantu, as you mentioned. Uh, she she dated uh, Scott Dove, aka the Beast, who uh, who died of a drug overdose. Do you know that? Yes, I did. Yeah, and she also dated Brandon Cantu. She dated yeah. Tommy Boy. Uh, she dated Dustin. Yeah, so the um, Dustin one was, the, was that was the one that was uh, most interesting to me. <laughs> but uh, uh, so yeah, she she went through a lot of uh, relationships with various poker players, and she. Uh, my impression of genocide, uh, just to be honest here, uh, I, I even though there was, you know, it, her looks weren't always constant throughout the time, probably related to her instability. But I, I always thought she was she was uh, attractive. I always thought she was pretty. Uh, I, I probably gave. I probably thought she was prettier than a lot of other people did. Not that people think she's ugly, but I, I always gave her looks. No, like, you can't say she's ugly. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm saying no, I don't, I'm not saying you. Anyone that says she's ugly. My issue with her, and I'm just, I'm going to be honest, I don't really call people out. Uh, I was never like BFFs with her, but you know, there was, there was a time where we talked on the phone and we text, and uh, I kind of just got the impression years ago that she kind of came off like she thought she was better than everybody. I'm just, but I'm being honest. Well, if, I didn't really get that. See, I'll, I'll tell you. And a little stuck up, and I don't. Uh, I'll tell you what I kind of got from her, maybe, but what I kind of got from her was this was actually a. Uh, have you ever thought about like okay so you, you like if you think back no, to high school that, that, that tweet says it all like the way she announced it you don't see some sort of sort of but let me explain what I let like, me explain what I see okay you think back to high school or something and you think about like who the popular girls were and you think of the usually they're the ones who are the pretty ones and the ones that aren't as pretty or average looking usually aren't as popular and occasionally there's like some you know there's some girls who are who are pretty that just don't aren't that outgoing and they just kind of fall under the radar. Where they and, played sports or something non-feminine. Yeah, that but, was considered not. Yeah, I get. I but get but it. but for the most part, you know. So, so for the most part, usually you'd, you'd picture the ones that looked like genocide uh, to, to be popular. But she wasn't. I, I believe that genocide was someone who who, who didn't have really she was like a video game nerd. Or yeah, she right. She was kind of like a video game nerd and kind of uh, you know, she was someone whose personality, at least with, with being able to. Uh, make friends, get along with everybody, uh, didn't quite match her looks, which, which were pretty good. So uh, she found at the time that the party line and, and hacker phone hacker world, which I was surprised even still existed at that time. I thought it was gone. But she, she found that in like the mid-90s. And, uh, and she was very young at that time. She was like a, you know, just a teenager. But she, she found that and became part of it. And, and the funny thing is, I actually encountered some girls like that you know, back in my day, in the 80s, that when I'd meet them like off the party, I'd be shocked. Like, wow, this girl's really pretty. I can't believe that, that she's on this stuff. Like, I would have never pictured that. Now, there were some really uh, unattractive ones, too, but there were some that were surprisingly pretty that I couldn't believe were involved. And then eventually I kind of understood that they, they had some kind of like social issues that prevented them from, from leading the life you'd expect in, in high school uh, of a girl who's really pretty, so uh, I, I think that's what kind of what genocide went through, and yet then she found this like 
instant popularity and, and almost fame through poker, not through accomplishments at the table, but just being a pretty young girl who was who was into online poker, which was unusual at the time. So, so, so she got a lot of notoriety, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone wanted to talk to her. Everyone kept talking about how hot she was, and the, and and this is attention she wasn't used to, and that's where kind of like the arrogance developed. But at the same time, it was arrogance born out of low self esteem. And I believe she's always had low self-esteem, and that's why when there was that criticism of her looks in, in that one episode where I believe she just kind of – it was just kind of an unflattering camera angle and maybe she was bloated then. I, I, I felt that she – that wasn't really a, even a fair representation of how she looked. It's just the way she came off on TV. I don't – yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that that really Wait, what, hurt her. What, what, what TV show is this? It was, it was called Battle of the Ages, and I admit she didn't look her best there. But I, I felt I, was, I felt like they were too harsh on her, but she didn't look her best. But I also like saw her but in I person. I also agree that it's sexist. I mean it's not like they're on TV judging what a guy looks like. Yeah. They, like anyone, I mean, I'm not talking, I mean, you know, like the NVG tards and, you know, people like that are always going to do that. I get it. But, you know, for like an announcer or somebody that's specifically, you know, hosting a show, that shouldn't even be brought. You know, I mean, it just doesn't even matter. Yeah. And, and in fact, stupid. I remember when she got mad at Neverwin Poker at the time and, and actually like got it mad at me by extension. And I remember trying to tell her, I said, you know, if you go back and look in the thread, I never once said anything bad about you. In fact, I was defending you there say, saying that I, I think what, you're pretty. That was... 2005, I think. Five, because yeah. I joined 2006, and I only knew about that from the Hall of Fame thread. Okay. I wasn't a member of NWP when that stuff. How much traffic did that bring to the site? Do you recall? Well, no. that The Battle of the Ages didn't, but the thing with the, the, the underwear no, the picks. Oh, oh that, that brought a lot. Of, there were two huge things that brought attention to Neverwin Poker. One was that. Neverwin, and, did, didn't Neverwin Poker make her? Popular? It, it was, was it, the other it, way around. It was, it was kind of both, actually. They kind of both made each other popular. She uh, never went poker with the pictures being published there. Did a lot to to bring attention to her, and also she brought a lot of it. The fact that this was where the pictures were posted made a lot of people want to keep coming back to never went poker. It was kind of both. And the second thing was the, the David Williams uh, porn uh, with the yeah. foot porn and the and the ass eating porn. Like that was that was a big thing too. That that's, that that's kind of how this community was born, unfortunately. But. Uh, Anyway, never, uh, genocide. I, I think she just has never quite felt comfortable with herself. And, and then and, there's that whole thing where she was in the hospital and she would keep tweeting these cryptic messages and wouldn't tell anybody anything. But yet she's still tweeting when even her friends would ask, "Why are you in the hospital?" She wouldn't reply. Yeah, well, that that she's, was even weirder because she was uh, like like genocide and I have had like a a weird kind of. Uh, relationship over the years in that I can never tell whether she likes me or dislikes me and it changes all the time. There, there are times where she legitimately dislikes me. There's times where she likes me again and there's no re- rhyme or reason why this goes back and forth. And and uh, so, so for example, she, I was surprised in 2013 when I thought that genocide really disliked me at that point. And I, I hadn't done anything to her. I mean, I'd occasionally post... And when I'd post gossip about her, I would usually like just post something that she made public on her own. I wasn't, like, posting things that I heard. Right. Even though I heard some things through the grapevine, I, I kept them quiet. Just, I, I just wouldn't, didn't want to be a jerk to her. But, like, if she's going to post something on her own, either on Twitter or, or on her public Facebook with, with 4,000 followers, yeah, I'm going to repeat it. So so that's the type of stuff I was repeating. And it, for some reason, it was getting her angry, which didn't make sense. Like, if you... I could understand if I was on her Facebook with, like, 150 of her friends and, and I'm repeating it. Then I could see her being pissed or if I'm repeating rumors i heard but if i'm repeating things she's broadcasting to thousands of people what what the hell like why why, why get mad about that so but that's just her she she's got a weird she's got some 
emotional issues for sure. She's got some big emotional issues, and uh, she's now a mommy too. We have to talk people that don't know. Right? Yes, she she, she is now a mother, and she's uh, you know. The, the father left her, this guy, South African guy, so she's, you know, it's not the best situation. Well, hold there on, for now, let's, let's just, I'm just saying. We only know one side of the story. Well, not she's not, okay, fine. She, she's she's, not, not, she's um, not with him anymore, I guess we can say. Yeah, but she claims he basically abandoned the kid, but I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, we don't know for sure. Age, you, you know, there's always two sides of a story. There, there are, Maybe it's this true. this guy's the biggest comeback in the world, but I don't think it's fair to just say that, you know, the some dude apparently abandoned, and he was a poker player too. I remember the, when his name came out; it was looked up. He had some stats. I don't know if that's how they met. I assume it was. I remember we hypothesized that they met, you know, because she was dating, you know, Tommy, and they were somewhere in South remember? Africa. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they go there? I think there were pictures, and then all of a sudden she's dating a South African guy. Uh, but either way, I mean. I'm just saying we don't know the whole story. Yeah, so so the weird thing is the the most recent thing she got angry at me about is she's tweeting all these things about how she's in the hospital. She even talked about something about baby Anya or something. Or something. Yeah, that's so, good. So it was before the baby's born. So so it was obvious to me after reading a few of these tweets, even though she didn't directly say it, that she was in the hospital somewhat related – something related to a pregnancy. It was pretty clear from reading her tweets and just kind of putting them together and connecting the dots. So I posted. You've gotten women pregnant before, so you know this too. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just saying. So I so I posted on on Poker Fraud Alert, just what her tweets or public tweets were, and what my conclusion was. Uh, like two days later, I find myself blocked from her Twitter. So. Oh wow. So that's like I I'm thinking, what did I do? And I didn't say anything bad about her. I didn't give away anything. I just said this is what I see her tweeting, and this is uh my conclusions from it, and uh, and they were correct conclusions, and they were. I didn't say anything unflattering, so I don't know with her, I, and I don't really care that much, you know. There's something else to kind of spark those conspiracy theorists out there. Do you remember from back in the day who she was close friends with? Peachy Murr. Peachy. I didn't. I, I didn't know that actually. Yes, they were very big supportive fans and friends of each other. Absolutely. I mean, it's believable. But Peachy Murr just wanted to be friends with anybody who uh, who was influential. So she. But she especially liked to attach herself to guys because you know guys would would make a connection to her much more easily than than girls would. And uh, just from the point I'm making is it's 2016 and no one cares about her. No one cares about really anyone. <laughs> well, yeah. So she For made her to an... make that tweet like that. It just seems pompous and arrogant. Well, like, well that's the thing. You know, is unless it... it was meant like in a self mocking. No, it was. Way, it... But it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't. Really meant as, well, I'll read. Like, I'm coming me... back live like I'm a star. Well, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this here. This is this is what she wrote. She wrote, my first live appearance back in the poker world will be a bounty at the live, referring to Maryland Live, Legend 200K, May 13th to 15th. <laughs> so so to talk about her first live appearance back in the poker world, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, she just posted this on April 1st. That, that's, that's kind of laughable. But the thing is, this is more in, indicative to me of someone – who went from like really having trouble connecting people t- with people and and really having trouble getting anyone to like her, to like getting instant semi fame in poker and and, and and I know but You're she talking she, about a woman that's in her thirties. I like, know, but she not, she never really not, quite developed to, to to that. She doesn't. I th- I don't think she even understands what she's writing. That it kind of looks arrogant. I don't think she right, understands it. Right. Yeah, so that I'm not going to hold against her. I just think that uh, it, it's kind of hold it against her though. You you can. I just think it's kind of 
the appearance of arrogance born from like really not knowing how to deal with uh, the fact that people know who she is in poker and that she's like kind of a like a, a semi celebrity in poker and went, went from you know there are people that were now two thousand five there are people that uh, are playing poker now that were ten nine eight ten twelve years old. When she came onto the scene. Well, yeah, that's the point. Is anyone who doesn't go back to those days is not going to have any idea who she is. And she and she yeah. never accomplished anything tournament-wise. So, uh, you know, if if she wants to, if if poker, if her memories of poker are are good enough, despite the various downs that I talked about, the personal life downs, if they're good enough, this is where she feels comfortable. She wants to return to it after and, and figures that she's uh, conquered the demons that that led to some problems before uh and she wants to return to it that's fine i i just uh, it, it is kind of funny when she announces things like my first live appearance back in the poker world and truthfully like let's say she shows up at the world series which i don't think she's going to i think she doesn't want to stray too far from delaware i think she's living at yeah, or- you know and good for her i don't think the poker scene or any of it was healthy for no her. it wasn't it wasn't and that's the problem is that you you've got to you you have to be emotionally strong to, to handle the poker world, especially if you're female. You know what I laugh at? Of all the places in Vegas, uh, and you know she lived there by default because Brandon Cantu lived there, then they started dating, and then this was LOL, and I don't care, I'll say it. Uh, he didn't want to live with her yet because he wasn't ready. So she got an apartment in the same complex, but not sharing it with him like her own, like within a unit or two away. And you know where that place was? doesn't matter. None of them live there anymore. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But isn't it funny, all the people that have come and gone through there? No, not only that, but but I see fishies. Yeah, I know. I know. Lived I know. in that same... I was the first one. I was there in 2001. No, 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 no. I see fishies lived in that apartment. Oh, I didn't know that. The yep. Same, one that, oh, same wow. apartment. So she lived there. I lived there, I lived there like I said, 2001. You lived there. Mike Conn lived there. Uh, Genocide lived there. Brennan Cantu lived there. I see Fishies lived there. Scotty No lived there. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And none of it was by all of it was uh, at least on, from my perspective was random. Like I, I know. I mean, no. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why people lived there. I'll tell you how I found it. I, I lived in a different place that was uh, east of the Strip. And Oof, that's a bad area. It was a bad area, but uh, Christ. But. Uh, then I got kicked out as it converted to condos, and I, I, I had to look for something. I was looking for something that was relatively close to the strip. That uh, I was looking to go, also go west, right, not, not too expensive, but not too not too expensive, not not, not too far, and also not east of it anymore. Yeah. And then that that's that's the place. And also, I like the I wanted a covered garage, so I uh, I got one there. And uh, yep, I lived there. That was the first place I ever lived in Vegas. You know, I don't know if I've ever told this story. I may have told it on the other radio show, but I, I once uh, uh, came back. Are you there? Did he disappear? Ah, oh, we lost Brandon, I think. Here he is. All right, and there he goes again. I try to put him on. We're doing so well. We're doing so well. No fails. Here he comes. We lost you. Sorry, I had to switch for a second. What, what is the story? So here, here, here's, here's what happened. Uh, I I was away for I don't know about two and a half months for for various purposes. Mm-hmm. I went on a vacation. I was visiting right. some family. I, I I was away for various reasons, and I came back after two and a half months, 
and uh, you know, I didn't have to notify anyone of this. I was paying rent. I was, you know, there's, I, I was, I was a great tenant during those two and a half months. I was paying rent, and I wasn't there. So, I I open up my garage, and I. I'm about to pull my car, and this is like a little single car garage that they sell you. You open; it's not connected to your unit or anything. You just—it's just a little single car garage where you pull your car in. I open the garage, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Stuff that is not mine. My garage is always empty because, uh, uh, in fact, you—you you're, weren't even allowed to store stuff in there. But I didn't want to. It's just for my car. I, I'm about to pull in, and there's tons of stuff—boxes and all this wow. other crap. I'm going, what the hell? How's this even possible? I'm the only one with a remote to this thing, other than the landlord. So now, you this. know what's funny? Do you remember the one girl I dated? Just thought of this that I dated for a while that didn't like me doing the radio. Yeah. She actually, when I lived there, I didn't know her then. She lived there too. Oh, interesting. So, Very interesting. so, so I, I, so I, uh, I think, what the hell? How do we? How, what could possibly be the explanation? Now, I got in like two a.m. that night, so there's no one to ask. But so, so the next day. Mm-hmm. I, I, I go to the, the office and go, what the hell? So they said they looked it up, and they said, oops. Uh, so, so they said, hold on. They, they were acting really shady about it. They said, uh, hang on. We're going to meet you over there. I go, it, it was it was like, I remember it was hot outside. Too, I'm like, I don't really want to stand over there. It's kind of hot. It's, you know, why don't you come to the office? Let me just come in the office and talk about it. I think I called in there. I'm like, let me just walk down there. No, 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 no. We're going to meet you over there. You know, that's really. They go, don't go in there. We're going to meet you over there. Go, this is really odd. So they walked me over there. So when I came over there, they met me there and then asked for my remote control. They said, let us see that for a second. And then they just took it from me. And I go, what? What are you doing? And they said, uh, sorry, uh, we have to do this for the security of the other tenants. We accidentally gave this uh, – we accidentally rented this to somebody else thinking it was available. And because you happen to not be here, uh, we we <laughs> – we 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 believed it was unavailable, and so so for this time, the, this guy's been using it instead of you. It sounds like quite the tall tale, if you ask me. <laughs> so so I I said, well, okay, are you going to get his stuff out? They said, yes, but we have to contact him and we have to take this away from you for the moment so you don't steal his stuff. And I, go, I go, this is ridiculous. I could have stolen it all before last night. They go, no, I'm sorry, we have to wait till he comes and removes it. I'm like, okay, fine, fine, fine. So the guy comes over and gets his stuff. Obviously, it's not his fault. He you know they he just. Uh, I mean, he was supposed to put stuff in there, but it, it wasn't his fault that he had my garage. They gave it to him, so I wasn't mad at him. Right. So his stuff gets out. So then I go to them and say, "Okay, well, um, I, I was uh, paying forty dollars a month for this garage. Uh, it's been two and a half months. I want a hundred dollars." They said, "What?" I said, "I want a hundred dollars. That's two and a half months times forty. They go, "But you weren't here." I said, "I don't care. It was my garage, and you re-rented it out." Even if it was accidental, you re-rented out my garage. You shouldn't be collecting money for that. And they're saying, no, you, you weren't going to use it anyway. I said, I wasn't in my apartment either. So are you telling me you could have re-rented my apartment too while I was paying rent for it? Could you have collected rent from me? Wait, and- I'm confused. Were you paying for the garage too? Yes, yes. Oh, then they absolutely had to pay you back. You have a right. Now, sometimes well, actually, you have I'm, I'm, arguments, I'm, and I maybe disagree or think you're going too far. But in this case... You're, whether you're living there or not, it's a material. If you're paying for it, it's yours. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, was, sorry I wasn't paying directly for the. What happened was I, w- I was paying 40 a month for this garage, and then when I renewed my, my lease, 
what they did was uh, in, in because they the rent gave you some sort of incentive. If the, the, right, the, the incentive was, and it was worth forty. That's really what I was paying. The yeah, incentive was for the next six months. They I won't be paying yep. for the garage. It doesn't matter. It's still years. Yeah. Right, it was still money. Right. right, and it was still worth forty, and it charged everybody else forty. Just, so so they tried to use that on me. Oh, we're giving it to you for free. I said there was no free. This was an allowance for renewing my rent. This was the incentive that you're giving me something worth forty dollars a month. So, this, for, so people understand, this was a common practice. Things such as that. Back during the real estate boom, when everyone was buying houses, uh, I mean, you had a 550 credit score, you could buy a house. So the rental occupancy in Vegas plummeted. So these places, and the place we're talking about, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. There's no need to really say the name, but uh, you know, this place wasn't was a decent place. It wasn't Summerlin hadn't been built up yet, and it's further from the Strip. And this was a good, you know, it was right off. Uh, you know, let's we'll just say it was right off. Like the Spring Mountain in in Decatur area, which was back yeah. then. You know, now it's not a great area. I mean, it's not dangerous like the ghetto, but it's not the best area for a family. But anyhow, back during that time in Vegas, it was very commonplace that you drive around, you see people even holding up signs outside apartment places. First month's rent is free, or you know, or this or that, you know, because they everyone was buying homes and apartment uh, occupancies, which. Covered somewhere around like 95% historically, 97% or like in the 80s and the 70s and you know, people were getting concerned because they couldn't fill them. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, uh, and, and, Is that and everything I said accurate. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. It was accurate. And, and I was, yeah. and, and the thing was, I had actually paid for that garage before that. Like it was, I was just starting to get it as part of, you know, included and in the rent for that. renewing. You could sit there and negotiate with them. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And that's what I, and, and that's what say, I well, did. I want this. And they're like, yeah. well, I'll give you this. Well, I want this. And well, we'll give you like, you know, yeah, you they gave it. I want this. Right. And, and, and when they gave it to me, actually part of the negotiation, when they gave this to me was them quoting me, you know, it's worth $40. That's what you've been paying all this time. Now we're going to include it. Like that, that was part of the whole yeah. negotiation. So, so I said, given that it's clearly worth $40, given that this guy paid you $40, you see, with him, he actually paid for it. And they told me that. Given that he paid you $40 for the last two and a half months, then you owe this money to me because he was renting my garage, not yours. So they were telling me no. And I this and they were actually reasoning that if I'm not there, they can re-rent it. I said that's not that's absolutely not true. Otherwise, you could reason that when I'm not in my apartment, they could re-rent it to other people. And they they go, well, no, we can't. I go, well, then you can't do my garage either. So they they for a few days they stuck to their guns about this, and, and I finally said, look, um, do you think if this went to court, how do you think the judge would rule on this? If you admitted you double rented my garage, do you, do you think he do you think they would rule that I had to pay rent on it too? Do you, do you think they would rule that, or, or do you think they would rule that uh, any rent collected should go back to me? And so they freaked out. They're like, wait a minute, you're going to sue us? I said, I'm not going to. I'm not saying I'm going to sue anybody. I'm trying to tell you that legally you're in the wrong. That legally, you cannot rent out something of mine and keep the money. If I if, if it's something that you've rented to me already, you can't double rent. So whatever. Do they end up? So the funny thing is, the manager of the property of this big property was not even empowered to give that back to me. She had to call up the the uh, the, the office above her to get permission to give it to me. And then they actually consulted their lawyer, who told them that they had that they were screwed if I were to ever sue them. That they better hand it to me. Up, oh, I lost Brandon here. Yeah, so I, I lost you. But I, I was saying that uh, yeah, they they actually the manager it turned out wasn't even empowered to give it to me, and she had to call up her boss. Even though she was the manager of that big property, she wasn't empowered to do it. She had to call up her boss, who then consulted their attorney and asked. Uh, is this Todd guy right about this? And the attorney's like, "Yep, you better you better give it to him because uh, uh, he, 100% you'd lose this in court." So they, no, that's that's 100% you're in the right there. There's no one can make an argument that you're not. 
Yeah, it was ridiculous. They're trying to claim if I didn't use it that, that they could re-rent it. Like, what the hell? It, it was bad luck, too, just like that it happened to be uh, – oh, not only that, they – Just bad luck. Hashtag. I, yeah. The, 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 actually, the guy, uh, he didn't steal it, but I had a blanket in there that was on the side of the garage just so for when I open my door, it doesn't bang into the side of it and, and, and dent the door because it was a skinny garage. So I had like a blanket to stop any denting. So it was a it was a Beavis and Butthead blanket I had from like back in the early nineties, and and they so the guy he didn't steal my blanket but he just thought it was trash from the previous tenant and he threw it away, so I'm like I'm like what about my Beavis and Butthead blanket that that got uh, that got thrown away by this guy and I didn't even blame him he thought it was trash, and so they didn't want to give me anything so I demanded twenty dollars extra for the Beavis and Butthead blanket and they gave it to me. Let me ask you this, buddy. Uh, I, I have set a goal in my brain of being off by 5.30 Pacific time. That's 50 more minutes at the latest. Uh, and it's perfect timing because I'm reading. Shout out to Frank Rizzo. He asked in the chat, did we talk about, uh, we called it Blazer, and, but I'm sure he means Dan Blitzerian. Uh, and we haven't. And I think I'm looking other than the general topics. I think that's the last poker-related topic to talk about. And I'll tell you uh, – I don't know anything about this. I mean, I knew, you know, it was going to take place, I and mean, we've talked about it. I didn't know it had been completed. So please, I'm on the edge of my seat. Fill me in. What, what, what was the end result here? Of what? The Dan Blitzerian thing. Oh, Dan Blitzerian. Okay, this is really weird. Uh, so he, he ended up – so Dan Blitzerian, he, he, uh, he made a large bet uh, with a few people about uh, whether he could ride a bike in 48 hours, a bicycle. This is not a motorcycle. A bicycle from L.A. to Vegas, and, and it completed in 48 hours. Uh, a lot of people were doubting. We even had a, an episode of this show where we discussed it, and we were doubting that he could do it. And uh, I, I even had someone who listens to this show hassling me on Twitter this week about how really? I was yeah, it's, it's hassling me on Twitter that I said he couldn't do it, and it's once again proving me as being wrong. I go, that's not proving me wrong. That's just me giving an opinion on whether he'd be successful, and it turned out he was. So anyway, the, so he get compl- he completed it. He completed it with time to spare, but there's some, a little bit of controversy. The X factor saying he cheated. Well, that's that's the controversy is that uh, he figured out. No one really thought of this. I give him credit or give someone credit for you know he trained with Lance Armstrong. So someone, either he or somebody he trained with, maybe Lance himself, figured out that one thing that could hinder you is wind resistance. That if the wind is blowing in your face, that makes it a lot harder to ride. And it really does. That's the truth. So, so uh, they came up with an idea to have a van drive in front of him and block the wind. So, if unless the wind's at his back, then it doesn't. But if there's wind in his face, the van blocks the wind and makes it light. It stops the wind resistance. And for those of you who've ever ridden a bike, if you ever tried to ride a bike when there's a twenty mile per hour wind blowing in your face, it's much harder to move anywhere. Whereas if the wind's at your back, you move a lot faster. This even affects airplanes when airplanes are. Uh, Flying. Uh, that's why flying from uh, east to west is slower than west to east, even if it's the same distance in the, when you're flying in the U.S. because of the wind. So, uh, it, it, but it's even a bigger deal riding a bike because it's it's human powered. It's not powered by a machine. So, there was no agreement that he couldn't have a van behind it, uh, a van blocking him. But uh, that's what he did, and 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 so some are saying that this was cheating. Because uh, this was some, he was probably advised of this by a biking expert. Because it's even a term called drafting, 
and drafting means uh, it's a bicycling term for riding behind a moving object that uh, spreads the air that a, r- a rider would normally have to push through, like wind in your face. So, uh, and, and he was even behind a van that had his rear doors open. So some people are thinking that's not the spirit of the bed here. So a uh, a guy named Bill Perkins, who's a uh, natural gas tycoon, bet $600,000 on this. And he actually paid up even with his van trick. But um, there is another bet that uh, is, is not being paid at the moment, and that's actually from Rick Solomon, the ex-boyfriend of uh, Pamela Anderson. And... Uh, Rick Solomon uh, made a bet that, uh, this is a weird bet, that if uh, if Bilzerian were to either die or suffer brain damage on this ride, that Dan Bilzerian's Gulfstream jet would become Solomon's. But if, if Bilzerian were to complete it, without any of these things happening, then Solomon would pay him $250,000. So it was a... Now, I guess if, if he didn't complete it, I don't. I, I think it was probably just a push. I don't know what the, the terms were there. But anyway, Solomon doesn't think he should have to pay up because of the thing with the van. He thinks that changed everything and that uh, that should have been disclosed when the, when the bet was made and that uh, he doesn't want to pay. So that has not been settled yet. And uh, and there were a number of other bets involving this. I don't have the numbers or who did it, but so Bilzerian completed it, but with an asterisk with uh, doors open. There was a PFA bet, a poker fraud alert bet related to this between Texter and Bellybuster, and uh, they actually agreed after the whole thing was over that because of this whole thing with the van, they didn't want to fight with each other about it. So so. Uh, I guess Texter bet that he would complete it, and Belly Buster bet that he wouldn't. So they bet a hundred dollars. So there was actually PFA ended up winning because Texter. So what they agreed is that Texter would get his money back and twenty five dollars, and that the remaining seventy five would be donated to the free roll. So, so Dan Bilzerian completed it, but in a way that some people think was cheating. So what, what do you think? Do you think that van was cheating? I'd have to say so. Yeah, I don't like the van either because when 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 you drop a gotcha in like that, that even if it's not specifically mentioned, uh, that's that's a big factor. And and to to throw that in there, I think when people are making a bet with you on something like that, uh, you should disclose something like that. That. Uh, by the way, I'm going to ride behind a van. Are you still okay with this? And and uh, otherwise, there's there's too many shenanigans that could be pulled, and it's it's too hard to list every single one of them. People they probably thought they covered every angle, but I admit, if I was betting against him, I wouldn't have thought of that van. A caller from six seven eight, you are on the air. Hmm. Speak up. They get nervous. And yeah, they hung up. What's a six seven eight? Don't know that one. How do you not know that? Anything that doesn't have a one or a zero in the middle, uh, is it, you know it because it's six seven eight. No, it's a new area code. Like new meaning, it's not one of the originals. So six, I don't seven eight. So many area codes oh, here. Everywhere. It's a place that you were at recently. Is it in uh, North Carolina? The ATL. Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
We have it serves I even, as overlays for the 404. I hate overlays. Uh, What's an overlay? I hate overlays. Overlays are awful. They are area codes that are not that, that that exist alongside other area codes. So, like if they added a Vegas overlay, then they wouldn't split the 702. Just all of Vegas would be 702 and another area code. Now, now it doesn't matter as much now because area codes mean a lot less than they used to. Because you can get just numbers anywhere you want, but uh, back in the old days, I hated overlays because uh, it'd be, just be weird. You'd have two different area codes that could be in the same house, and I, I still don't like them. I still just like an area code defining an area. I'm just old school like that. So anyway, that's the Dan Blazarian story, and I, I agree with you. I think I think that was cheating. I think at the very least, the bet should just be invalidated. I don't think necessarily that he lost, but I don't think that he won. All right, that's we get. We got a call from five three zero. I think I know who this is. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Hey, Drop. This is Blackfish from Sacramento. We uh, we talked one night when I was at work for like two hours. Yes. How come when um, they call I the didn't... show, they only say, Hi, Druff? <laughs> no one ever says, Hi, Brandon. That's a good point. Hey, Drexel. It's always, Hi, Druff. Oh, hey. What up, Drexel? How I'm you doing? sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. But why is it no one ever acknowledges me when they... Call into the well, phone. you get you acknowledge in the, in the Orleans you have a higher approval rating than me. I do, but well, you actually you cut out a couple of times earlier. I'm listening live at work, and you you cut out a few times. So I wasn't sure if you cut out in the time that I I turned uh, off the radio and tried to call or not. All right, nice so, to meet you. Are, are you a, a forum poster or just radio listener? Do I know you? Nice to meet you too. No, actually, uh, I only lurk on forums. Like I, I don't. Uh, I have like. Uh, a two plus two account, but I, I've made like one post in my whole life, and I don't have a I don't have an account on uh, CFA. But I've been listening to radio for about two years, and a big fan. I don't go back as far as like uh, never win or dunk down or anything, but uh, about two years now CFA. Okay, uh, that's, that's good. So, so, so what? What? You have any comments on our on our uh, discussion topics here? Yeah, I was thinking. I don't necessarily think it's cheating. I think it's just more of an angle shoot. I, I, I don't think it's uh, on the whole blitz and Rick Solomon bet. I think it's just more of an it's very clever angle. Like I've read stories about this, like Amarillo Slim used to hustle people. He would say, oh, I I could bet you I could beat you at ping pong and it would be some like world class ping pong player, but the world class ping pong player would have to use like a frying pan. You know, as a as a ping pong right. paddle. So I think it's just a very clever angle. I don't necessarily think it's a cheat. And actually, it, it's pretty brilliant if you think about it. Well, it was, I, but... Really much, what's that? It, it was, but what kind of bothers me is like, like uh, just... This is this is so this is like such a public thing he's doing. Dambelzerian doesn't even need the money, so like why why do this and then uh, and then and then pull this weird angle about? It? This is different than the old school uh, from decades ago. Uh, you know, prop bet angle shooting this and i'm not going to say it's like total outright cheating but it's, it's enough to where i would at least rule that this bet is just, just invalidated like it just uh he didn't win or lose the whole thing just as no action that's what i if i had to arbitrate i just call it no action because while it was not said they can't do this that this is something that uh wasn't disclosed to anyone and, and it affects a lot his ability to do it so. Yeah, I, I guess I guess it could potentially be a first, but I was also thinking maybe like a buyout, like maybe Solomon gives him a hundred k or something like that, or or Perkins only has to pay like 
300K instead of 600K, something like that. But I think it's more just it was a leveling war that he won. You know, he just he just outplayed him. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I, I found it. I found in general that whenever someone offers you a prop bet, no matter how good it seems, if they're offering it, it's for a reason, and therefore you, you probably shouldn't take it. The only, the only time I was regretting that I didn't take one, though it wasn't a complete prop bet, it was a more of a side bet, was at one of these like World Series of Poker house parties. Uh, this poker player, uh, Matt Woodward, knows Woodrow, offered to play me in, in Wii Baseball, which I was actually very good at. And he wanted to bet. He wanted to bet a lot of money on it. And I just assumed, if he's proposing this to me, he must just be a super expert at the game. And, and I'm, I'm, even though I think I'm good, I'm going to lose. So I said, "No, I don't want to." Do it. He said, sure. No, I, I was like, "Okay." And it's like, you know, I've only played this like a few times. I, th- I thought we'd be, uh, you know, I, I thought that would be a good match. I'm like, oh, damn it! Like I could have, you know, he, he offered it to me. I wasn't trying to roll him. He's trying to offer to me to play for a lot of money, not even knowing that I had played it a lot. <laughs> And, and, and he kept going, come on, play, play, play. He was pushing me to do it, and I felt so stupid for not just ex- having faith in my ability in the game and, and just assuming that he had to uh, have an angle here. He just was a, a gambler. But but usually when someone's offering you a prop bet, and that, that was the one thing I was thinking. I didn't really say it at the time. I should have said it. But I was kind of thinking, like, uh, the only thing that would make me think maybe this is okay is because Bilzerian doesn't need the money. But I, I was thinking, like, whoever's offering a prop bet like that usually knows they can do it and is offering it because you think they can't. Yeah, I, I Caller, just curious, where do you, you said you're listening at work. Uh, where, what, do you, what do you do for a living? Uh, I, I do overnight maintenance at a high-end department store. Oh, right on, cool. It is uh, frequented by the one percenters. And so, you're, in nor- you're in Northern California? Yeah, that's me. You, do you know the other guy from Northern California? <laughs> no, I don't know Northern California guy. No, uh, okay. but I do. Uh, I, I do uh, have similar eating habits. So I, you guys kind of made me realize that must be like a yuppie Northern California thing. Like That's I eat funny. all organic and free range and stuff like that. I don't have a I don't have a garden or a farm like him, but uh, but I, I try to take care of myself. Right. Uh, also, I just had a couple of questions. Uh, like I said, sure. since I'm not. I'm not a as old a listener as like the Donkey on Neverwind days. What is this David Williams ass eating porno you were talking about earlier? Well, I, I, totally I thought maybe curious. someone would ask it. Yeah, so so uh, David Williams just after he had uh, won the well got second place in the 2004 main event, which is what propelled him into uh, poker fame. Uh, someone I don't know how they found it, but someone who was watching. Uh, Porn, uh, like amateur porn made by a middle-aged woman, and yeah, David Williams was very young at the time. I think he was twenty-four, but there was a middle-aged a middle-aged woman who made amateur porn and uh, of foot video, you know, foot fetish videos, and ass-eating videos. There was kind of both things incorporated in the in the video. These usually aren't related to each other, but somehow with her they were. And uh, and someone reckon, who was watching her videos, which were very obscure. These this was not a mainstream porn site at all. Someone happened to watch the video and noticed that David Williams was in it. Now, he was in it before he had any poker fame, like a few years before that. I think he was probably 20 or something at the time. But but uh, David Williams was really into this stuff. And he actually contacted her and said he wanted to be in the video with her. And, and then he came down and did. 
So you, you got to see, and it was pretty disturbing to watch, honestly. I, I had a hard time getting through it. But, but it, 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 I mean, it was very, very graphic. You know, he, she, she was jerking him off with her feet. She was, uh, you know, he, he was sucking on her feet. He was eating her ass, like sticking his face like right up in there. It was, it was very, very graphic. And, and it was long, too. It went on for a long time. And, 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 she, and the whole premise of the video was that he was a fan and that he came over. And I, and I believe that was probably true, that, that he contacted her and that, you know, he was in the video. So I think at the time he was just a college kid who, who thought it would be fun to be in, in a video like this and figured no one's going to recognize him, and uh, especially in an obscure video. But someone found it, and someone actually posted it. It wasn't originally posted to Neverwin Poker. It was posted to uh, uh, Rec Gambling Poker, and, and for whatever reason, everybody dismissed it. Rec Gambling Poker was a, a news group, which people were using before forums to talk about things uh, back in the older days of the Internet. But it was posted on Rec Gambling Poker, and... and Everyone just kind of dismissed it and said, "No, it's not him. It's just a, it's just a guy who looks like David," and and it was dropped there. Everyone just dropped it, and that was that. Well, a, a Chicago poster, a young Chicago poster named D. Calzone, and I don't remember what happened to him. He was part of the whole uh, Buffalo Grove, Illinois. He got, didn't he get mocked relentlessly off the site? He did, but uh, that's what happened. Yeah. So so anyway, D. Calzone, who was reading Rec Gambling Poker, found this, and he didn't believe those that were doubting it. He actually thought this was really David Williams. So he reposted it on Everyone Poker, really the only site, the only poker forum at the time that would accept such content because 2 plus 2 would instantly delete it. So Everyone yeah. Poker was the only one that would accept it. So he posted it, and the people on Everyone Poker were uh, a lot better at investigations than Rec Gambling Poker were. So people on Everyone Poker immediately went to work and started to analyze the voice with voice prints of, from that video versus the uh, versus David Williams' voice on TV, and and analyzing his face, someone even showed like a a cutout of his face on TV moving over to the guy in the porn, showing it's the identical face, and oh. and and showed the voice print together. It was it was amazing work that was done actually, and and it was concluded beyond the, any doubt really that it had to be him. Now David Williams was. Uh, he was really trying he, – he just didn't want to comment on this. He, he was very upset about it, and he knew it was him. But he didn't want to say anything. He would not comment on it. And uh, he even had a situation where it, it made TMZ a few years later when uh, there was a, a girl named Aubrey O'Day who was on uh, some kind of reality show at the time. She, she was dating David Williams somehow. Somehow they knew each other and they were dating and and then she decided to once she was visiting her parents of all things she told them about David Williams she's like oh let me google him and show you him so she googles him and then what comes up is never when poker in the foot porn video <laughs> so 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 her parents are like what the hell is this? she's like what the hell is this so she sits there with her parents and goes on everyone poker and plays it and sees this video and can't believe it so she calls up David and says, is this true? Is this really you? David says, well, yeah, it is, but it was a long time ago. And she says, well, this, this disgusts me. I'm breaking up with you. And she not only broke <laughs> up with him, but she contacted TMZ to tell them about David Williams in the video. So TMZ actually ran a story on this. And uh, so, so right around that time, it was assumed that this is going to blow up huge and that uh, David has to come out. So we were contacted by David Williams' agent, who I think was that Brian Ballsbaugh guy. I think it was him. But he called us up, uh, you know, me and Brian Mikon, who were running uh, Neverwin Poker. Uh, he, he called us up and said, uh, David Williams has decided it's time to come clean and admit that he was in this. Uh, what we'd like you to do 
is uh, like he wanted to actually come clean and come out of all things on Neverwin Poker on our radio show. But there were some kind of terms we had to agree to that, like, we have to submit the questions beforehand. They have to approve it. Like, the, it was some kind of, like, compromise to where, where we don't paint him in a bad light. But, but at the same time, he'll give us, like, the exclusive. So we said, oh, sure, we'll do it. Because they expected this to blow up into a huge scandal or something. Well, it turned out nobody really cared beyond the poker world. So it didn't go anywhere. And then they decided <laughs> to cancel the whole interview. So that was the end of that. So that was the that was the whole David Williams story. But it, but it was definitely him. And uh, and you know even his agent told us it was him, and he was ready to come out with it. So that was the story. Wow. Oh yeah. Thanks for filling me in. I appreciate that. Speaking of the World Series, you just mentioned Micon. I just happened to randomly be watching uh, the episodes from the 2010 World Series. Did Micon have a piece of Joe Chong at the final table, or was he friends with him? He was friends with him. Was, yeah. Oh, okay. Because he tried to be his he tried to be his media coach for a fee. Yeah, that's right. In that, fact, he did, uh, Mr. Chong politely declined. Well, you know what, uh, Micon actually. That's speak, a fact. Speaking of a fee, guess who got a, a percentage of of my uh, compensation from Poker Stars for for uh, agreeing to be a sponsored player for them on day six? When I yeah, I made it to eighty eighth on that one. Uh, during the the final break I made, the final dinner break I made. We negotiated something with Poker Stars. Now, admittedly, they they did a better job than I would have because they knew, uh, they knew the the ends of this better than I did, and and what to uh-huh. expect and what to demand. I, I was smart enough to refuse to. I refused any kind of poker. The reason I got better than everybody else is that only me and one other player were unpatched by the time they got down to the final hundred, and and that's because I uh, Poker Stars and Full Tilt were having everyone wear patches for for nothing and only be paid if they end up on TV. And I said, no way, I'm not, I'm not representing one, anyone for nothing. I said, I'm gonna, I'm, I said, I'll just wear my own site until, uh, until you guys are actually going to pay me to wear something. So, so finally, PokerStars, desperate to, to get whoever was left, gra- uh, gave me a lot better deal. But Mikon and his wife actually negotiated a deal and then took like 10% from me from it or something like that. It was uh, – you, you'd think Mikon could have just done it because he was my friend and I did him a lot of favors, but no, he, he wanted 10%. So that wow, happened. That's a good friend for you. Yeah, that, I, um, I, I agreed because they actually did do some good, and because Micon really needed the money, so I like I felt bad. I wanted to help him, but still, it was kind of crappy. <laughs> yeah, that's dirty pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this one's for Drexel. Uh, I know you're a you're a Seinfeld enthusiast. I've heard you, uh, you, you gave a couple Seinfeld quizzes for some uh, for some swag not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I dare, I dare you to stump me. You've met your match. I'm like, I'm a Larry David worshiper. I'm more of a curb your enthusiasm guy, but I know every episode of Seinfeld by heart. So stump me. Yikes. Uh, I mean, is this? Uh, well, I'm glad you told me that. Hey, if I not... if I lose, you're free rolling. If I lose, I'll donate twenty dollars to the free roll. And uh, if I win, you know nothing. You know. It's a free roll. Okay. What? Uh, how many questions would you like? Um, let's do three. Three. And I guess uh, best two out of three. I guess. All right. And you said, okay. I'm obviously going to give it to you hard here. Yeah, that's all right, man. That's all right. <laughs> all right. In 
the Seinfeld episode. It was called The Marine Biologist. Do you remember that one? Oh, that one is of the my, one. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Okay. What was the room number of the hotel that Yuri Testakoff, and this is going to be multiple choice, Yuri Testakoff, he was, remember, he was writing a book with Elaine. And she yeah, was the Russian writer, you, you and your sneakers always yes. running, running for something. I'm going to give you four choices. What is the room number? 511, 213, 308, or 609? Wow, this is really obscure. Holy shit. Yeah, well, you said now, art. That, yeah, dialogue. I mean, I got you on dialogue, but that is so, so obscure. Okay, so what are the what are the three choices? Room five eleven, room two thirteen, room three oh eight, or room six oh nine. I'm kind of taking a shot in the dark. I feel like a fool now since I put myself on the spot, but I'm going to go with five eleven. <laughs> And you are incorrect. Of course. Man, that, that's obscure right there. That's obscure. That, that, was, a hard, that was a hard fall. Well, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm actually uh, looking at a Seinfeld quiz online because, I mean, once you said it had to be hard, I probably couldn't stop <laughs> you. But, I mean, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, we're going to go to question uh, two here. I'll give you an easier one. Okay, um, okay. In the episode, the Andrea Doria. Do you remember that? That's the episode yeah. where George was trying to get the, uh, get the, the room and the, uh, the, the apartment, and the guy said he was a victim of it. Kramer takes a medicine that belonged to a dog when he was coughing. What was the name of the dog who Kramer took that dog's medicine? Rex, Spike, Snowball, or Smuckers? Smuckers. Yeah, Smuckers. no Smuckers. It's Smuckers. You yeah. got it. That's right. <laughs> All right, now now we're we're neck and neck. We're tied up now. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I almost I almost said Smuckers just off memory, but I wanted to I wanted to hear the multiple choice just in case. I gotta, I gotta get a good one here. So you're one. Now, what are you gonna donate? If uh, what was the roll? Where did you say you donate? I'll, I'll, do, I'll donate twenty to the free roll. Okay, you can't do it versus PayPal. Though. <laughs> All right. Just tell me how I gotta do it, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling confident here. Let's see. All righty. I'm looking. I. I... All right, I, you know what? I'm in a good mood, so I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna ask you this one. What is the only episode? Oh, this is hard, but I'm, I'm still gonna ask you. It's the only episode in the entire series. You can just tell me a little bit about it, whatever you want to say. It's the only episode in the entire series that George does not make an appearance in the entire show. Oh man, Jordan's my favorite character too. All right, all right. Only one show he doesn't. Only one show he's never been on, or one episode in the show. Just tell me a little bit of. It's it's early. It's early in the series. 
I don't know what yeah, season, but it's series. the first couple. You just have to tell me a little bit about the episode. Oh, okay. It's the one where Jerry and Lane go to Florida and stay with Jerry's parents. That's it's called. It's called the episode "The Pen," and you are correct. He wins. Yes, fucking A. Yeah, yeah two out of three. Yeah. And he missed the one that was insanely yeah. hard. Good job, buddy. I can compete at the highest levels with one of the best. That makes me feel pretty good. That That's great. Jeff, can we get those PFA hats? Can we maybe send send him one? Sure. Oh, I would love a PFA hat. That would be awesome. Uh, you know what? And if you have to, this is just for pride now. Like any, I mean, I'm not even looking at no computer or nothing. What is the apartment number of Jerry's apartment? Hurry up, tell me. Oh, man. Come on. You have to know this. Every episode they show it for a decade. They do show it. They do show it. And I tell you, I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank. I'm drawing a complete blank. If I, if lives I, in, if I, 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 if Prince right at the high limit one percenter uh, department store. You played great. We'll get you a, hat, a trucker hat during the summer. They're coming Appreciate soon. We have a list. Appreciate it. Absolutely. When I, uh, when I heard you doing the, uh, the the questions before for the swag, I was like, oh man, I was like, I should get these hands down. So at least uh, at least I got two out of four. I feel pretty good about that. All right. <clears throat> All right. Very good. All right. So. Uh, Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. We have another caller here. All right, guys. Love right. the show. How's it going, right. buddy? Nice to All meet right. you. You too. Nice guy. All right, so we have this four one two guy. Doesn't really make it worth it. Okay. Yeah, four one two guy. Where's that, Druff? Pittsburgh. Wittellis. Yes. It's the return of the king. This guy is what he's back in action right now. Okay. Anyways, real quick, I need to get into it. It's time for you to head to bed, Todd. I was shocked to see radio is still going. Benjamin's going to be up for Monday school soon. Who's going to take him? I am. Wait, is this the guy? Uh, that got Todd, banned? I'm worried. Todd, Todd, I'm worried. Yeah, this, yeah, this guy. This guy got banned. That's why I called. But yeah. listen, I, let's not do any personal vendettas on the radio. Show. No, 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 he's not. No, I, I actually I, gave I, him. No, we yeah, we actually talked personal, about this. Hang Brandon, on. This is not a personal vendetta. I'm calling oh. because I'm. Todd's been sick. I heard his throat was sore, and I don't think you should be staying up all night. That Todd, have you been taking multivitamins? You know, so I gotta, listen, I got to say something. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not scared of no one. I had the one guy in Florida, the crazy guy threatening to kill me. But the guy in what it is may there? Have been no, me. 412. This guy sounds creepy, Todd. I got to be honest. I'm just well, saying. Okay, so the, I, he sounds very creepy. Well, yeah, he has he has some issues, but look, look. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 yeah, they're, he, they're extensive. They're he's extensive. talking about your son. No, he, he's, he's, he's off the forum. He, I, I give him credit. He did ask me. He asked me by text here. He's been off the forum a while, and he hasn't he hasn't come back since since he got removed. It's been a long day, and it's a lifetime ban. This guy's gonna be on Dateline NBC. This guy is crazy. So he he asked, so he asked if if it's okay if he still calls into the radio show every so often. I said, ah, okay, fine, go ahead. So I I did, I did tell him this is okay. Why would he worry about your son? That's that's crazy. He should never talk about I, someone's child. Well, he just I'm, I'm not even bothered by it. This okay. is gonna be on Dateline NBC. And I hope they get someone handsome to play. Okay, well, These are rough words, Brandon. I guess I deserve it, though. I mean, it, so okay. What is, what is this about? Do you not like Todd? What, what is the issue here? I don't understand. I, could you explain what, why why you perceived my comments so as so, so rude? I no, said, I didn't say rude. I said actually, I, I said creepy, not rude. 
the way you're saying, you got to get off the radio. You got to take your son to work. Like, I'm worried about multivitamin. It doesn't sound normal. It sounds scary. I was kidding sounds, around. Oh, was you, that you understand that? It was a joke. Sounded stalker. Maybe you. Like, maybe I think maybe you've been up too long. I mean, I it mean, is five ten in the morning. Night's sleep. I mean, it's five ten. No, I'm saying it is five ten in the morning. Well, this guy is it's a pretty, this guy is a irritable uh, man, Brandon. You may have had too much coffee. Uh, I, I'm just I saying literally just said, "Todd, I think you need some sleep. You've had a sore throat. Maybe take a multivitamin. Your son's going to be getting up for school soon. I mean." I, I don't know. It didn't seem that rude to me, but I, I'm like you guys said. I'm a very strange guy. So yeah, he is a strange guy. He is a he is a very big Maybe fan of the show, though. Maybe my perception of reality is a bit skewed. He is know? he is a big fan of the show, Brandon. That's okay. the, that, that's it's actually right. I'm not a fan of Brandon. Everyone knows that. I think one thing that I want to say about Brandon mm-hmm. is Brandon always mispronounces names. Always, like every yeah, athlete if, if or coach, you know me, he mispronounces the... it, but then he. He, hey, he will. He will correct other people. If you know, if you know, uh, see that 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 shows you how much you've paid attention. It's been a running gag for about half a decade that I mispronounce everybody's name. Okay, if, so if you don't know that, you haven't been listening. Uh, whether have, it's Brady right, Hoke, whether it's uh, the guy uh, Keaton that won the World Series, I, everyone's name is said. Druff. I mean, am I, what am I saying here? Is I it, guess that makes sense. I yeah, yeah, it's it's that. true that it's true that, that I say every name. Well, listen, I'm not going to see you. Fair enough. I, I'm Brandon. saying I'm saying I don't fair care if enough. you're a fan. I'm just saying you sound creepy. You're on my radio show and you sound Brand, creepy. Brandon, fair enough. Many many would say you're a creepy guy as well. Are you like you're like uh, in your 40s in Vegas? You you grind out like video poker and stuff for Actually, a living. I, many I, would say. I don't. Many video would po- say you're crazy. No, no, that's, that's, that's not do. true, though. He doesn't. No, it's not true. He doesn't. He doesn't grind out video poker. The only time I will ever, ever play video poker is if I have some sort of free play, and that is the best way to to, to go through it. Fair enough. You'll never see me I'm, at a bar with a twenty Brandon, or hundred. I know machine. less about your life than I should. I do. I know less about your life you're, than I you're, should. So, what is the purpose of this call? That you're concerned that I'm, Todd's on the radio at five in the morning? Brandon, I wanted to call and say hello to Todd. He's one of my heroes. You say, again, you sound really creepy. <laughs> okay. Let's let's take a – we have another caller who wants to comment right, probably. have here. a good day, Todd. Okay. I just okay. wanted to call and uh, okay. say Thank hello. You. Have Thank a good day. You. All right. So so a caller from 212 New York. Uh, go ahead. Hey, I just um, wanted to know, are we taking away the rule where we aren't giving the mentally disturbed any attention anymore? <laughs> like, has that rule changed? Well, yeah, that, I mean, honestly, and he, I, I don't care. He's listening. That guy sounded handicapped me. Is it me or did he sound creepy? Like, like, I don't know. No, I wait. I I had to call in because that, like, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, so way. did I. I got like, uh, what do they call it? The the quivers, shivers, and he doesn't know I say everyone's name wrong. It was really creepy. That motherfucker's gonna kill him. Well, well, okay. Like this, this, this is someone who listens a lot to, to like to every episode. He really likes the show. He, he, you know, on the forum. Does uh, he really like the show? Yeah, he does, and he, he was. Uh, but does he have? Uh, um, does he understand the line between? Like radio and reality, like does he cross that line into like our real world? I, I don't know that much. I don't that that much about him, but uh, could be kind of a problem. No, but it. it I don't think he's he's going to cause any harm. I, I just don't think. Why that. was he banned in the first place? Yeah, he he, he, he he didn't handle the forum very well, but he wanted to make an occasional. He he thought he was being entertaining with his call. Do you think it's here. healthy to have him on radio if he has some sort of forum issue? The forum. There's some people who can't handle the forum very well. He said he was going to attack someone. 
Oh, I don't remember that. How can he listen to our radio and he doesn't know that I say people's names? That that part I don't I don't, I don't understand, but I know I know he I grind out video poker. I I know for sure he listens to uh, to the shows all the time. All right, guys, I'm work, but that guy's gonna fucking kill you. I, I agree. I said Dateline NBC five times already that they're gonna have some young. Uh, I don't even who would even play Druff. Handicap me. Who would be like a good actor to play the druff in the Dateline NBC miniseries of us all getting killed by that guy in the whatever the fuck overlay area code? Who would play druff? Give us an actor. You know, and druff, I will say, we just came off a great call. We had the enthusiastic 1% uh, department store guy, and he's answering Seinfeld, and then we go to that, and it's just kind of, I hate to say it, but it was a real buzzkill. No, I, I, don't, I don't even think it was a big deal. It, it, for, it actually didn't, well, we lost, we lost uh, Handicap me somehow. I didn't hang up on him. He just vanished. I got a text from Bobby Griffin. Just getting off. Says, <laughs> you know, I, I just just th- left work. Glad to hear you guys are still on. Uh, blah blah blah. Good seeing you. Tell Todd you have a steak dinner at our new steakhouse whenever you guys want. Oh, good. No, Godspeed. You know, I'll, I'll tell you. With certain people, the the ones that that really uh, that was creepy, Todd. The the ones that that bother me are the ones that that hit me with the negative obsession. The ones that listen all the time and yet hate me. Now, if you was being honestly, maybe you know him better than me. I think I've is this, did I exchange some Twitter messages with him? I think. Yeah, you did. Okay, and even then, he kind of came at me aggressively. And well, I yeah, didn't yeah why. the guy, the guy's very odd, and he admits this, and, and he. he oh. but, well, but, but, but what I'm saying is, I, I don't. This is not someone who listens like with, with a negative feeling. He doesn't listen because he hates me. He listens because he he enjoys the show, and I, I believe he actually that, likes though, me. from like a. I mean, you don't have a degree in psychology. No, but I, I've talked. I've talked to him. I've talked to him in text. Not not too recently, but uh, you know, I, I had some exchanges with him. That's the conclusion I've come to. And uh, there's there's others who've texted me before that that I think are kind of uh, unbalanced, where they 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 really seem to have issues with me and really dislike me and really want to say like the nastiest, hurtfulest, most hurtful things they can think of to say. But why don't and they just not listen then? That, and that's what I don't understand. Like they like I can understand so if you don't just, like what we do then don't listen. I can understand right, if you know? if I can understand if you just disagree with me or, or or don't like certain things I say and do but See, if even it, my boy Rizzo and he's probably a definitely a PFA rookie of the year candidate uh, for 15 16 he says that confirmed dangerous creepy. Like it just didn't sound right. Like I don't know. But 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 I'm saying somebody who at least somebody who listens with a with a positive uh, view of of the show, and, and like there I, I I don't really feel I a feel threat like to those people. What, what city was that in? Yeah, it was a Pittsburgh area. Coach. See, I feel like if you went in that apartment right now, maybe you'd, you'd see about fifty pictures of you and me with little you know pins on them or something <laughs> you know like they find the stalker and they always take you to the house on like the lawn order and there's a hole like in the living room on the walls with you know there's the pictures everywhere and you know what i'm talking about like that i don't know just maybe it's me no one's in the chat is talking everyone's kind well of just, because it's it's uh it's yeah, six in the morning. morning well if you have some relationship with him and you can vouch for the fact he's a fan then i i, I can't i i don't have that much of a relationship but i i've I, I, I believe he is a a big fan of the show, so that that I do know. Okay. Well. Anyhow, that was. Like was the, I'm telling you, the, the people that bother me are the ones the, the ones that that like listen with like hate in their heart, and then and then want to like there aren't many of them, but then want to send me messages to let me know it and try to just say the nastiest things like 
that that's the type of crap that uh, I wonder why would someone and yet some of these people like listen to every word we say on here, which is weird. That, I mean, that's what bothers me. At, like message me to ask me if the Excalibur is as slummy as they think it is. I mean, I get those. Or what's the best buffet? I don't get those kind of messages. And I have a dedicated text line, just like you. I mean, I have no phone and no mountaintop, but you know, I'm, I'm still. <laughs> well, we, we have the office, though, and uh, yeah, you know yeah. this. Uh, Forum Wars just wrote for Druff, oddness, danger, creepiness is trumped by the hero factor. No, it's it's not that. It's just it's it's that it's the positivity versus negativity thing. And and if somebody's going to listen to the show and and think positively of me and the show and then they're enjoying it, even if they're we're weird. sitting here with two guys talking shit, sports, poker. I mean, what can anyone even get upset about? It doesn't make well, that, sense. That, that's what I'm saying. So, so someone who listens positively and looks forward to it and, and, and thinks thinks positively of me, I, I'm not worried about that person. I'm, I'm worried about the person with, with, with hatred that listens and yet wants to listen every week and listen to every word. That's the person I worry about more. That, that's the person I, I don't like taking calls from or, or even communicating with. That's who bothers me. So that's 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 how I feel about this situation. I don't care if people who are who are weirdos want to listen to the show. Uh, as long I, I I don't think uh, that right. that's a, that's a problem. So okay, all right. L- let's see here. Uh, well, we've covered. I think we're down to the general topics. Yeah, we're we are gen- so uh, the Republican primary is is. Moving forward, and uh, I honestly thought months ago, I, I kind of set the date for the trip I would be taking to North Carolina, and I was thinking that when I'm on that trip, I bet I'll know who the Republican nominee is. And of course, I just took that trip, and I don't know who the Republican nominee is. So th- this is a weird situation I didn't even really predict back then, and that is the, the brokered convention, which is now looking more and more likely. And uh, the problem is the Republican establishment just does not want Donald Trump. And I can understand why they don't. I, I don't either. And I, I think there's uh, a lot of reasons not to want him. And, and uh, I'll tell you this, and I was thinking about it this week. I the, the time I was most proud of the Republican Party, the time when I identified most with them and thought they were most on the right track and, I th- and where I thought they were best connect with connecting with the, the electorate as compared to the Democrats, at least in my lifetime, was in 1994 when they, they scored those big midterm victories even though Clinton was in office. And and the the way they did this was number one they stopped fighting with each other and so let's just find common ground they stopped they stopped this whole competition of who's trying to out conservative the other and, and they 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 basically said look let, let's look at what people are unhappy with let's look what they don't like about Bill Clinton in his first two years what they don't like about the Democrats what they don't like about everyday life what's bothering them and and what about the Democrats solution to these problems don't they like and they zeroed in on them and and uh you know they came out with this contract with america which uh, that all, all of it wasn't implemented and, and uh but but the, the 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 basic theme was correct and that is they they realized that a lot of their values the the core values of the party actually did match up with a lot of people even ones who were not republicans and they just had to get it across that we're not just for uh re- religious people we're not just for uh uh, you know, rich people were not just for 
uh, super right wing people. We're, we're for average people like you who have a lot of concerns that, that the typical American does about crime, about taxes, uh, about a lot of other matters that, uh, that, that the Democrats weren't very strong on. And they zeroed in on that. And they, uh, Newt Gingrich was behind that. He was, he was very good at engineering all that. He wasn't very good at governing once he was elected, but he was, uh, he was very good at, at engineering that whole thing. And, and I thought that's uh, that's when they looked the Republicans looked their best. Uh, from that point, they got a bit arrogant. They just they they put a smackdown on in '94, and they just thought after that that uh, they could kind of coast, and they're just going to win everything. They were sure they're going to win the White House in '96 away from Clinton. That didn't happen, or even come close. Uh, they, they thought they're going to uh, keep the House and the Senate forever. That that didn't uh, come to pass. Uh, they just thought it was gonna, they're just going to naturally breeze into everything after that, and it, it didn't go that way. Uh, so the reason I'm bringing this up now is 22 years later, and I followed it very closely, though, 22 years ago. I was 22. Now I'm 44. The, the, the problem is I, th- I think that the reason the Republicans are now dealing with Trump is that they got away from what they did right 22 years ago and this is a response to that, and the, the first response to that was actually the Tea Party, but then that kind of started to fall out of favor. And this is now the second response, that basically they, they, they got away from what made them successful in 94 and what was connecting them with the average person in 94. And then today, we have a lot of people in the Republican Party that feel that the current party is, is not representing them in, in various ways, that they... And they just got fed up and said, uh, we're going to go with someone different. We're going to go with someone that, that, that's basically speaking our language and, and, and address and speaking our concerns. And, and, we're, and, and that's so they were so disillusioned with, with the current Republican Party that they, they, they felt they don't have to look deeper beyond that. They don't have to worry about Trump's flaws and uh, – and what his plans really mean, what his words really mean, and, and uh, his past, and anything, anything else, even if he really wants to be president, or if this is all a gimmick that's kind of run out of control. They don't care. All they're hearing now is finally someone again, for the first time in 22 years, who is, is speaking to them just in plain talk about their concerns. And I watched this happen. I watched this, and, and every time it came to the election, and every time I'd, I'd hear middle-of-the-road people saying, you know, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a liberal, but I just can't get on, on board with what a lot of the Re- Republicans are standing for these days, it would frustrate me because I would feel like, I felt like if they had just stuck to what they were doing in 94, if they just stuck with the themes they were going with then, and, you know, modernized them with the times, you can't stay trapped in 1994, but modernized them with the times, I think they would have connected with a lot more people and been a lot more successful. Instead, uh, they got away from that, and then they they were also empowered by some midterm victories, like the one in 2010, uh, which were really kind of hollow victories that they just... uh, They were just winning because of of temporary dissatisfaction with with the president and and with certain high-ranking Democrats like uh, Nancy Pelosi. So... When the Republicans won in 2010, uh, a lot of when, when they made a lot of progress there in the House and Senate, I felt that was more a vote against the Democrats than than for the Republicans. 
And I think they mistook that as approval of them rather than disapproval of the Democrats. Whereas in 94, there was really votes going to Republicans because people actually were approving of what they wanted to do. And that, that was a big difference. So I feel that Donald Trump is the response to all this. He, it wasn't, Trump wasn't thinking this when he, uh, when he started to run. I believe he ran as a gimmick as, and then uh, unexpectedly it caught on. And then we've said this before that this is, uh, and there's been others who theorized this that that he he really wasn't expecting this to do well. And, and then once it did, he kind of said, "Well, all right, might as well run with it." But but he really doesn't have any idea with what he's going to do. So uh, this this is kind. Of, I hate to say it, it's kind of what the Republican Party deserves for not really listening to what the people want not really zeroing in on where the Democrats were weak and, and going that direction rather than uh, going their own direction of seeing, uh, of, you know, how conservative can the party get? How uh, uh, they just kind of went their own way and, and, and didn't care enough about what uh, the average person was looking for. So now Trump is, is acting like he cares what the average person is looking for, and that's where his appeal is. But unfortunately, he has so many negatives that... Even if even if you say you do support him, once he gets to the general election, he's going to get clobbered. Even if Bernie Sanders were to win, which he's not going to, uh, the primary, he, he would still clobber Trump. E- either way, Hillary or Bernie is going to clobber Trump if he wins. So now we've got the situation that the establishment says, well, now we've got to stop this. And, uh, and the other problem is the establishment was too busy fighting each other during the primary and not going after Trump. And by the time they went after Trump, it was too late. So and no one was was willing to coalesce around a, a single candidate. So all the not Trump candidates were splitting the votes, and, and Trump was taking the rest. And now now he's he's got the momentum, and he, uh, he he's definitely going to finish with the most delegates when it comes to the convention. There's no question about that. Uh, the question is, does he make a does he make a majority by then? If he doesn't make a majority, uh then I, I I think they're going to pull the shenanigans and not uh, and he's not going to be the the candidate because uh, the way it works for those of you that don't know is that Republican delegates who are uh, representing Trump are required to vote for him, but uh, that's only on the quote first ballot. And if the first ballot doesn't yield a majority, then they have a second ballot where they can vote for whoever they want. And at that point a lot of them are going to abandon Trump because they will not have really wanted to vote for him in the first place, and they were just required to. There's also concern that even if he does get a majority, and it's fairly close, that you may have some delegates switching anyway against party rules and that there's really not any kind of teeth to the rule to force them to do it, or, or that some other shenanigans are going to occur and they're going to prevent it. But basically, uh, if Trump does not have his, not just a majority but a decisive majority of the delegates, which he probably won't, then they're going to find a way to take it away from him. And then this is going to create all kinds of pandemonium. There are going to be people who are really angry about this. They're going to feel like the will of the people was was uh, disrupted by party elit- elitists, which is the truth. That's really what's going to be happening. They will feel that... Uh, that... Uh, you know, it's time to stop supporting the party, and Trump will feel like he got screwed and may run as a third-party candidate, which then will completely sink the Republicans. If uh, no matter who they throw up, so 
I, I think this is done. The Republicans are damned if they do, damned if they don't, because there's no way no one's going to. There's no way anyone's going to finish with more delegates than Trump by the time the convention comes. Well, Kasich, it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible it's for Kasich, impossible. right? And, and for Cruz, it's not mathematically, but it's it's just about impossible anyway, realistically. So, you know, uh, I made a bet with my accountant this week, and you can tell me what you think. The, the bet that I made it was just for like a steak dinner, you know, like a nice dinner. I tend to bet food more than I bet money for some reason, but the bet is this: if Donald Trump is the nominee, whether it's via getting the delegates or at a broker convention, uh, I win the bet. If Ted Cruz is a nominee, it's a push. And if anyone outside that's not running right now uh, gets the nomination, and obviously that'd have to be through a brokered convention, then my friend, my accountant, wins a bet. So meaning someone like uh, Paul, Paul Ryan, Scott Walker, Jeb Bush, you know, someone that's not in the election and he is convinced, and this is an intelligent man. This is actually someone, as I mentioned to you, that listens to our show. Funny, yes, yes. Which I didn't even know my own accountant has listened to this podcast before. But he is was insistent in our conversing and dealings that somebody from outside, uh, not only the front runners, but that are just running now, even John Kasich, someone that's not running will be the nominee at, at the convention. And again, like the three names that I can only think of that. Or potential would be the ones I mentioned, Paul Ryan, Scott Walker, and maybe Jeb Bush. And that is what our bet is. And again, Ted Cruz is a push. I would yeah, I, yeah, you have the better of it there. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I thought I did, too. Be- because so because of the fact that Ted, Ted Cruz is a push, that's the big thing here. Right. So, but do you think I – mean, actually, that's not a great way to phrase it. I was going to say, do you think his argument carries any weight? But I mean, I, I guess what, the better way to ask it is, do you think there's any possibility – or I shouldn't say any, of course there is, but do you think there's any reasonable possibility that one of the aforementioned names or even somebody else uh, could be the potential nominee? Yes, there, there is some, but uh, it, it's still more, uh, still a higher chance that Trump will be the, the, the Outside one. the scope of the three I mentioned, is there anyone viable that you can think of that possibly could be? I mean, I can't... No, I like, no, I, I've, I, Rush Limbaugh said this about a week or two ago, made news that he believes that they're going to force Jeb Bush down the Republicans' throats. I don't think that will happen. I don't think that that uh, you know that, that, that would even be viable in terms of any path. And he couldn't win. He couldn't win a state, more or less, win you know against Hillary. Is there anyone else you could foresee that could be? Well, I'd heard before it was said that Paul Ryan is going to be uh, pushed in like that. But I, I don't know. This is. But I still think you have the better chance. Because the well, Ted what Cruz are, is what are the books now offering uh, as a line? I, I have I haven't Trump. looked re- I haven't looked recently. It, it actually went down. Though. I think it went to like fifty percent. Hmm. Now, and I also read, and I haven't uh, I haven't seen what they decided to do, but the state of California was basically trying to change the rules to uh, favor other parties other than Trump. In terms of uh, shit, I can't remember exactly what I read, but basically they were changing something in the way delegates are assigned in the state of California that would not benefit Trump. Do you know anything about this? No, no, I didn't. I must have not read about that. Hmm. But yeah, there's there's going to be uh, it's going to be really weird, and and it's just not a good idea. You just you, even if you don't like the the candidate, even if you know he's going to lose, even if you. Uh, in the short term, if you know this is going to just toss the election in, you're done. 
you, you've got to think of the long-term health of the party. And and you're going to lose anyway. At this point, they're going to lose anyway. They've they've blown it here. It's 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 done. It's it's not going to. I, I just, I'm reading about. I'm reading more about this Hillary thing with the emails and her insistence. And, and I'm not one of these people that just bash Hillary for bashing for the sake of bashing Hillary. But I read this story, and it it was I guess a little biased in how much it portrayed her arrogance. But basically, the gist of it is that she was privy to. Uh, very high classified meetings and she was insistent on bringing her blackberry into an area i can't i don't remember the name of what they call it uh, i'm not in front of my computer now but it's some part of the white house where there's no electronics allowed where you literally have to put your cell phone like in a locker uh because of of the worry of being able to I guess, or bug a phone just for income, like being able to listen to a phone, yeah. even if it's just on you, you know, somewhere else. And she was so insistent, she apparently asked for this black, for a Blackberry that Obama has. And I didn't know this, apparently Obama is a huge Blackberry fan. <laughs> and uh, he had the White House and I guess security experts, probably from the public sector, make him this phone that has been called literally the most secure phone in the world. It's like encrypted better. I don't know, whatever it is, it, 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 they said it cost a ton of money, took a lot of time to make, and Hillary wanted one, and they said no. Uh, I mean, have you read about any of this? Or no, no, I haven't. Okay. All right. Well, anyhow, it was very, very interesting. So I'm still reading this stuff that the FBI is investigating her. I know you've told me nothing's going to come of this, and I tend to agree with you myself, but – Everything I'm reading, and I'm not talking about conspiracy media sites, you know, as mainstream as USA Today or, you know, Fox News or other places are reporting she's still being investigated. And there's still a possibility that she can be indicted. Yeah, but investigating and getting to an indictment of someone like that is is just such a large gap. It's not going to happen. It's a a dream of of Republicans as a way to – circumvent having to face her in the general election where, where everybody right now who uh, could be the candidate. The funny thing is the only one who's polling to beat both Bernie Sanders and Hillary at the moment in a hypothetical election of the Republicans is Kasich. Unbelievable. And he's the only one polling that way. The the other two, uh, the Cruz and that's, Trump. And are, of course, the guy that's dead last. Yeah, he's dead last. So, uh, so there, I there, mean, is, there any, is there any Republican? I mean, the way I look at it, if Trump does get the nomination, he's not going to win. But I don't think – I think enough people, if, say, hypothetically, you know, Paul Ryan is forced down our throats – or I shouldn't say our throats – forced down Republicans' throats as their nominee, basically forced, I think enough people are going to revolt. Just yes, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. That's, that's why they're damned if they do that. If they don't, so they might as well not – Disrupt the party over this. They might as well. It's not like they have some kind of spectacular candidate they know everyone's going to get behind, and it's worth taking the chance to win the White House. You're not going to win anyway if you do this because there's going to be too much of a backlash, as you said. So there, there's no point. It, it's it's. I think they're drawing dead here, so they might as well give up and and realize that they. They blew it with this election, and, uh, and just and not blow up the party, and not blow up Trump. the party, and, and just yeah. let you know, Trump take it, and then and then you know, he's probably going to lose, and and that's that, and uh, and look, then try try, four years try again in four years, yeah. try again in four years, or or right, and that's it. That's what they should do, but that's not what they're going to do, probably. And it will be interesting to see what happens, and if if the 
party fractures over this, it's their fault. They've got they they just haven't wanted to look at this situation realistically about what it really is and and what caused it. This is this is some way their fault. And the, and the the Democrats they they've got uh, the funny thing is they have a similar thing going on, just not as severe. But there there's a lot of revolt against Hillary. A lot of uh, Democrats uh, on the left, especially are unhappy with the establishment and with Hillary and they, and they just uh, that's why they're supporting Bernie and a lot, a lot of them are, are, are not looking forward to having to vote for Hillary when, when Bernie loses which he's going he is going to lose no matter what so well, he's that not, was kind of rigged from the start to be honest with you yeah, it was it was rigged from the start and uh, he he just he, he's just the, the remaining states there's too many where he's weak. He really has to like smack down almost everywhere at this point. It doesn't matter because the super delegates he's not going to yeah. overcome. It's just not going to happen. I know. So, but even if you want to go with the belief that some of them will switch over to him, if he's enough, will switch over to him to negate that if if he really starts smacking down the rest of the states. But there's just too many states where he's still polling way behind, not just behind, but way behind that he'd have to win by a good deal. It just can't happen. Even if it happens on one or two of them, it would have to happen like all the way across the board. And, and really, the only states where he's he's really putting a beat down on Hillary are ones where they're where the Democratic voters are heavily white and rural. So places like Alaska, Washington, the, the states like that, he does very well. Where most of the Democrats are white and rural. Once you get people who are either minorities or who live in cities, or especially minorities who live in cities uh, who are Democrats, then uh, Hillary does much better. And I don't think he's going to be able to over, overcome that. So that's that's the situation. I don't think it's headed down a good road. Maybe they'll they'll develop some sense. So we're getting to uh, it's five forty. So let me get to finish this. There's I guess top. we've talked about this. Uh, I think we still have a handful of games left. Kobe played the Celtics tonight for the last time. Went off for uh, thirty somewhat points. Thirty three, maybe thirty four. Uh, Still shot under 50%, of course. I think he was maybe in the 40% range. Uh, but uh, It was a weird game. I, I watched, it was. I, I, I watched I was Kobe. I Orleans. I watched most of it. Yeah, I watched. I did too. And Kobe, was, he was super aggressive. And he was uh, to the point of actually being a ball hog. And uh, the, the the Celtics didn't play that well. The, the Lakers probably may have beaten them if, if Kobe actually uh, toned the aggressiveness down a little bit, uh, because as you said, he wasn't shooting that great. He just was taking a lot of shots. Uh, but he, you know, even though he scored this many points, it was because he took so many shots. And I just got the, I, I got the impression for the most part when he had the ball, he made a few, you know, very good shots that are kind of like the Kobe of old. But for the most part, when he had the ball, you kind of felt like he was going to miss. You, you felt like he, he just doesn't have it. Whereas the old Kobe, He's been missing all year. I mean, he's shooting a career low, 30, 30, low 30%. Hello? Anyone there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's someone here. Oh, Is that Benny up? Yeah, Benjamin woke up. Come here, Benjamin. Aww. Come here. Uh oh. Okay, you want, you want to say hi to the radio show? Hi, Ben. Well, you can't hear anything. You just, uh, you just, uh, you just say hi. Hi. Hi, Ben. And Brandon's saying hi. You want to say hi to Brandon? Hi. And did, did you just wake up? Yeah. 
just hold up. Sounds adorable. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. What what does Ben normally start off the day breakfast wise? Um, he, his favorite. No, thing? he doesn't. He doesn't really want to eat in the morning. You had a bad dream. Yeah, it was fast too. A fast dream. Fast too. Okay. Well, Druff, your son's up. Do you want? We've covered everything. Would you like to just call it a, a podcaster? Yeah, I think I probably do. Here, whatever we have left. I mean, we I just, did everything. We got. Uh, Let's see, what didn't we cover? It's just a just, general topic. Uh, I think like Dodger stuff, but whatever. Yeah, you don't think the Dodgers are going to be great this year? I agree. Uh, <laughs> I think the team to beat is Arizona with all that free agent spending on pitching. And who's their other? I know they got. Yeah, to, maybe even San Francisco. Yeah, I saw that they were picked. Uh, and the Warriors are going to shit the bed in the playoffs. Uh, you know what? The, the only thing that gives me a little, I guess maybe – Something to look at in the past is it is actually really quite similar to what happened to those record-setting Bulls, where towards the end of that season, they kind of hit a lull, and they lost two out of their last four at home, and uh, they didn't head into the playoffs with a bunch of steam, but yet they still ended up, uh, although I think it was six games they won over Seattle, they still won the championship. Um, you know, maybe that's kind of close. I still think they're, the, they're definitely the team to beat. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I don't even think in the next week or so when they play San Antonio, that's going to tell much because from everything I've read, Popovich has no intention of playing his starters. Yeah, he's not. And, that's what Popovich – in fact, I've said that. that Because uh, it doesn't know. make sense for from two aspects, one being that you know he wants to rest them and two being that he doesn't want them to see too much. So when they do play inevitably – you know, he's just not giving away much. And, like, and there's nothing to play for. They're not going to catch Golden State for the best exactly. record. And, and they're not going to fall behind anybody for, for the third. So all know. that can happen is someone can get hurt in a meaningless game. Yeah, or, or they can just pop up, a, you know, the record a little bit more but not set any any records or be that interesting. So, yeah. so there's no point. So that, I, that may actually be an advantage over the Warriors who feel pressure to, to chase this record where, where San Antonio has no record to chase. So I'm not saying they're not going to win – the whole thing. I'm just saying that it looks less inevitable to me than it did before, and and they they just ever since the All Star break they haven't looked like they did before. And well, it's, I mean, when you say that, you just mean they're not beating every team by twenty thirty. Right, no, but I've seen some close ones. I've, more back I, down to earth. I've seen a lot of close ones, including against bad teams where they just barely pull it out. But I mean, you know, it's the NBA. There's eighty two games. It's 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 hard, you know. And finally, I caught up with them the other night when they played Boston. You know. The, I don't know how many games this year they've come behind with that small ball lineup in the last couple of minutes. So what are they? There's a nickname. What do they call that? The uh, the killer or the death squad? Death squad, I think. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing is, though, it was <laughs> at least Boston wasn't a bad team, but there were all these bad teams that that almost beat them, and even one the you know, the Lakers that did beat them. I know, you know it wasn't at home, but you, you got to think that it's you know again it's 82 games, and every team that they're playing is really giving it their all. Like you know, especially non playoff teams. You know, it's like your Super Bowl, you know, or even yeah. I know. Are, I'm, I'm just, know, I'm just, I'm just telling. You, I'm seeing it's, yeah. it's not, it's not looking quite the same now. They did smack down Portland tonight, uh, but the, uh, the the first half they didn't look that good against Portland. But then that the, in the fourth they smacked down Portland and won but by. You know over how 20. fast all this can change. They play their first round matchup. Who would it be now? It'd be is it Dallas or Utah? It's Dallas. Better hope it's Dallas. Okay, it's that's Dallas. a better matchup. Yeah, it's not for, I don't want to face Utah. Utah yeah, can but if they play Dallas, they sweep them in three games, and they blow them out, they get their confidence back and some momentum. A lot can change. I mean, I, I by no means I, – I know you're not writing them off. I'm just saying I, 
If I was to bet, and I'm never going to bet in this spot just because, you know, they're just such huge favorites, though. But if I had to make a wager with you, a friendly wager with somebody, I'm still taking them to win. Uh, I, you know, it's funny, coming out of the East the last week, James started at first with his comment, we're the team to beat in the East, which is kind of embarrassing. You either should say you're the te- we're, we're the team to beat yeah. in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, did you did you hear that when he came out and said that? And then a couple days later, his coach backed him up, Tyron Lue, and said, you know, yeah, we are the team to beat in the East. Yeah. That's kind of like, I mean, really, what kind of motivation is that? That's like basically <laughs> saying we're good enough to be second. Yep. Like you see that you come out publicly and you say, we're, we're you know, we're, we are a, a beast. We're a team to be reckoned with. We, we will compete for the championship. You don't just say we're the team to beat. Yeah, you, you don't. Just, yeah, you don't. You or you just say yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's, that, exactly. That, I that found was, that really odd. That 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 was weird. And uh, you know, I actually, I, 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 I do have to go here, but I did place okay. a, a small bit wager on. Uh, I, I placed one on Portland. Uh, not, not Portland. <laughs> I, I placed one on Toronto for winning the East, but I also placed a small one on Charlotte at thirty-three to one to win the East. I know it's not likely, but uh, they. They've been the team that has looked the best in the in the East recently, as far as uh, just just overall in the last uh, fairly large number of games they've played uh, in the second half of the They're season. Definitely peaking at the right time. Yeah. But so 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 no, I, I they don't have the depth. They don't have the the, the I guess pure athleticism. Yeah, they, but it's just it's just there's such flaws in the East. There's no there's so many flawed teams there that. If, if they're hot, if they're hot and, and and everybody just doesn't quite bring it, I I, I could see them getting through. That's why I put them at thirty. The thing that's that that's you know, and again, all you can do is really look at the past. How many situations can you look back? You know, in basketball, it's normally, you know, it's not like well, football. You know, there's only one game where you know a wild card can get to the Super Bowl. That's happened a lot. I mean, Christ, the Giants won it twice in the last six years as a wild card. But how many times have you ever see an NBA team that's a Six, seven, eight, or even a five making the finals. Well, it I, 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 the New York much. Knicks did it uh, some years ago. Was that uh, against the Rockets or against uh, against Spurs? I believe. Well, that was also yeah the strike short year. That's, yeah, that's probably the one you're talking about. Yeah. It was like ninety nine. Well, yeah. it was seventeen years ago. Yeah, I know. But I remember yeah. the the thing is that this is an unusual. Over there in the East, there's just no one who's dominant, and 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 all these teams that you can point to inconsistencies and well, flaws. And it's funny though because we just mocked it, but I do think Cleveland is the team to be in the East. Well, they they, they are, but but they, they they that team has so many flaws and, and has been known to crap the bed. You never know if they if they can lose this is not one that you're I mean gonna... they're going to be at least a minus 200 if not higher against Charlotte in a seven game series i mean they're not you know Oh yeah they will be but i i got 33 to 1 so i <laughs> Oh no absolutely i i think there's EB in that I, i'll i'll root for them i mean well you know what I, i'm a Miami guy Miami Heat are my team uh, they've been they've been looking good uh they added Joe Johnson and Hassan Whiteside's playing some yeah, great ball. Yeah, I consider it actually. And they throwing, have Cleveland's number. I, I, I consider throwing a little on them. I just figured I've, I've already done too much. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I did put. I, I threw three hundred on on uh, on Charlotte at thirty three to one to win ninety nine hundred. So nice. Uh, well, listen. When are we coming back? When's the next show? Okay. So I, I, I should mention that um, again. There will be a Sunday show. It won't be starting late at night. This will be a. It's not what was previously announced. It's going to be Sunday, April 10th at 6 p.m. 
from a secret location. And uh, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, kiddo. I'm going to try my best to be there, but you know, you're kind of just throwing me this date, that date, this time, that time. It's kind of hard to accommodate now all the time, but I will try my best. No, I, the, I, the I, I understand, and uh, it'll be Even if it's only for a little bit. <laughs> and then after that, uh, there will be no Wednesday show that week. We'll have just done it on Sunday, but then the the following Wednesday will be back to a normal schedule. So I feel like we're on like a bad radio schedule. Like sometimes I get on a bad sleep schedule. Exactly. The, the, the Sunday thing is tough because you can't really return to Wednesday because you're just. So you when just do we return? It. That's my question. Uh, we will be returning then on April twentieth, ten days later. Okay. So it's, it's it's April 10th and April 20th, and then then we'll be back on a normal Wednesday schedule, uh, as far as I can tell. So that that's that's the plan here, and I sorry for the disruptions, but that's uh, that, that's the way it goes here. And uh, and so Benjamin, well, you know, it's funny. We always think it's a disruption, but we do have a large majority of people, like Bobby Griffin, for instance, that listen every week. But never live, so they don't know what you know. That's what I was what saying is, before. Ninety percent of yeah. the people listen on the archives. But he did so say care. to me, "He's like, what the hell is going on out here?" I've looked at i that iTunes, no show. I looked again yesterday, no show. When the hell is there going to be a well, show? Well, I'm saying that's that's what people they they wanted me to do a show on Friday us, the 18th. Us, and, not you. There's no you. No, and no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. They wanted me to do a show on Friday the 18th oh. when I couldn't, but I, but I did it anyway. It was my decision. I'm not blaming the oh, people. Oh, the show that we did together that you got sick. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I that I did that. And right. I didn't. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Jump too quick there. Yep. So, I'm so a little irked over that one guy, but it's all right. <laughs> okay. I'll be okay. All right. So so uh, so Benjamin. Yeah. Are you are you going to school today? Yeah, it's not late now. It's not even six yet. Um and and, and Benjamin are. Ask him about the starting hand. The, 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 what is it? The, what was it that? He, ask him. What, ben, what's, do we, what, what's 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 the best uh, two cards to have in poker? An A. Yeah. And a Q. An A and a Q. We're close. It's an A and an A. An A and an A. Yeah. Now ask him what you do if you get the seven deuce. What what if what if I get a seven and a two? What what did I do with it? Throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's already on yeah, the way. Yeah, tell him he's right. That's adorable. Yeah, the funny it's thing is, he's, 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 the funny thing is, uh, he's probably <laughs> just just knowing that he's probably better than some of the guys I face on Bovada. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just throw it away. That's so cute. That's great. And That's great. Uh, let's let's see if there's anything else. Uh, <laughs> anything else I can ask? So, so, does he know? Does he know if you asked him what? Uh, if you said what is my what is daddy's screen name or poker name, would he know? No, he he wouldn't know that. Her, her, Benjamin, what what do I do at Commerce? What do I do at Commerce? I don't remember. Yeah, you do. What do I do at Commerce? Play poker. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, oh and, and oh here here's some good one. Uh, ben, uh, what, what hotel did we stay at on, on the trip? What trip? The one we just took. What what's the hotel we stayed at there? See. Um, well, he can't hear you. What? No, we didn't. Uh, we didn't stay there. Where? Tom, it's in bankruptcy. The last in Petrie. Yeah, we did. We stayed. We did stay at that hotel. What? What else? Harris. Yeah, Harris. <laughs> and and, and, and tell tell me some Harris you've been to. Harris, New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, San Diego. Yeah. 
Okay. How um How about what? Hera is what? Speak into this, Ben. Speak in the microphone here. Hera is what? Hera is what? Hera is what? Hera is how I do without two Hera. You, you were at uh, Hera's Gulf Coast. Hera's the Gulf Coast. Yeah. She's been to a lot of Hera's. And what about, uh, and you've been to, have you been to Caesars, Ben? Have you? Yeah. Which Caesars? Well, what cities? Las Vegas. Yeah. What's his favorite hotel? He's actually been to all three of them. That's a fine. He's been to Las Vegas, Atlantic City, and uh, and Windsor. Atlantic City, he would never remember because he was like a little baby then. Gosh. But uh, yeah, he's been he's been to a lot of these. He's been to a lot of these these uh, Harris and Caesars and. Uh, uh, and ben, what what do we talk about on this radio show? What do we talk about? Poker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, and and Ben, is it uh, is it going to rain uh, here soon? Yeah, it is. When is it going to rain? Probably on Friday. And what's the percentage? One hundred. It's a hundred percent. No. What what percentage did you see? I didn't look at the weather today. Oh. Mm-hmm. He likes looking at the weather and seeing what the percentages of the chance of rain is. Mm-hmm. So. Well, listen, thank you all for listening. Druff, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. I know you probably got to get going. He got up because of this bad dream. He got up uh, slightly mm-hmm. too early. because. What of, time does he normally wake up at? Like, like, like 7.40 or something. Oh, wow. Just, yeah, so this is... So I, I don't know if I can get back to sleep here after this. Uh, Probably not. Uh, you can uh, start playing some Penny Limit Hold'em with him. <laughs> I actually have played a little bit with him. Aww. How old was he when I last saw him? I mean, it was that no... Oh, was it was, that it, he was like two years old. He's a lot Gosh. different now. Yeah. The, the, Is he going to be down here? Is there going to be a family trip at all during the WSOP? Uh, I, I missed you the last time. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be yeah. there. But yeah, uh, he he actually went. To, he went to Nobu recently, right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Does Ben like sushi? Do you like eating sushi, Ben? Yeah. I like What's his favorite? Sushi. What do you say, Ben? I like the sushi. Yeah, you like the sushi there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So anyway, people, we'll be back. Remember, April tenth. Week from today. A week or from, well, kind of a week from today. Yeah, it was six days from now. Uh, it's April tenth, six p.m. And there will be a free roll. There's no free roll tonight, but there will be one on April tenth. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for those who called in. Whether you listen, except for, except for the one guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Whether you listen live or in the archives, we appreciate all listeners. I even had a, you know, a guy tweeting me about the Bilzerian thing and saying that I'm always wrong. And I said, look. The bottom line is, you must listen to every show. So thank you for that, and I, I mean that. I actually. Well, and what about the guy, the enthusiastic guy from the department store? That's the kind of guy that I feel happy and proud that I just did a, a fraud show for. Okay, well, no, I'm, I'm happy of all this. See how happy he was that he conquered the Seinfeld uh, conquest. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it he did was a good amazing. job. He did a good. Yes. Way. Yeah, I've heard from him before. I once had a long conversation with him right. on here. All right. But yeah, that, no, it was a good caller. Yeah. Okay. Well. 
thank you, Brandon, for coming on for the majority of the show. And uh, I hope to see you next week. If you can't make it, I understand, from the erratic schedule. Otherwise... If not, I'll definitely be back on the normal sleep schedule. I mean, I'd probably be for part of it, but it's just an oddball time. Sunday at 6. Like, I know. Who knows? I know. It's just all over the place. But the important thing is the show gets in the books and it's done, and then you can listen in the archives, and the time doesn't matter. Good night, everybody. And shalom. 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 <laughs>